welcome to the Collective Podcast. This is uh, going on episode 19 now. You're fucking hauling ass through these. <laughs> uh, today I have my friend Aaron back on. Um, Aaron works at Weta Digital. He also builds... Uh, Workshop. Oh, sorry. Weta Workshop. Sorry about that. <laughs> There's two totally different things. My apology. Um, and he also fabricates and builds cars. He's a big car connoisseur and um and he's also into science and biology and spiders and just uh all things cool really um well i don't really like spiders because they freak me out but um they're still cool so the design (laughs) but anyways without further ado welcome to the stage uh the mighty beck hey Uh, (laughs) the mighty podcast stage (laughs) hey man thanks thanks um thanks for you know taking the time to have a chat and we've already had it we've already had chat and we've been exchanging lots of ideas and emails and stuff but it's really cool and i appreciate it and i'm sure um you know fans of your work and just fans in general of film are going to really appreciate this conversation and i don't know know, man only if they like cars (laughs) exactly i'm pretty sure (laughs) i apologize for anybody that's going to hopefully hear lots about Elysium yeah. and, and, and robotic yeah, art porn. I kind of go, oh no, don't man, don't don't just talk about cars. <laughs> yeah, so prepare yourself. If you want to hear only about art, we're gonna probably talk about cars because it's actually an odd combination. Um, I I rarely 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 run across um, a person at your caliber um, that is a car guy. Like, I mean, we all I think most of us as designers really appreciate cars, but yeah, you like love them you know like you um love... yeah yeah only because they <laughs> occupy a special place um they just that they're, they're kind of a focal point of so many things that i'm into yeah and, that, and at the end of the day there's still cars you know you can still get in them and drive around it's they're awesome I, I can't think of anything better than a car for a hobby you know like cars as things as tools so yeah function and yet all the art the racing history that you know just a lot of history in them and all the technology and so much yeah. history so much design so much art so much effort yeah. and all the personalities tied up with the production of them the racing stars and the developers and that sort of thing as well it's cool there's nothing like a car at the end of the day there's still a car you can just drive just drive somewhere yeah there's kids that piece the freedom of it i saw yeah. that well the the his project what year is it a barracuda it's a plymouth barracuda right 73, 73 right mm-hmm. what motor do you have in it now uh, it doesn't have any motor sitting in the shell. Oh, well, yeah. Just, uh, put the 440 in it. Um, the 440, probably over okay, the next yeah. day or two. Is that uh, the biggest it's, block it's, they have? Or does it get bigger than that? Uh, no, that was the biggest Chrysler motor. Yeah, 440. <laughs> 7.2 liter. You're, you're an American muscle car fan. Is that common yeah. out there, out in New Zealand? Yes, very yeah. common. So you guys, so there, is there like a click? following of that kind of car than um, anywhere apart from the States per capita. So. Oh, wow. Something like that. I might be wrong, but I've heard I've heard people say that sort of shit. Hmm. New Zealand has a lot of those number one per capita kind of things. So. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting place. I've never been there, but um, a lot of really interesting things come out of New Zealand, which is people if they're listening don't, don't know it. He, that's where he lives. He lives in you live in Wellington. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's where yeah, what a workshop is at. And when I look at my window now, it looks fucking ridiculously pretty. Oh Beautiful yeah. Sunday, and the view I can see. All the way to the ranges, which oh. are you know, dozens of kilometers off. How do you east. how do you work then with all that distraction oh, that's of beauty? That's my secret. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, ain't, if we, this isn't going to be. I, I listened to your podcast with Vitaly. Oh and yeah. I feel like <laughs> anti Vitaly. 
Yeah, dude. Uh, I don't think anybody could keep up with him. You know, just like let's just all admit it that he's just better at like Mm -hmm. time control and being a beast. (laughs) Yeah, like I thought I was pretty uh, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that was. Hey, I can do a design in a day, but it's not a three D (laughs) model. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you you have love in a lot of different areas. Like that's what I'm saying. Like why, like okay, there's people like me that really love cars. Like I I admire, I love cars, I love wrenching, I love working on them. But like, I haven't gone to the extent to perfect and, and understand how to weld. You know, like I haven't. Welding's compl- the best, man. Welding is ah. the best. Well, my brother does that for a living, and he, he's yeah, exactly. really good at it, and it's super cool. Um, and I admire it. It's just, it's so honest and raw. And it's just like art really it's the is. Best, you know? man. Like seriously, like when I started uh, learning to weld, it was amazing because as a kid, I'd always make models, you know, like model kits, model cars, jets yeah, and everything same. like that. And, uh, and glue sucks, man. Glue fucks. <laughs> you know, you're always breaking it. You know, you start yeah. a toy kid, you know, a little kid and you break it and it gets glued together and you just break it again, man. But then, then, you know, everything sort of falls a little short of what you imagine it could be. You think glue, yeah, it'll stick. It'll be like new again. But um, but welding, then you hit welding, and that is like as strong as if the piece was one piece. You know, it's just if you yeah, do it, right, it bonds the metal. Yeah, yeah the element. Melt, yeah, yeah, it melts it's it together, fun. which is so rad. Thing, which is a lot of fun. But it takes a ton of time. Like for those that don't know how to do it and use it, it's nah, like no, no, no. MIG welding is easy. easy. Okay, there's different up. types. So like, I mean, that's yeah. MIG welding is what MIG is for. The old, they call it hot glue gun. And TIG is like a sniper rifle or like a scalpel or whatever. Yeah, um, it yeah. just means that you just pull a trigger and the electrode, you know, the wire feeds out of the gun with the inert gas shielding it, and that's it. It just hits the metal. There's a lot of friction, a lot of heat that melts. Done. It, it honestly it takes like a, a couple of days to be able to do halfway decent MIG welds. And uh, and and I've heard a lot of people say that if you're good at drawing or something like that, then TIG welding and, and MIG welding come a little naturally. You just have to have like uh, perfect the kind of feedback loop of watching what's happening with the weld pull and listening to the sound and you, you get the idea of it pretty quick yeah well it's just it's, it's, just, ta- it's just time right is a, is, is a little harder because you have to use your foot if you have a foot pedal control and you have to use both hands yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. It. it's, a, it's a, like when i did a lot of mig welding and then i tried taking it was just a revelation man it's awesome that's and that's cool do you does is there um there's there's mig and tig and then there's um there's like th- there's three other ones too right yeah, there's like stick welding and oxyacetylene. Like oxyacetylene, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's up with the oxyacetylene? What's that all about? I've never done that, but it no. was just basically a blowtorch and you use yeah. it to heat and melt the filler rod in. So it's all oh, just about. okay, yeah. Laser but... welding sounds pretty badass. We'll be able to do that with our eyes soon, eh? <laughs> Shit, well, you know, like, have you seen like BMW's um, like new plant? Have you seen that? Have you seen yeah. what they got going on? there with uh, all the machines i, I mean it's it's, it's all mechanic hard. really i mean it's all um, robotic really which is constructing the cat yeah dude it's crazy like i mean i mean for the most part um most of the big car manufacturers they just have you know the robotic arms building the cars because yeah. the precision you know like um back in the day when they would make cars it was <laughs> yeah it was it was uh it was human the hand and, and, and as we all know like we're flawed we're not perfect and but yeah, machines are because it's ones and zeros yeah yeah but yeah you should check it out i'll send you a link to it it's um yeah, i think i'll find it it's it's like it's like their new facility and they show like the whole process of how they make the new three series from start to finish i think and it's i love just, these videos uh, the most one i saw was the tesla Tesla factory would look pretty rad. Oh, rad! Yeah, yeah, they're, do, they're doing that, some cool stuff too. Yeah. Things uh, blow up, be so successful, eh? 
Yeah, yeah, those things are cool. Like the thing is, well, it's funny. It's been about... the first kind of uh, well-sorted, fully electric car on the market that I know of. I know there's been others, but it's the one that's kind of the most popular. Has the most chance of being the car that changes people's minds. Yeah, I'm waiting for the it's hydrogen car to be honest. Yeah, and then they did the Model S, which I love reading the reviews on except for the people hating on it is this that sedan thing the four-door yeah it's awesome. that thing is beautiful looking yeah but I, i'm kind of hoping that their next car will be like uh, you know and not an economy car but just an everyday car it's a car that you know a lot more people can afford and gets out there and they make tons of money and build fucking millions of them that's how they'll do it you right. know like every car manufacturer um digs deep and finds that the ones that are successful you know like the people's car was like the volkswagen and, mm. and that kind of kept um you know the volkswagen yeah, going it, I, I own a uh, you know dirty old muscle car um, and a lot of people assume that you don't give a shit about mileage or fuel economy or, uh, <laughs> Uh, you we, know, just the, the environment or anything like that, where it's the complete opposite. You know, it's an old car, it's carbon footprint is long paid for. Um, it, you drive it such a small amount that the emissions it produces is negligible. But it's so funny, you know, if anyone has, I've been di actually dying for someone to have a, have a problem with me about the car, but no one has. Because, <laughs> mm. you know, well, what do you drive? And of course, they're going to be driving, even if they drive a, a Prius, it still burns gas, they probably drive it more. They'd you know, that. <laughs> That fucking uh, argument about the Prius is ridiculous. Like, if you yeah. look at the studies, I mean, the amount of gas it takes just to get all the parts from around the yeah, world. Yeah, it's to make a necessary stopgap, but it's not the end goal. It's not the end solution. No, People it's not. Look at it. It was a necessary step, and we just got to keep making those steps. And that's yeah. what I think. Yes, the Model S represents once they do a cheap one, because, like, you know, a lot of being in with the American muscle car things, you get a lot of people who, um, who just you know assume electric cars are going to suck. You know, golf cart, blah blah blah. But yeah. Oh man, dominate. the torque though. I think I sent you that that new, that M3. Yeah, the M3. Each wheel. So yeah. So you've got a, each wheel, and it's instant torque. You'll be able to torque vector like you've never been able to before. Yeah. Like yeah. race cars will be just just destroy them. You know, just the control over the torque. Yeah. Have, have you seen Truth in Twenty Four? It's about the racing team um, and the Audi mm -hmm. racing team for the Le Mans. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? recently yeah that's fucking sick man it'd be the cool the cool thing about that and it's far from electric obviously but the diesel the diesel powered engines for people that don't know like they usually have way more torque that's why like yep. you know like freighters and like huge, huge trucks and stuff yeah they have huge compression that's like tanks and stuff are um, diesel powered usually because of that um design factor but um they put well, like you just you just get a lot more energy out of the fuel as well like diesel is just crazy amounts but but, fu but diesel is actually byproduct of fuel um refinery i think from what i've understood which is interesting diesel is more, more raw i believe um, yeah fuel yeah and that's processed. why it burns in a different way like there's no spark plugs and stuff it's really interesting and like um but the, yeah. the the thing about the the diesel motor is like when you're watching this is a thing that i know that you love and i do as well but because we love old cars is like when you have an old car and my first um my first car i had was a 71 plymouth Valiant. so and that's your hey, sure. yeah exactly yeah. it's in the slant <laughs> thing so our, we both our first cars because this is his first car that he has uh, yeah, that uh, uh, needs some explanation. I live in Wellington, which is a, like a, a small, compact city. You don't need a car to get around. I grew up with cars, but my uh, father bought me and my brother a car, a, a Ford Escort 1600 Sport, rear-wheel drive manual car. Perfect, perfect choice. Got to mm. give props to the old man for that. It was such a rad choice. <laughs> um, but uh, but I never owned a car myself until I bought the Barracuda, which was um, six years ago now. Um, and basically because I was either studying or working and lived so close and didn't need it and save, used to put money towards other things yeah or yeah. traveling or something like that so i always well, knew that I, you know i was saving it up for a good car but 
to be honest, it was pretty rough actually being that into cars and not having one for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, I'm making up for it now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course, and it's obvious that you don't need it because it's every time I look at a picture of it, it's like in in pieces, and you're just having fun like putting on the rotisserie and spinning around and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So before I forget, the thing if people haven't seen it is the um, the Truth in Twenty Four, the Lamo thing. Uh, it's like. Uh, the cool thing about it is like when you hear like like the Corvette, you know, Lamar car come around, it's like, it's like rips. It's super loud and it sounds amazing. And, it, and then the Ferrari comes by and it sounds ridiculous. The Porsche comes by. Yeah. But then when you hear the Audi car, it's diesel. So it doesn't have that crazy like fuel combustion engine sound. It's just like all you hear is the wind. As well. <laughs> like you just hear the wind and the tire noise which is crazy. Yeah. And that's the same thing you're gonna get with these electronic cars. And that's the thing for the old generation that we'll have to get over with the electronic cars is that we're not gonna have that same like rumbly blast of explosion, you know? It's gonna be like this quiet thing. Not but... for everyday cars. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, most people don't need that. You know, so. No, totally. And that's the funny thing is, I mean, the market shows that people will buy like Priuses, right? Like people that buy Priuses, I think that you know, are trying to be environmentally cautious without understanding well, it. Well, frugal. They want to spend less money on gas. Yeah, which is really weird for me because, like, I don't know. It just it doesn't add up to me, number-wise. The marketing on Toyota's marketing team just really destroyed it. Like, their, you know, like, their whole thing yeah. about, like, you know, saving money and this and that. Like, it just it doesn't make much sense to me. And then people that are trying to be environmentally cautious, like, conscious, it's like, dude, you don't even know how much, you know... Like they did a funny oh, thing on Top Gear where they raced it around the track and it got such horrible gas mileage. It got like as bad as like a, as um, like a Lamborghini or something like that. Yeah, that's what you're gonna get if you're just flooring it. Like it's got a little cage. And anytime you watch, you know, a taxi driver floor it, it jumps right up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but but I think uh, you, you can't you know you can't deny that electric cars are the way to go. I think we just. I think uh, I would love a hydrogen solution personally. I know it's yeah, dangerous. Yeah, but they would have to be localized production, and we're just not there yet, I think. We, yeah. we have the infrastructure for an electric car system, you know. We've yeah. got it. I just think it's slow still. I just think, not the car itself, I just think it's not the right, it's like a Band-Aid, you know. We need a fix. Electric? Like need, what's that? Electric being a Band-Aid, or? I think it is. I mean. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> But okay, maybe if it was okay, where does the power come from? That's the thing. That's a big concern. You Renewable know? resources. Which ones? Uh, well, solar's getting. You know, you always hear about the the science studies where five years till they've got like a, a you know a nano solar panel that you can spray onto things and connect up, and you, know, you hear all that sort of stuff all the time. And like uh, that'd be amazing. Ray I Kurzweil read about says that. that's an information technology. It's going to obey well, seeming seem to obey Moore's law. Whereas the combustion engine isn't, it's kind of tapped out and the, the benefit you get from development money isn't as high. But with the, you know, with renewable energy and um, battery technology and things like that, they're going to obey Moore's law. That what they, you know, predict they will. Yeah, and, um, yeah. The, so people, I just don't think people realize just how good this stuff's going to get in a relatively short period of time if it is fully embraced. Embraced, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it has to be embraced. Like yeah. a, have a, like a, a child and say 30 years time, She's in the car and there's this car next to her stopped at the lights and she's asking her parents, why is the engine still running? It stopped. Mm, yeah. It's going to seem so retarded and antiquated what we're doing, just burning through this incredible finite resource just to get you around when you don't need to. You know, <laughs> yeah, but it's the, we'll, you know, we'll like it's the old generation. In the eyes of future generations, we're just blowing so much fossil fuels, you know. That stuff is great for medicine and uh, agriculture and 
things like that, you know, fertilizer and plastics and high-end stuff, not just gas. But it, but that would leave an awful lot of gas around, uh, oil around, and so all the people with classic cars would yes. have a you know system where you you maybe pay a bit of money, be a member of a club, you have a card, but you have access to the fuel, and it's probably quite cheap, no no more expensive than it is now, and you're limited to your mileage and you know, that sort of thing. And perhaps in the future you'll have to have a a little device that can steer the car in case of an accident, you know. <laughs> Autonomous driving is probably about 10 years away as well, too. So it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the idea of that I mean, is... I have a little, as a car lover, as a someone who really just loves driving, I, uh, I've always kind of had it, like, been thinking about it. I love thinking about issues and solutions and trying to put a positive twist on it. Thinking, uh, if I was looking at, you know, driverless cars, that makes so much sense, then people couldn't fuck out. The traffic could go a lot faster. Yeah. On the roads. Traffic is all due to fucking assholes. And it would assholes. be pretty rad not to have yeah. to drive. But yeah, if you're yeah. a fan of driving, that's going to be fucking shit. Right? Well, I so think, no. roads where it's not in, in place, you know, yeah. like B roads, you can drive yourself, but A roads you can or something. But to get there, you'll have to have a device in your car that uh, that basically is tapped into the steering and the brakes. So you have the little sensor up by your rear view mirror and it's basically laser range fighter and LiDAR and infrared and GPS and hooked up to all the satellite networks and everything. So it knows basically as much as a modern car, as a futuristic car would that can self-drive. Yeah. Then you have, you know, servos on the steering and the brakes. So you can still drive your old 50s, 60s, 70s car. Sure, and it sure. would look basically exactly the same. But if it looks like you're going to get an accident or an accident's going to happen, it can take over and act you know, maybe you have um, you know, some brake um, bias as well. Yeah, pretty, pretty which would be great. Too. The harmony, the melody of that. I yeah, had, I had the, great, a... the great thing about that, I think, is uh, is that if you are a capable driver, you should be able to drive, you know, with self-driving cars. But if you start just to cause accidents or look like you cause accidents or maybe not be so good, you you won't be allowed to. But if you're <laughs> That's a awesome. driver, it would mean that you can drive faster on roads than you can now because of the fact that everything else is self-driven and and your car has the ability to take over if necessary yeah so you know the idea you get of lack of traffic and stuff. driving you wouldn't be able to do it you'd have your license points taken away but if you're competent you could fucking hoon around everywhere it'd be fucking great yeah know? yeah as long I, as you're not uh, gonna cause an accident so yeah be, i don't think it's gonna go away <laughs> i don't think driving like driving nah, itself it's too long all the technology and the laws and everything to be put in place too i think yeah and plus like basically i'm sweet i reckon i'll get my car done by then we'll see we'll see <laughs> yeah you recently yeah. i saw that um time lapse of you driving around uh new zealand i gotta say like new zealand looks fucking beautiful dude oh like, man i wish i had that fucking... camera set up on the previous year's road trip You've it been... was it, it would blow that thing completely out of the water i took it took the car on a three thousand kilometer like 1600 mile um trip around the south island the south island is the pretty one um, they're both pretty, both the North and South Island and New Zealand are pretty, but the South Island has the more rugged, uh, kind of epic landscapes, mountain ranges and, and uh, gorges and uh, fjords and stuff like that. Amazing. Milford Sound is incredible. I took the car all the way down to the bottom of the South Island, all the way around basically, and as as remote as, as Milford Sound, which is kind of one of the more remote, beautiful parts of New Zealand, and it, it was ridiculously awesome. The That's view was sick. insane. But you're driving through these in crazy steep canyon like ravine roads with huge cliffs, um, rock cliffs, and the water is because it's one of the wettest places in the world down there, and it's constantly raining. And people always say, "Ah, oh, if it's it's great if it's raining, it's not a it's it's not stink, you know, because uh, then the waterfalls will be in full effect." Mm. And you kind of imagine to yourself, "Oh, there must be a couple of badass waterfalls that get swollen and look really impressive when it rains." Basically, what it is is the whole 
mountain side as you drive for kilometer after kilometer after kilometer through this crazy fucking terrain is a is a waterfall there is just water streaming everywhere wow it's just insane it's, it's tropics so... there right it's you guys are in the no, tropics no no no, 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 no? no. It looks no, tropical, though. New Zealand is, is subtropical okay um, it's not yeah. the same band yeah. as hawaii then because hawaii is like right in the center so it's a bit south then, right? South of the equator? Yeah, it'd be the equivalent of like um, Vancouver or something like that around there, around that latitude equivalent. Really? Actually, huh. I should watch what the fuck I'm saying because this is going to be heard by people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, well, uh, they can correct us. Who cares? Wikipedia. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. But it looks it looks really green and lush and beautiful. Does it get pretty cold then too? Yes, yeah, snows. Not, not, in not in Wellington, though. Wellington's yeah. down sea level, right? Yeah. yeah. It did snow uh, three years ago. In Wellington? Yeah, two oh, years that's ago. that's interesting. The only time it snowed since I've been here, and I've been here too long. You've been there your whole t- your whole life, right? No. No? Uh, 16 years, though. 16 years. Yeah. And you... It scares me, man. It's like um, half, yeah, it's, oh, 17 years. It's uh, <laughs> scary. Like, nearly half my life. You moved there with your family then? obviously nope nope i moved down here when i went to university oh okay and then just stayed yeah yeah i was i wasn't sure where i was going to go i didn't really know what i was going to do when i was coming towards leaving school apart from it being arty shit or something design or something like that i thought architecture because that's what i knew of everybody Um, thinks that yeah i heard about design that you can just take a course called design Mm. (laughs) it sounds interesting and uh and yes i thought it sounded a lot more like it had a lot more scope than architecture because then you're just drawing houses with design it sounds like you could draw all sorts of stuff yeah and i knew about obviously i knew about film stuff because i've been massively inspired by all the art of books when you're growing up Star of Wars, course yeah yeah all the, all the awesome films so but I, I didn't really put two and two together i don't think i i don't know but yeah moved to wellington and um been here ever since basically and working but with weta and everybody not enough but yeah what's that <laughs> I've done a fair bit of travel uh, elsewhere, overseas and that, but yeah. Not, where, where do you uh, go? For us, where have you been? Um, it was a big family trip when I was a kid, and that was through uh, the west coast of the states and Canada for about four months. That was oh, pretty cool. awesome. Yeah. Did you go to and most of the most of the states? We, we stayed most of the time in Vancouver and around Vancouver, and then mm-hmm. we took a, like a month long trip or whatever it was till a uh, road trip. Bought a car, a Chrysler, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, uh, and, oh, yeah. like a little um a little you know caravan on the back and then drove as far south as san diego oh what so you've been to san diego then yeah what yeah, you, yeah. What you oh think? man the military stuff down there was because oh, i was 12 oh yeah, yeah like yeah. the height of my like loving the military shit and i saw everything man i saw like a f4 phantom parked on the desert runway just on its own behind so cool. a fence, just sitting there with a big globe of fuel next to it it's like what the <laughs> fuck are you gonna just a phantom just ready to go what <laughs> and, yeah we uh, have so camp like pendleton that's what it is like a, like a training gun battle between two um cobras which were my favorite um attack helicopter yeah, and they were yeah. so close they flew right over the rest area we were stopped at oh, and then a, awesome. and, a, and then a, uh, like a troop carrier like twin rotor i don't know if it's a chinook um helicopter landed and disgorged a whole bunch of troops in like full kit and i was just 12 years old going fuck yeah yeah Hatches <laughs> were flying overhead and in the harbor of san diego you've got the um the carriers with all that um f-15s and stuff on them yeah dude yeah there's um there's a huge a military effort down here in san diego there's a huge base one of the biggest um in the area at least camp pendleton's massive like at jiu-jitsu i got a bunch of the military dudes that i roll with they're they're rad um 
interesting dudes man <laughs> yeah and jiu-jitsu too i wouldn't mind i've been to one jiu-jitsu class but yeah you guys got it out there yeah man yeah, yeah, yeah is it yeah. pretty i mean is martial arts pretty big out there too because it's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, massive yeah. Here. I've, I've pretty much always done martial arts to some degree i think um, as a kid i did taekwondo um dad was dad was keen put us onto it it was awesome Ta- ta- um, taekwondo what what's uh what is that basically it's korean martial art um is it yeah. um like a Similar defense kind of thing or is it more kicking and, and... kicking yeah stand up striking stand up striking okay and stuff, yeah all the board breaking and stuff like that <laughs> get into that because i was just a kid we didn't i didn't really get into we didn't get into the board breaking at our club or class or whatever it was oh like, shit me by the way <laughs> what's that i have a shit terrible memory oh I always the worst yeah. memory yeah yeah why do you think that is? I think I think I, I think it's because my brain doesn't stop. Yeah, do you, I think my brain is just sort of dedicated to doing things and other other than storing memories. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I think it is too. Because I have a really horrible memory, and it's yeah. like I forget stuff like even a month away. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, what the fuck? Like yeah. I forgot about that. But I think yeah. it's because I, I don't ever stop. It's terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, when you hardly ever see them, you know. But... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. I do this. It's... But yeah, anyway, back uh, and martial arts, and then like more recently, I've done um, did, did did a fair bit of um, Shaolin kung fu. Oh yeah, how was that? Yeah, that was, was cool. I kind of started doing martial arts when I started working once I left university, because um, I figured I was going to spend all my life in front of a computer, and that was <laughs> not very good for you. So it is. I'd, I'd had my mountain bike stolen, which was my pride and joy. I treasured it and uh, saved oh, no. up for so and everything. And, what a bitch! Whoever stole that. Yeah, yeah. actually, it wasn't that great because it, it was it was a KHS, and my friends used to call it the can't handle speed. <laughs> and uh, it was so incredibly true. Like they didn't even know how true it was. What when you took your hands off the handlebars, the front would just oscillate, just resonate, Whoa. and just start swerving back and forth. And it was crazy, man. Bad design. Uh, it was hardcore cross country bike, super light and like uh, good for climbing. Um, but then we started to get into downhill stuff and I just, it was, it was fucking scary. Hmm. It was a terrible bike for big rocky descents. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's so yeah, that got stolen. I thought I better do something, um, you know, get into something that would stand me in good stead for keeping in shape sitting in front of a computer. And I always like to, always like to be active, but, um, yeah, being active, I think helps. Awesome. And Shaolin, there's a guy I worked with who, uh, who did Shaolin Kung Fu. There's a, just really rad, um, 2D animator, animation director. Choice guy, Dylan, Dylan Coburn. And he put me onto this um, this guy, Stephen Yan. And uh, he was, he's fucking awesome, man. Because a lot of Shaolin Kung Fu is just, it's just like Wushu, it's just gymnastics, which is rad too. Um, but there's no uh, true fighting application for it, mm. which is a stretch for some Kung Fu anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, it kind it of didn't, didn't start it to, um, you know, beat anyone up or anything. So course, I just yeah. the, wanted the, um, the mental side of it as well. Like the whole, you know, you, there's all the animal forms and there's the, that you know the Chinese mythology and mentality behind it. It just seemed like it had just a whole lot of cerebral stuff going on, as well as just being good exercise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's that, there's yeah. something cool to it too. The meditative like ego crushing thing is cool too. I don't know if you get that from that. I get it from I get it from. I did a bit of, uh, a bit of the qigong kind of energy meditation stuff. Yeah, is, is that it pretty yeah, present there? Cool. What's that? Is uh, is that? Do you guys do kind of like meditative kind of practices and stuff as well? Nah. With that? No, it's nah. more. There like... was just something that he that he was teaching some of the more advanced students, um, mm. just some qigong training techniques, which is basically just he was talking about qi, and to me, it's focus. Like qi is focus and training of the like the um, coordination of the body. 
because you, you know you 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 basically um, when they're talking about making the energy flow through your body, to me, uh, I think what they're talking about is just the concentration, the focusing on it, and feeling the different parts of your body becoming like more aware of what muscles are firing and what hap- what's happening, and stopping any shaking and uh, just really feeling it. And I think that that's translated into this idea of chi. That's what I believe in. It just seems to be the case to me because there's no science backing it up. So how could it come out into being? Yeah, uh, but, well, but been, it does. Does train for a long like time. to relax and um, to, to be able to make the most of your body, of your movement. Um, so it does have huge benefits. Um, yeah. Like I, I'll never forget, I, I played pool and I played a, a game of um, te- of bowling. And uh, right, at, right when I was doing the qigong, which I only did for a couple few, few months, um, and I've I'd never, it was just like a fucking ninja at it. I got like 180 or whatever it is and bowling like just strike after strike after strike after strike and i played before and i was nowhere near that good or consistent it was really weird i was like ah it must be the qigong but i didn't keep it up because it was uh, boring (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say because it's fucking boring you know i just want to do stuff and it was a little (laughs) too slow uh yeah 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 (laughs) yeah kung fu was fun and my teacher was a as a it was a really awesome dude i haven't done it for years oh Uh, so you don't do anything now uh, not really, not anything like a class or anything like that. Just going to jump around at home a bit, crank some music, have, <laughs> jump around, have a beer. Um, you know, it's good fun. And then basically get sidetracked by the computer and just start drawing or farting around and doing something. Yeah, a lot Editing of <laughs> photos. Or, you know, thinking about car is a big one. That just that wouldn't believe the amount of uh, what, how much it takes over your head thinking about everything. Like that's the thing that's probably. Uh, impressed me the most about the car build is the amount of research it's fucking insane like when you want to do a really good job and you want to yeah and analyze each section of it as you go through holy fucking shit it's a lot of work measure twice cut once like crazy yeah and just and just the planning like sitting in front of the computer going okay so if i do if i buy that fitting that means that the whole size i'll need is that and if yep. you just you know the the line between the the, the fuel pump and the cab it needs a fuel filter and all the fittings to fit through everything a fuel filter a, um, a metering block like pressure regulator a, a gauge um, and then two feeds into the car which seems quite simple but you need to think about the you know do you buy the best parts and blah 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 you know and then all the different fittings and what the different sizes flow and how much fuel you know the, the motor is supposed to make about 500 horsepower which is kind of towards the tipping point of do you go 3.8 for half inch line or it, on and on it goes it's yeah just because the flow rate and stuff you need to, do, to just do one short piece of hose it's fucking yep. insane yeah, yeah. It seems like you got it kind of dialed in because you've started it up a couple of times, right? You already. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. You just have to do the research and then you know. <laughs> yeah. The, and the, and the, the rocket science part is the actual doing and thinking about. Yeah. yeah. But then when you want to start doing custom stuff, it's just really interesting, eh? Just it's a it's I've really really enjoyed the car build. It's um it's a lot of work and sometimes you get pretty sick of it, but <laughs> I'm kind of treating it like uh, it's my first major project of my own um, which i always figured would be something else it what do you be, mean um, like what would it be other than that i don't know like an art project like a short film an animation the music mm. video yeah um, i've done music videos before but i mean this is like they were small and relatively short um just kind of tests really they were kind of tests um but they're a lot of fun um but the car is like my first major project spanning more than a year, you know, kind of, you know, multiple multiple years. You have to think about time management and project management and trying for sponsorship and that sort of thing. And uh, and then how to afford it and if you want to do the best job and 
the amount of time it takes and taking time off work and everything like that. Yeah. Do I kind you... of view it as like more, it's more than me just building a car. I'm not just building no. a car, I'm kind of testing myself, testing um, what I can learn and what I can take on and how can, if I can make it work, manage the budget and everything. Yeah. Uh, a good yeah. car build, I always think of the person. Like when I see a great car build, um, I always think that, oh, that person must be like either methodical or really patient or, you know, whatever, you know, like yeah. the people that build it, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and sacrifice and sticking with it. It and... still gives you a newfound respect to cars. You see it shows when, you, when you've when you done oh, yeah. a little bit of the work yourself and you look at high-end cars and for oh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Body, particularly the body work. Because uh, you've been there. That. That's that's um that's the trickiest stuff in a car. And panel beating is is a black art and it's hard. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just steel. So you just beat the shit out of it around and use different tools <laughs> and work it and massage it. And the better you get, the quicker you can do it. But you you can get a good result. And it's, it's quite a lot of fun, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, the metal. That's a lot of money. Yeah, the old guy, the old school guys that do metal work are pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, I got a little bit of that. I had my car out at a hot rod shop. Uh, just north of here a little bit um, because I was feeling a bit out of my depth trying to fit all the new panels I cut all the sheet metal off the shell when it was on the rotisserie I braced it all up before I cut everything of course mm. and it had already been stitch welded and strengthened front to rear um, and you know because it's kind of building a track car and then uh, cut all the body off and then kind of had the new panels that I bought and you're kind of putting them on and putting them off as best you can inside a garage without a lot of space, kind of long ways. <laughs> it's like after a while, you're like, okay, nothing kind of fits perfect. Everything fits pretty good, but the kind of work it's going to take to finesse everything. And so I, uh, I, I asked the local hot rod shop that I had contact with and um, asked if there was any chance that because it was huge inside, they had so much space. If I could use a little bit of space and pick their brains a little bit, do the work myself, but but do it out there. And they were, they were <laughs> unbelievably there open to it he kind of suggested i bring the carrot before i had even finished my pitch you know and oh, uh nice. it's pretty sweet that was junior customs but um I that's a local I, shop to where you're at yeah 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 unfortunately a mate called me today and told me have you seen the news that juniors has um gone into foreclosure it's been foreclosed oh no you know, your car's still there and it's gone no no no, no. <laughs> that's what he was checking you know like you've got any parts there but um, yeah, no, it sucks. But basically, there was a not, there was a dude there. Um, they were such a rad shop, rad dudes. I think it's just a, um, a symptom of you know economic downturn. People, the first thing people are going to cut when money gets tight is their toys, you know, their hot rods and their yeah, customers. Yeah, unfortunately, and so work just dried up once you know the economy was kind of slowing down a bit, and yeah. uh, they just didn't make it, I guess. But That's hopefully, the guys will um, start a new shop or do something else because they're you know incredibly talented dudes. And there's a, you know, what I was getting to was there was an old uh, metal worker there, Rex, awesome dude. He used to own his own, run his own panel shop um, for 20 years or 30 years or something. Big, big shop. And uh, he was, he, he just loved it. He just loved panel beating. You get to see in his face, he was whistling and kind of making noises and dancing around when he was panel beating. But uh, he, <laughs> he showed me a little bit. And uh, so that was pretty awesome. But the, the, out in like, um, in New Zealand, people are big on crafts or what? Because, I mean... What a Big workshop craft. seems craft yeah. like, you know, like yeah, hands on and hands on, yeah. Sure, I mean, is that the culture? I judge, I haven't lived anywhere else. I haven't had like a really in-depth look at other cultures and that, but it's yeah. I mean, there's the whole mentality. You grow up here and like the number eight wire kind of we can do anything kind of we live in you know God's own and and God and paradise on earth kind of thing, things like that, which is quite interesting. It's, I, I, if I always thought that if I was a, ever it's a noisy starring outside. Yeah. But if I was ever to get into fine arts, then that's what I'd kind of want to look at and address, like the psyche, like what you grew up with, like um, hearing in New Zealand about the clean and green and 
all this sort of stuff. And the reality is that New Zealand is not is not that thing that we market ourselves as or that we've grown what you've grown up believing. Like I always thought clean and green. I grew up on the farmland and um, sort of central Waikato, which is like cream of the crop, best farmland in the country. And uh, there's always beautiful rolling green hills. And I always thought that, yeah, clean and green, there you go. There they are right there, beautiful rolling green hills. And then you get older and realize that the whole country was covered in uh, the most insanely awesome old old growth forest. I remember as a kid, like driving to up north, we always used to go and stay on a batch on a beach um, for summer holidays. And uh, on the way there, we'd, there'd be these little fenced off areas of big old trees, big old trees covered in kind of vines and creepers. And, and they just looked foreboding and interesting. And uh, I asked dad, you know, what they were. And he, he'd say old growth and uh, didn't explain it or anything, just old growth. And uh, and it took me a while, I think, when I was a kid to figure out that what he meant was that's old growth, that's original forest. That's what used to cover the everything that you could see. Mm. And, uh, and, it's, and then you realize that this whole clean and green image is bullshit. Like New Zealand is actually one of the worst countries in the world for um, being terraformed by humans um, oh, and had species, uh, species loss. We didn't have a whole lot of animals compared to say Australia or something, but we've got some pretty awesome stuff and we've wiped out you know, a huge percentage of the birds and most of the um, the uh, uh, water life and the um, uh, rivers and such. Wow. And is that just from like industrialization and stuff? Or... What's that, sorry? Is, is that from industrialization and stuff? Uh, predominantly from uh, clearing the land to turn into farmland. Mm, okay, gotcha. Yeah, looting the rivers and, and uh, chopping down all the trees. Yeah, there used to be a saying in New Zealand apparently that you'll never run out of trees in New Zealand. They ran out of trees. <laughs> oh no, no way, really. I mean, is there, yeah. is there? Do you guys have like national parks and stuff there? Oh yeah, no, we've got heaps of national parks. Okay. Um, New Zealand was one of the forefront leaders, I think. Uh, America had the first national park, but New Zealand wasn't too far behind. I think the Maori chief learned of what had happened with, uh, which was the first national park? It wasn't Yosemite, was it? it was um. It was Yellowstone? Yellowstone, I think. Yeah. 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 He'd heard about what had happened with Yellowstone, and he didn't want to sell his land to the government, so he, he gifted it. Oh wow, that's it awesome! It, it made it a national park, which is yeah. a pretty awesome guy. That was um, I think was, culture really think prominent there too. Yeah. What year? Yeah. I don't know what year it was. Oh. Uh, early 1900. Uh, uh, no, sorry, not early 1900. I'm um, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, after, <laughs> after Yellowstone. Yeah. Okay. And that was like a long ass time ago. That was like Roosevelt, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Roosevelt was like really into nature, but he was also really into like killing animals too. So he would it's, like. There's, there's no contradiction there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if you kill them for not, you know, not just to have a trophy. Although, of course, I think he was. Into I think trophy. he was the trophy, yeah, which I don't agree with, but I think yeah. if. But that was that was a product of the times, though. It was know. product of the times, yeah. yeah. I remember reading like... this incredible thing uh, in a in a David Attenborough. You know David Attenborough? No, no, I've I've heard the name, but who is that? Oh, he's he's like probably the best person alive. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy is Carl like, Sagan's son. Phenomenon. Yeah, like he's like Carl Sagan. He he's a uh, presenter like of uh, like a BBC long time presenter of, of natural history and documentaries. Oh, old and guy with like a beard and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know that. Like, is. I honestly think that I can't. There's there's no one who deserves like in the unfortunate time of when he passes away. I think that he deserves the biggest funeral that that. England can possibly do like the, the whole more than royalty anything like this guy is the man <laughs> the probably uh probably won't be as big as Michael Jackson's yeah it's gonna be 
Three teams times <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? The guy molests kids and is a monster, and then he, he'll probably have like more recognition and live on forever. Whereas, he did like, some good stuff too, man. He did some good stuff too. What? It wasn't all kid molesting. <laughs> okay, let's be clear here. Once you start molesting kids, everything else is garbage. <laughs> you can't redeem yourself, <laughs> in it's my not, opinion. Yeah, he was a pop cultural icon. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm not trying to say that what he did was right. I just, you know, like, Buck Jackson is Michael Jackson, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to say he's right, but he was right. <laughs> Some of the stuff he was right, you know. It's like the, like the Chinese say with uh, Chairman Mao, like, the 80, 70, is it 70 or 80? 70% right, 30% wrong. Uh, you know, he's on the money and he's, the, he's a hallowed figure and yet he killed millions. It's like, you know, yeah. Okay. All right, all right. But, but, um, but anyway, like David Attenborough, he he, he wrote a book, uh, Life on Air, I think it was called. And he at the start of it, he was talking about what the mentality was when he was young in the TV, written regards to the animal kingdom. And mm. he said that a lot of a lot of educated people, a lot of people, like a big part of the like uh, population, believed that wild animals were kind of kind of gross, kind of you know we we don't need those. We're not really helpful for humans, you know. Yeah, let's just yeah. get rid of it. Let's just get rid of those troubles. Yeah, yeah. Like, what an insane point of view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the perspective on uh, mankind throughout the centuries is, is fucking ridiculous, you know? Yeah, and like we that's were... too. Like, I love hearing about the the um, the extremities. Like, I believe all life falls in a bell curve. Like, if you think about, you know, a, the classic image of a bell curve, like a graph a plot with the, the hump in the middle. Uh, I, I think it's, personally, I think it's a really cool thing to, to think about because um, all life, all everything on life kind of falls on a bell curve. The likelihood of it happening fits a, the the bell curve shape, and uh, and I just think it makes a lot of sense. Helps you out with some things that don't make sense. You're like why the fuck would that happen? And but you're just looking at an extreme example of a of a of a of a, of a thing that happens. The bulk of it is going to happen in the middle, um, like the justice system or something like that. But yeah. there's still going to be by nature of, of of nature basically, it's some things are going to lie on the very extremes, and you can't you can't color the whole by looking at the extremes. Yeah, man, it's interesting. We're really interesting creatures, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I just love, like, you know, just that, of course, we're going to have extremes, you know, the bell curve, you know, all life falling to a bell curve means that we will have those extremes and they're part of it, you know, <laughs> all these yeah. crazy things that have happened that are either super right or super hideously wrong were necessary and kind of understandable. They were made sense. Yeah. Humanity is kind of exploring its, its potential. Yeah. Which is what life does. If you look at what life does, evolution you know that's exactly it you know I, i'm not talking about social darwinism or anything like that i just mean like the nature of the universe and ever increasing complexity yeah it's, which it's is just most exciting stuff to think about i think it's it like, is it does get better than the universe because by definition that's all that's it you know that's like, all that's it yeah exactly yeah and you can't really and more, and it's such a treasure being alive now like knowing what we know yeah it's just ridiculous like uh you know knowing about the universe that you look at the sky you know what stars are you know the, the processes that have gone into creating stars and how the most like cataclysmic explosion that we know of that happens in the universe today that's a supernova uh you know just a massive destructive force just kills life on their neighboring planets and everything you know within light years away and uh just the biggest bang the biggest fucking explosion around 
And yet that's exactly what's necessary to create life on Earth and us and everything else. It's just fucking rad. <laughs> Have you heard that theory, that new theory about the fourth dimension? I think it's like a like how we because they said from the the big bang that that supposedly created our universe i guess or whatever and yeah. solar system they I said about uh like about geometry underlying the very fundamental like particle physics and interactions which is pretty exciting like that the they had these like you know they use um uh, Feynman diagrams um to to and, and there's better more efficient ways of dealing with it today but essentially it's the same thing like they have to sum up all the likelihoods of all the particle interactions and it's a long, time-consuming, and bulky process, and yet they found that they it corresponds with a certain type of geometry. Now, and so you can calculate the area of a space inside the geometry. It's like a kind of a polyhedron shape, um, and then you can work out the the outcomes of the particle interactions. And apparently, this is kind of it looks like, according to this theory, which is relatively new. And there's been similar stuff, obviously, before it. Um, but like you know, reality is just geometry. It's all based on geometry, which kind of to me makes sense because it makes sense. Like that would make sense. Yeah, I think that's until the, another that's theory the awesome, comes up. That's and... the awesome thing about the knowledge <laughs> that we have now is that everything makes sense. It may not make clear sense to us, and it's very hard to grasp, like quantum theory and things like that. But ultimately, you can build upon it. You can do stuff with it. You can you okay? If we know that, then what about then we know this? And yeah, you can build on that. And that's the awesome thing about the universe is it's logical it makes sense and you can get to the bottom of it and we have and it's such a formidable undertaking and it's yeah it's, don't you think it's interesting too like i like to look at patterns in the universe too and like think about like um i'm really into stars and, and astrology when especially when i was a kid i really wanted to be like um an Did astronaut you say astrology yeah, like astrology, the stars, you know, like you mean astronomy or astronomy. Astrology? Sorry, sorry, astronomy. Whew. Oh, thank God. Let <laughs> <laughs> me worry there for a second, bro. <laughs> Had a long day. I was like, uh oh, here we go. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Yeah. I'm not into it, but yeah, we can talk <laughs> about that. What sign are you? <laughs> astronomy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, there's a. Uh, it's interesting to me, like just being as a designer and working on films and, and the commercials and all that stuff, and. And then also using the internet and then the, the over like recently there's been like visual images that show what the internet looks like and then how close to nebulas that looks like there's a really cool um um jason silva jason silva yeah yeah he's talking about that stuff that he's, goes great it's like summing up all the stuff i've thought about for so long just really <laughs> really succinctly in a really punchy fashion <laughs> yeah he's all and then the universe does this yeah, and then yeah. you're all <laughs> and we're all going to be these self like substrate independent interconnected you know quantumized <laughs> like personalities interacting with you blah, blah, blah. it's just and it's rad like that is the cool thing like i don't see how you can't look at what science is um under being able to understand about the universe and and sort of the theories and where things are going and uh and not be excited by it like i love i, I don't read news or follow news i don't know me neither what's happening in syria um unfortunately i always feel a bit of shame sometimes but i like i, I like following um technology news like if you look at science like it's a nice break a nice difference between if you look at science news or you look at the news, like one is just the, the outcome, the current outcomes of the of a situation with humans, purely human, generally speaking, uh, and the other one is like sort of utilizing what we can understand about the universe and building up on it or discovering new stuff. And like when you just look at the human news, it's mostly you know bad. Yeah, somebody uh, and, farted. And, and, and if you look at the science news, the <laughs> physics, like Fizzorg or something like that, and it's just this incredible thing next to this incredible understanding or discovery or finding. or It's yep. good. It's overwhelmingly good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uplifting to think that this, that stuff is where 
the future lies more well, there's so the than finite some... and then the infinite Hopefully, you know so. it's the yeah. finite versus yeah. the infinite yeah exactly yeah. that's what i love about it i mean fucking hell i mean how cool i mean that's what's weird about especially i don't know if it's like that in your guys country but here it, it's it's kind of surprising how like science and technology and the art like of that isn't like as big as something larger and i think it just i think it's the way it's presented like that's one thing i love about carl yeah, that's why i love i love carl sagan so much like is because that. is because he presents it so well like he's a uber smart guy but his biggest skill Who, is that, that he taught uh carl sagan oh yeah well yeah yeah carl sagan that dude like he for me carl sagan I, I use him a lot in like discussions with friends or with when i'm talking to people um and i'm talking about uh, I don't know a lot of lot of sort of future thinking sci-fi stuff, not necessarily sci-fi, but future thinking AI and developing, you know, increasing the human potential and that sort of thing. And yeah. for me, I always use Carl Sagan because he's like perfect example that people know of and can relate to. Where I think that the he he was kind of had it all in his brain and it was all amplified. Like he was super smart. The guy was a fucking excellent scientist and just made a lot of discoveries and developments and that and sort he, of thing. Humanitarian uh, and astrology and stuff like that. Yeah, but he had. He was also so. He was also an. Art, he was artistic and creative and poetic, and he was socially minded. Like he seemed to have because a lot of you know a lot of times you get the sort of the, the stereotype of like the genius, but they're kind of stunted in their social outlook or what you know. Whereas he seemed to be the whole package. He was he really seemed interesting. To me to be like everything in the human brain kind of amplified. So yeah. I, I like to use him as an example of like if you kind of increase the intelligence or the the capabilities of people, you might get everyone might be just a little more Carl Sagan, you know. Yeah. Which would be pretty awesome. You know? It would be amazing. Yeah. I always say like we need more Carl Sagan's in this world, you know. Yeah, we need a few. We need a lot of. We need Carl Sagan's and we need Hayao Miyazaki's. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's <what> <laughs> he's, he's your. He's one of your favorite directors, yeah. Uh, he, he might be my favorite. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I think in terms of consistently doing rad shit like start to finish, like I kind of. Hopefully his next film or his supposed last film, which looks fucking awesome when the wind rises, I can't wait to see that. I hear the yeah, I hear that's one of his best ones yet. Oh Jesus, just a dude is just a phenomenon. But he's retired like, now though, right? He yeah, know? he said that a few times before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, say, I sent you the link to that thing with his son. Come out of retirement to to put it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's one of those guys. He should do it on purpose. Actually, this should be a petition. What's to, that? To, a petition where everyone on Facebook, you know, science, tell Goro Miyazaki to make a shit film so that his father comes out of retirement to show him how it's done. Because <laughs> he did that with Ponyo, apparently. I mean, that's what I read. But uh, yeah, no, I think Nausicaa, his first film, that was his, because um, he did Castle of Cagliostro first. But That's like your uh, favorite film, right? I'm still getting through uh, one, it. One of them, one of them. One yeah, of them. okay. It's definitely top three, but there's a lot of films. Wind of the Valley or something like that? What is three. it? What's that? Na Nausicaa, Wind of the Valley Keeper, or something like that. What is yeah, it? Yeah, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. The Valley of Wind, yeah. It's it's really beautiful. I've gotten I've gotten a bit into it, so I just have to I finish really it. What do you mean you've gotten a bit into it? How well, like, you miss the okay, whole thing? <laughs> dude, like I I have a fucking crazy day work and stuff, and then <laughs> at the end of my day is usually when I try to like watch film or study stuff, and yeah. and yeah. then I get like even no matter what, it could be my favorite film, and I usually just pass out like. 20 30 minutes into it because it's well because it's like three o'clock in the morning and i gotta get up at like eight that's or a tough something. ask man that's a tough ask but yeah. you know it's, it's funny like, uh, i thought it might be one of those situations where you're watching it on a second monitor or something i've had some no, friends i cannot do that um, like where they, i recommend a movie and they go that movie sucked 
and it turns out that they tried to watch 2001 on the second monitor while they were working. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Come here, come around and sit in front of, you know, get a big LCD TV or whatever, you know, giant TV. <laughs> I'll watch 2001 and it will be rad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that movie, like I sat there and I and I watched it for like a second. I was like, okay, this is going to demand all my attention and everything I have so I can really yeah. appreciate it. And I'm yeah, so about that that I just won't wait. I won't even watch it if I can't give it that attention, you know? Yeah. What kind of beer you got? Uh, Asahi. Oh, yeah? Like like all things, Japanese make the best of best beers. <laughs> they do, huh? I don't know. I don't drink beer, but... Asahi is pretty good. Yeah. I, I think you could probably sum up my taste in beers, at least before I started drinking all these like uh, more um, craft beers at this draw and pour event that I've been attending like, recently. You could have summed it up by saying I like Japanese beers. Clean and refreshing drafts and kind of um, pills and that, yeah, whatever, slaggers. How is it that they do everything better? I don't know, man. Bastards. The Germans do some pretty oh, amazing I mean, shit. You, know, it's kinda, you got ideas that, like a, a, a long culture, you know, a small landmass, uh, kind of resource, not wars, but shortages and, and a lot of people. So you kind of have a very structured society to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you're next to China, which is kind of just a fucking superpower of, you know, kind of culture and in ancient times. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Then, then, you know, it's like a melting pot. Drop a couple of bombs on them. and <laughs> Seriously. Get, get a Kira, you know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you didn't just say that. <laughs> Only oh, the greatest thing ever. Dude. Yeah. The greatest. Yeah. Uh, yeah I you're think, you're I a think, big fan I as think, well. Like, you think of like a great achievement of a single person and people will say, I don't know what, like the, um, Sistine Chapel or something you're like he had lots of helpers doing him like that Sistine to me Sistine Chapel ain't got shit on Akira because <laughs> he was he's telling other people's stories you know it's, it's pretty sweet art don't get me wrong but uh you know you're telling someone else's stories you know yeah you're talking Akira, about you're talking about the uh, manga the comics yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie the itself film, is amazing. The, the same dude did the film as well. <laughs> yeah, let's just uh, let's just say openly that he's the best ever mm-hmm. and never will be. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yes, well, you, okay. Yeah, well, not you... my favorite designer. I think that would be Shiro. Um, I think anyone who oh, sees Shiro and knows about Shiro knows that I am a fan of Shiro, and I'd like to think that a lot of it comes down to convergence because Shiro's like mechanical designs were inspired, and it still look cutting edge today they're just fucking badass but uh he did you know ghost in the shell and apple seed and orion and um that sort of thing do you like thing. orion i haven't really read it i've only really read apple seed and and ghost in the shell and even ghost in the shell the first one's great this 1.5 is cool i don't think i've even read the whole thing yeah um and then and then man machine interface is kind of uh cool but it's just basically a panty shop compendium um, yeah what's which weird is, right? you know, which is kind of cool too but it's yeah and then uh yeah, no, now he's just all tentacle porn. But for me, that guy did the best mix. Like he, he, he would he amazed me because you'd read his books and he'd have these little, all these little scribblings in the margins saying, you know, he knew about the rising rate of a submarine and he knew he knew fucking everything about everything and would explain and interject these little kind of in jokes to the nerds and stuff and people who knew the technology and that. Phenomenal! Like the guy's a fucking genius. Yeah, he he really designer. is. Yeah, and uh, and his stuff is all like insectile, you know. It's it's really cool. It's just it follows the muscle form. It's biological, yeah. It's very yeah, biological. Like, well, he, he any, any really good designer knows that everything amazing really comes from you know where we come from, which is the earth, you know. And yeah, well, it, anything that you design is 
is going to kind of work better if it's it's grounded in the, in the kind of reality that people understand because they can get it like it you know uh um i think you i've always been a well recently i've been thinking more and more about it but um we talked a little bit about it when we chatted before about informed imagination about the idea that uh you know a lot of sci-fi concept design is basically illustration um, yeah it's like not a lot of uh concept behind the ideas it's a cool robot or it's a whatever yeah um, isn't that weird that, like, it's weird tra- there's lots of weird trends happening too right now yeah i mean it's amazing looking stuff and 90 percent of the painters out there are much better than i am um it's but, porn though yeah 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 it's kind of porn but i think that the the fun thing is if you if you delve into the workings of things you, you, you can just inform your imagination more like you've got a wider base that you can spring from the more you know about stuff, the further you can take it with your imagination. So when you get into science and the, the technologies that have been developed now and, and the, the functionings of the universe and everything, I think you can just go further. I call it informed imagination because it's basically what it is. And informed imagination can go further. Yeah, it's curiosity. Uh, if you're yeah. cool shapes, you're limited by cool shapes. So when you're drawing informed stuff, like I think that, that inherently people can understand it because we get it when we see a fighter jet, when we see a, a, a tiger. Um, you know, in the Ferrari F40, these things are 100% driven by their function, and yet the yeah. form is the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, f- form doesn't follow function. Form is function. Yeah. Uh, function is form. When know? it's harmonious, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the best-looking functioning stuff is generally the best-looking. Yeah. Best functions, you know, like, I, I love the example of a Ferrari F40 because it's, like, my favorite car, and if I ever direct movies and make lots of money or something um <laughs> what i'd buy man fucking ferrari 40 oh <laughs> alien. so alien beautiful so beautiful it, it's beautiful it's not the best looking ferrari but and it just looks rad and really i think it's the best looking personally i like that old style though yeah, i'm a bit I nostalgic i think that's a better looking car but the ferrari 40 is just such a weapon <laughs> and, yet, and yet if you look at it there's not a single line on it that has been driven by aesthetics not a single additive like you know element or anything it's a business it's, yeah it's the business it's just the function of it yeah you know it's, it's got a, a model business. sitting i could just look at it now and you look at <laughs> it and everything is driven off the function and yet it looks fantastic it's just like a fighter jet you know yeah. that's a great example too you know like a fighter jet they everyone knows that they look outstanding just the forms and that what they are is designed to fly through the air and cut through you know the physical mass of the air it's the function that we kind of inherently see you know the beauty of a big cat when it's pacing or you know stalking prey or you, know, look, you see it in the zoo like they're just formidable you're just seeing the the mechanics of motion being able to transfer like a, a an object of that size how much like bone length it needs and muscle mass and they just form and when you want to have strength in the joints and you just get the flaring and tucking in of the muscle and tendons and the shit just looks amazing you know like it's that's all from time though isn't it it's, it's, it's all designed the, by time all- it's just totally driven by function yeah. and that function is the best looking stuff i think if you can incorporate that into your design then um and that's what i'd, I'd like to try and do um it kind of happens uh, subconsciously actually most of the time when i just scribble stuff and it's just what i like just coming out um, especially when i'm just drawing for myself just scribbling it's these kind of it varies but it's kind of the same kind of theme normally a, a robot or a kind of a future synthetic self and self-evolved martial arts kind of creature thing yeah <laughs> i think you're, I think you're drawing yourself as as what you would like to be sometimes isn't uh, that it no i mean nah, come nah, on I, I definitely draw what i like though okay, and i like yeah to follow what i like and that sort of thing you know 
they're yeah. just they're just basically you know you got they're one and all, science yeah. and technology and nature and natural history and animals and uh, you've got martial arts and mechanics and and sort of humanity and you know our culture and that sort of thing all kind of combined into one and they can be more robotic or more organic or anything like that and generally they kind of spring around the idea that I'm trying to in my head kind of draw something that is uh, functional like it's a it's more lethal like I'm always trying to one-up myself trying to think about what is the more kind of um, lethal type of thing um, and I know like if you go down that road you know, you end up with a cloud of nanoparticles that can destroy anything. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, I was like, going to say, like, boring yeah. shit. even like liquid, <laughs> even liquid, uh, liquid kind of T1000, stuff like T1000. <laughs> it's cool to see it in movement, but when you're just drawing a picture, it's not, it's not as exciting to draw as something that has, like, um, you know, separate parts to its body. I always like to think that things are nano engineered, but they operate in cells just like we do. We're nano engineered, but we operate on a cellular level. Um, structure and, and I think that makes good stuff you know you get, you get you know cells bone cells and what could have what could a future robotic bone cell be what would basically be constructed out of carbon be able to form carbon bonds with neighboring like bone cells so it can form like a totally rigid carbon structure and yet has the ability to shrink to expand to change the locating points of the attaching muscles things like that you know you just yeah. basically take the what we know about the biology of the body and, and add <laughs> Have an nanotubes basically yeah yeah which is um, <laughs> no no it's just... like it's like what's the best potential future future synthetic muscle that we know of like carbon nanotubes what's the best like bridge building or bone building material carbon nanotubes or, like fucking carbon <laughs> yeah yeah as of now yeah. you know once we get the ability to fucking perfect carbon or, or i always like the idea of being able to form and un and break carbon bonds if you can do that you have like the most sort of powerful kind of mechanics like having like hub motors that use kind of like uh, stacked rings of carbon that bond to each other and the rings can either attract each other like a superconducting armature of a motor and or they could lock solid or they can just have a few strands and they can have a degree of stretch so you get like a, a flexible joint so it's like a servo but it functions kind of like a muscle like if you picked up this robot arm that was constructed out of these servos hope you know in my mind you could like lift it up by the hand like you can lift your own hand up and just move it around and whereas if you grab like an abb robotics arm you can't do that you it's you're you're pushing against the friction in the in the motors so i'm thinking that this might could be like that it could just break or construct carbon bonds um, as needed to either be locked flexible or mo motive like as a motor yeah you're just changing scale, scale is what you're talking about right it's like the scale just making, of things breaking bonds and then yeah. using the bonds to conduct electricity yeah just like a carbon just like an armature and a motor yeah, which is yeah, it's it's uh it's a different design of something similar, but it's different completely. Like yeah, it's fundamentals. Learn, uh, like what you know, everything is the strongest things, carbon bonds and like why is carbon such a great building material because it has uh, what is it? Uh is it carbon? It says five free electrons whatever, so it can four? Ugh, this is terrible. <laughs> I think it's, it's four. Or, or or read this stuff specifically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it has four, let's just say four bonds, and so it can you know, bond with itself and these awesome sort of super strong little molecular structures. It was funny. Uh, I've had, uh, I reached out to people and just said, hey, I'm going to have you on the podcast. And then people were asking me, like, can you, can you ex ask him, like, how he does these designs and this and that, like, you know, just details. And I, this is exactly it. If, you're, if you ask this question and you're hearing this whole weird conversation, it, this is it. He's he just likes to think See, that's it 
you know, like, uh, and you're curious. Know, it just, just makes sense to me. Like I think, you know, in this situation, oh, you could do that. I love the, I love the cross pollination you get from having a lot of hobbies as well. Like I like a lot yep. of different things and have a lot of hobbies, not just the car. Um, there's other constructing things or photography or, um, you know, just bits and pieces like that. And, yeah. And different creative outlets, like the, um, different things, you know, to do, to edit photos and stuff like that. Um, yeah, which is which is what makes, like, it, which is what makes a lot of, I don't know. I think people. Yeah, were, it just helps. I think you just have you'd be able to you can interject something from one thing that you're into or know know a little bit about or whatever. You can inject it into something else, and you can get somewhat kind of you know kind of more fresher ideas coming forth and that. Um, but I think the mechanics, the robots and stuff that I like to draw, that seem to be it seems to be what everyone likes. Um, you know, posting something or getting a response or hearing. Feed, feedback from people it definitely is predominantly the robot stuff that i do yeah um, why do you fine. think that is, yeah, that's cool. why, why <laughs> i'm do you actually think... working on a robot package at the moment which i'm hoping to be um kind of like uh, my word on it like a you know basically it's all robots and what the robots for well the military because that's badass right you never want this <laughs> shit to actually exist it will but it's fun to think about as a, as a fantasy too. It's where a lot of things in life should just exist in fantasy, and perhaps uh, yes, very robotics is one of them. But um, we're going to do it, and it's pretty cool. As long as we <laughs> <laughs> just don't want to be on the receiving end of shit going wrong. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I have high hopes for AI anyway. So, um, but yeah, the, the robots thing. So I'm working on a package that's uh, kind of like my. Um, uh, yeah, like a good stab at more than like because the stuff I've done has predominantly just been based off a scribble, just a literally just a scribble, and you go and render it up, and hopefully it's got enough reality in it to give it some give it some some justification, some some balls to stand up with. But uh, you know, it's you, you can still pick a million holes in the functionality of everything I've done. I you know I could pick you know a hundred problems with all of them, but. I still think it's the, the kind of that you have got some reality in there and that there is some sort of future thinking, like legitimate to some level future thinking going on that people seem to respond to. Because yeah. it sure as hell isn't the, the, um, the, the can't be the, um, the painting of it because there's, yeah. I think <laughs> you do a great job painting. with the rendering of it though. I mean, uh, come on, it's hard, man. Stuff up. I find it really hard. It's, it it kind of hurts that I'm not, because I love to think about how things work and light and shadow and and things like that and yet i'm not one of those intuitive painters um that and you know knows how to paint that i know a lot of people <laughs> that sort of thing yeah uh, and they're just you know that it doesn't matter how much you know about it you know how to achieve it you know you know the result you can kind of see it you know how to paint leather or steel and and light sources and stuff whereas i use i have kind of like what i call like Beck renderer you know tm where it's like kind of the same material lit in kind of the same way. <laughs> it's all kind of plastic. But I think your ideas win, win anybody over yeah. that's, you know, like it, that is in doubt of that, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, which is, that's, I think for me at least, that's the draw usually. I mean, it's, you have an amazing ideas and forms and design ideas and concepts, but then you are able to realize them in a beautiful way. So I think you're beating yourself up a little bit, but that's just uh, my definitely opinion. what I see in myself that is lacking. Um, but I'm not going <laughs> to put the work in to, to improve it. That just that seems to be a waste of time to me. <laughs> I, know it's, I know it's true, and I know just what I'd do if I was to. And people ask me, how would you get better at painting and everything? Well, you know, like there's, it's tried and true methods. You know, you 
you you take st- still frames from your favorite film or you take a photograph and you try and repaint it without using the color picker and using as many custom brushes as you create like you're looking at the tree and go hmm how would i create a custom brush that would be able to paint that and then you do that like you do one hour of that every day or two hours of that every day or something so i know exactly what i'd do if i wanted to improve the painting but i guess i'd rather spend that two hours doing something else doing yeah. another drawing or something else or working on the car or I think for your case it works better. Yeah, I think for your case it works better not to do be like that because because of how fascinated you are with everything, you know. And whatever yeah, keeps your attention, I, I you know. I kind of come around to the point that if I'm trying to get my rendering to look better, or my images look better, I'll just do it in 3D. Exactly. I just let the, I'll let the, the the software solve the lighting and the shading and the yeah. dimensional form. So I I've been I know I need to get into ZBrush and it's like oh god. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's so bad like I see my friends use it. And they show me, um, like my good friend Jacob is fucking ninja at that stuff and a fucking badass designer. Jacob rules. Yeah. Give a shout out Jacob, to him. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck you! Yeah. Huge shout out to Jacob. Jacob Absolutely rocks. Legend, man. Yeah, he's he's Best such mate. a sweetheart. He helped out. Um, yeah, he's awesome. You get to yeah. hang out with him quite like a bit. Zbrush and uh, and I forget everything he shows me because he comes around <laughs> and shows me some stuff and I don't do it for forever and then i go oh shit i've forgotten all about it so he shows me again <laughs> it's only been months, but he, uh, recently he was kind of just pushing a blob around to make kind of like an aaron Beck kind of creature head thing just fat just lopping off things and giving it faceted edges and all that kind of crap that i like yeah yeah i was like after a while i was like just stop the bro i i know <laughs> i need to use this fucking piece of software <laughs> i'll get it's around powerful. I, um, on my birthday's coming up real soon and i'm gonna um, you know, you you put me onto some books and some things, so I think it's good timing. I need to sort of knuckle down and take, you know, accept that the next stage of my work is going to take. Like I think it feels to me like I've done the easy part. Um, you know, everything up till now was easy, easy and natural, and just kind of relying on your own abilities as opposed to hard work. Although I, I've done hard work, but it's the hard work has been the byproduct of just being really into stuff. Yeah, like it has been hard work. It's been a lot of work you could call it hard work but it was a byproduct the reason i did it was because i was into it it was there was no question whether i wanted to do it or not now i need to do stuff to make yourself do stuff to like like Vitaly, you know like put sit yourself down and do one hour of zbrush in the morning and you know yeah that's all it is that program's all about miles (laughs) yeah that program's all about miles you know the more yeah. miles you put in, the better. I've had a, I've had a few push arounds back in the day, and it was kind of fun. But I've just been. Dragging it's a wonderful program, amazing yeah. program. I took I, t- I took a kind of like a week off to to learn it, um, and it does it takes me more than a week to actually understand it like properly. I can get in there, but I'm I'm so distracted, and I got so much work going on, so many projects, and just everything, and you know, under the sun, and those are just excuses, you know. I think I'm making excuses to rationalize the fact that yeah, I didn't do it. And reasons and sometimes it's hard to to judge which is which. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean, for me, it's just yeah. I think it's more like I was just it just hasn't linked up with me just yet, you know. And yeah. I don't know. Like part of me is like, why do I care um, about that? Like I don't know what it is, but yeah. but I can see it's it being incredibly part of me that kind of I'd be perfectly happy not drawing like. A lot of people I work with and know um, drawing is kind of what they do, and it's that it's um, yeah, it's what they do basically. But for me, it's just a means to an end, really. It's a way to get an idea out. I'd be perfectly happy not drawing, and I've gone through long periods in my life where I haven't drawn anything for myself. Um, the first three years I was at Weta, I didn't do any personal um, design at all. Um, hmm. 
it wasn't until I was working on Mad Max and we had these really, really long meetings, like five-hour meetings. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Which were cool, which were interesting. And George Miller's a funny dude. That's the director? Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that movie, is, is that in progress still? Or is yeah, that not? I think, I think Principal Photography's finished. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so that'll be coming out next year, I guess. You excited about that one? Uh, yes. Yes, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Mad Max. Um, How could you not? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> working on the actual film itself, well, yeah. You it's, know. it's different. It's, hell, it's hellish. People that don't know about film and working on it, it's 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 a hellish experience, to be honest. It's not, <laughs> it it's be. not. I'm not, yeah, this one, Mad Max was, was almost um, quintessential kind of, like, the, you know, the classic thing about it. it not, it's not your film. You have these ideas, you put them forth. They're not right. They go into a hole you got to deal with that um you know that's generally pretty good you kind of live and learn about how much to get into things because obviously you need to be into things to get the best work out of you and to enjoy it and to get satisfaction out of your job but uh at the same time a lot of times films fall over and you can never show the work and uh and sometimes you like you know sometimes it hurts <laughs> but that's the way it goes but this Mad Max was was kind of interesting for other reasons. I probably shouldn't get into it. Yeah, um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> because of given situations yeah. of current history. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was interesting, and I am looking forward to the film. I uh, I just have to know that, like, uh, rely on the fact that when I first read the the treatment, uh, it was like a storyboard. Um, it was like a script and storyboard, full whole thing of storyboard. It was like, fuck yeah, this is badass. Awesome. Um, uh, and so hopefully it'll live up to that. Um, the storyboard then. Yeah, hopefully the film will live up to how I felt when I read the storyboard because uh, it was basically, well, ah, I shouldn't really say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to get in trouble. But yeah, if, if, our if involvement you... was not strictly necessary, I think. But, uh... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but that, that, I think maybe it's that's another sign for you um, that you maybe you should start thinking about going into directing. I mean, we talked a bit about Keloid and working with JJ and um, mm. BLR, Big Lazy Robot. If people that those don't know dudes, about that, those dudes, man. Fuck um, those dudes, people. man. You watch that video and there's five dudes uh, in the credit. Oh, fucking shit, man. Yes. How proud of, and how happy and proud of you of your work were you um, when you saw that? Like when um, they showed well, you my Keloid. Was, my work was negligible. Um, the first one, I guess, the only one. That, well, the new one's coming out on September 30th. Oh. My goodness! Yeah, we were talking about that. birthday too. So fuck yeah, birthday present. Yeah, I know your birthday is yeah. on the thirtieth. And it's fucking badass, man. The video is just—it's got a lot more going on, uh, uh, just in terms of like robot porn and, and sweet action and <laughs> kind of more more units of this world. Um, but yeah, you have to wait till you see it. Oh, uh, so but excited. the first one—the first one was just they used a design of mine. Um, I got contacted by JJ, and he said this is perfect. It's exactly the kind of thing we're after—the kind of realistic uh, SWAT type military vibe. And um, and I was like, you know, cool. And they came back in six months or whatever it was and said, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't that show you any previs or anything like, prior? No, nah, nah, nothing. I saw zero until I saw like a 99% finished cut of the thing. Wow. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was interesting to me to, to work uh, at Weta for seven years and, and uh, or six years at the time. And like the best thing, <laughs> the, the, kind of the... The best example of your work uh, realized to that level was um, was a short animation made by some guys in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man, because it's yeah. so true how that kind of stuff works out. Yeah, so I, I, I really, I, I'm uh, currently thinking about um, how I can work with those guys more. I mean, I'd like to obviously get into directing at some level, uh, not necessarily films, uh, but I've got a lot of 
you know, had a lot of ideas over the years. Um, and they, they, they range from kind of slice of life type pieces uh, where you just see something about it, you see part of a world happening, something going on that that's, tells you the full story that you need to know. Like it's a rewarding thing. You're not left kind of wanting to, to a great degree, but at the same time you want to see more of that world or like it triggers you thinking about, okay, what's going to happen next or that kind of thing. All about the short films and I've got a few um, film ideas that I probably really should start at least trying to write down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Well, you're, the cool thing is you're gifted and talented enough to be able to kind of manifest some of these things and ideas, you know. It's all about time, though, you know. like what, Yeah, yeah what, like I was saying, this is, that was the, the first, the pre, you know, my career or whatever up to this point has been the easy, easy part. Um, that's just been kind of university, and then I was working for an animation company during my final year in university, so I just kept working for them, and then went freelance, which was basically just me taking photos of spiders. Um, and traveling overseas <laughs> and somehow I managed to pay the rent <laughs> I don't know how that worked out but it happened and, uh, and then working at Weta um, so yeah it's been pretty sweet and easy uh, and, how, and it's been a pretty cool experience for you though being there um, at Weta? yeah oh, oh Weta is amazing like I, I got a tour through three years before I started so ten years ago now mm. I got a tour through I just um, I quit my job and was going to go overseas but couldn't uh, and had to stick around and the industry was kind of quiet and I wanted to get into illustration or or maybe kind of, you know, filmish stuff or something like that. And uh, a friend of a friend brought a little portfolio I'd made out um, back. He, he's a, he was Jamie Best Warwick, who's an incredible, like, <laughs> Jamie Best Warwick is like the greatest creature designer alive today. Yeah, I don't think, his work's I don't think really there's cool. Any, I don't think there's any, uh, I don't think you can question that <laughs> how cool is that to be working with somebody at that level though uh he's been a, he's been a great mate ever since uh well we kind of we knew each other soon after he he was a friend of a friend and he came around to the party and i was up north and he bought my work he saw my work and bought it with him to wetter and i got a letter from richard got uh, invited out to, to come and check out the place i bought basically an a3 folder of like red pencil drawings like drawings out there and then all the guys up there were starting to use computers so i was like oh shit so i had <laughs> Computer, but I wasn't drawing on it or painting on it. I was just using it to edit photos or do animation and stuff on it. So I got a Wacom and then, um, but it was, uh, they were working on Evangelion at the time, um, which fell over, but would have been perfect because I fucking love Evangelion. I'd yeah, you're a big fan of that. Of it. You keep telling and, me about uh, that. Yeah, and uh, that fell over, um, probably for the best. Um, <laughs> well, given, given, given the reboots, like the reboots, uh, I think you should just leave it at that. Those reboots are... Uh, the best science fiction going yeah rebuilds, i should say not reboots rebuilds they call it the rebuilds of even this is 1.0 or 1.1 and 2.2 yeah, yeah, yeah. 1.1 2.22 3.33 2.22 i think is just fucking unstoppable that is some of the best science fiction going it's just ah oh, fucking awesome it's so epic and and the ideas behind it the things that are going on the world that it's operating in and what it means to the people caught in the conflicts and everything oh, it's just it's the best and the, the, the visual cataclysmic epic nature of it is just is the best stuff going but okay. um but yeah basically they're working on that film and, and that fell over um the, the live action evangelion with with those uh, those clients fell over um and there was um no work for three years um so i i kind of just did my own thing and did um freelance work and photography picked up photography and did a lot of overseas travel um like southeast southeast asia and china and that kind of thing yeah you go take photos over there Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I took heaps of photos. Um, that was just phenomenal. It was a half a year spent traveling through Southeast Asia and China. And I actually flew out of Thailand four days before the tsunami in 2004. Whoa! 
And uh, I um, I uh, I was looking through my photos. Sorry, beer break. Right. No, yeah. lots of talking. It's okay. Yeah, I was um, looking through my photos and kind of had like you know the selects folder, like my the the best of the best, my favorites. Mm. And there was about twenty photos in there, and I was thinking I could have an exhibition of this, and I could donate the the proceeds to charity and send it to like tsunami relief centers. I just flew out of it. I traveled all through that area that got smashed uh, in Thailand, um, at least and um in malaysia and uh you know i could give something back so i did that um and it worked out awesome i had like an exhibition of the 20 my 20 favorite photos and it sold out and i got to donate a whole shitload of money that's awesome. um, to charity and uh, it was my first experience at putting on something like that like i got all the sponsorship from everyone to print and mount and get the studio and get all the photos sorted and the advertising and the beers and the opening night and the, the um that the um, publicity and the newspapers and on tv and stuff Good on um, you, dude. That's yeah, it was good fun. It was really. Good. It was weird to me though that my first exhibition was photography because I always would have thought it would have been uh, <laughs> uh, art, you know, like paintings and stuff. But yeah, so yeah, it took a lot of photos. So it has a hell of a lot of fun. I, and I got some of the photos amazing. I need for my little um, my little book I want to do. Um, it's like a long term project. I don't want to do a book on uh, on jumping spiders. Yeah, uh, which is not the only thing I take photos of. <laughs> <laughs> they just make the best subjects. I mean, you, you can't. I don't think you can argue the fact that they make the best subjects. They they are fucking difficult to take photos of. Sometimes it depends on the species. Are either really hard or really easy. The ones that think that they're camouflaged, they just sort of sit there. They're so easy to take photos of. But the ones <laughs> that are just like little predators running around, little badasses, they they are a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Because they're always jumping around and going crazy. Yeah, well, they jump into your lens because I use a reverse lens setup. So sometimes oh, they inside they think, they the think lens. that you're yeah you, they think that you're. I mean, they're seeing the reflection. Yeah, and... they're just like that's a sweet little black hole and jump in that. Yeah, they're gone. And then you're, you're searching for them because you're like, where the fuck did it go? And then you see the little line of silk thread go into the lens. Yeah, right. You have to shake it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the photographing them has been a, is a lot of fun. But I'm, I'm producing. I want to make a uh, a book on on jumping spiders because i think the thing that amazed me when i was taking taking these photos was the response that people had to seeing them um they were amazed because they'd always associated spiders with just being squish it you know oh a spider yeah 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 which is so such a lost opportunity and so retarded and it drives <laughs> me fucking wild every time i see it in a movie these days but like you know it's a kid's movie or something and and, and the spider equals squash it and i'm like oh <laughs> spiders are just like a badass man they're just animals like other animals they're predators and jumping spiders in particular are like well in, in china they call them fly tigers which is the name of the book fly tiger and uh because that's such a sweet name there's a you know dual meanings like yeah. a fly tiger like a cool tiger and a fly tiger like a tiger that hunts flies yeah and that's exactly what they are they 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 have so many similarities with cats it's ridiculous like they stalk their prey and tilt their head and uh, when they're about to, to pounce, they'll like often sometimes I've seen them like wiggle their bodies just like a cat does in order to cement their feet on the ground like a cat wiggles <laughs> it more fun. friction. Yeah, you know, you think oh that's cute, but what it's doing is it's just it's seating its paws in the ground so they're not going to skittle like skitter on loose pebbles or something. You, you, you know, they're they're readying themselves and and jumping spiders do sometimes do the same thing. Plus they do these amazing little dances when they see a a, a female or another male or a, a reflection of themselves and. And they and their little faces are just the most. They got so much character. Like they have more character than just about any other thing that size. And they do such cool stuff. I think that they're they're perfect role models. They're perfect spokespeople 
for small animals. So I want to produce a book that's 100% focused on jumping spiders um, as like a way of introducing people or kids or whatever to the, the world that would sometimes be taught to just be ignored or squashed. Uh, actually has a lot to offer. You know, it's like you're watching a little tiger hunting, uh, hunting, you know, antelope or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the nature that's in um, the micro world is pretty amazing. Yeah, I've always loved that stuff. Yeah. Uh, a real highlight when I was at design school was um, I got to use an electron microscope to, to shoot some footage of a praying mantis for my final year project. And that was a dream come true, man, using the, the electron microscope, taking images on that and zooming around. Like I got taught how to use it on the first day. I kind of rocked up and said, any chance I could use the microscope? It was with Because the, the course I was doing was co-taught or signed off by, by the university. So I went to the university into the science department and rocked up and said, can I use your electron microscope? I'm like a student. So they're like, oh, sure. That's <laughs> Taught awesome. Taught me how to use it. And then I could just ring up and book, book time and then I could go in and put, you know, Lego blocks or bees or insects and stuff under the, under the electron microscope and take images of it. It was just fucking amazing. What a cool resource, huh? Yeah, man. Just super okay. fun. Yeah. Yeah, they tried to sell it to me too. Because <laughs> you were using later, it so I much? Another, I was doing a music video, working on a music video with a friend, and uh, and they wanted me to do some more of the stuff I'd done, like the macro shots of insects or something. Or maybe I pitched that, I can't remember. But um, they had a new machine that you had to have a supervisor with you. You couldn't just use it on your own like the old days. But I inquired about the old machine, and they were like, oh, you can have it if you want, you can buy it. Because it's, it, the upkeep was just not worth their time and hassle. Yeah. Imagine that. Even if it didn't go, it was a pretty cool looking machine, but yeah. What's the power like what was the range the power range for visibility on it? Like how far could you so, go down? Like, uh it all depends on the setup. Like my experience was that they, they'll go hundreds of thousands of times. They'll zoom in hundreds of thousands of times, but um the needs the, the sample needs to be really well set up for that. What what it seemed to be was you got you got kind of two worlds where you had uh minimum magnification, like where the where the, the sensor is zoomed all the way out. And you can see the whole thing. You can see the whole, uh, you know, Lego block or the top half of a praying mantis. You know, because it's quite a small chamber, so you couldn't fit the whole insect in or anything. So you of just course. had the head, the top half, or something like that, or just yeah. the arm. And so you could zoom all the way out and see the whole thing. But if you did that, you'd only be able to zoom in so far before it just went too blurry, no matter what kind of focusing or anything you did. Or you could set it up so it's much closer to the detector, so you can't zoom all the way out. You, you're, you're you're stuck starting off at a hundred or something times zoomed in. But then you can zoom in thousands of times, hmm. which was That's pointless awesome. trying to trying to shoot footage and stop motion kind of footage of a uh, praying mantis in an electron microscope because you need to see the whole thing. You need to be able to zoom in. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to the human, zoom the normal human, because it's all like just it's, it's like crazy shapes. It's design actually. <laughs> it's like designed by nature because yeah. exoskeleton yeah. And, and the forms that triangulate and and create to make the structures that. Yep. is the outer structure or like um skeleton you know which is so interesting yeah uh there's a photographer igor sawinowitz or something like that okay um i've been following his work for like oh, I mean, eight years and it's i've seen a lot of people a lot of others more recently like refer to this guy as well his, his macro photography is just awesome it's very clean and very technical it's exactly what i like because you let the subject speak for itself yeah. And subjects that he has access to as an entomologist, I think, is are the most insane looking praying mantises you can imagine. Like these things, you just they're just unbelievable. If you could shoot the same footage of a of a praying mantis that looked like that, like a pink flower mantis or like a devil mantis or um, like a, they're just insane looking creatures. And if you filmed it eating 
a like a, a hornet or something huge and colorful and just insane like the footage would be ridiculous you know just the colors and forms and shapes and stuff and what's going on yeah that's awesome it, i see this what's this guy's name type this down or something like that i'll see if i can find the um, Swinowitz. yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll try to post links to these two Igor uh... yeah i've got it here yeah photos bought Igor so 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 when was yeah i'll send you the link he's done a lot of um, um microscopy images lately uh, so one weeks okay oh yeah these are cool yeah, he's got a yeah, photo.net site that i check every now and then i haven't checked it for a while but you just check it out have a look at some of these um fucking praying mantises they're just Whoa. the <laughs> just design just fucking ridiculous like damn that's crazy design yeah so if you had footage of that like just close up of it eating things and cut to this music which is like a dubstep remix track or whatever um it looked fucking fantastic yeah there's this... lights and colors kind of flashing in the background kind of you can have set up a light thing and, and put some fucking neon hipster fucking rave lights going on in the background like kind of <laughs> like illuminating through the body of the praying mantis yeah the transparency if you shot in a really cool if you framed it too in a really cool aspect ratio it'd be interesting there was this um, wide letterbox or something like that yeah 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 really wide yeah it just isn't it funny when you letterbox the frame it's like oh okay it's it's movie time like you yeah it's a format of consuming movies but when you don't it means this to illustrate as well it's awesome (laughs) what's that there's less to illustrate because you normally have your focus and it normally has to be a little smaller compared to the whole thing so you can kind of have this other like empty space or something you can cheat i don't know quite often i've been tasked with doing these kind of um scenes from a film like kind of because i i i like to use a lot of photos in it because for me someone who's not intuitive at painting uh sort of photo realism you know photos is the quickest way i can get a decent looking result um, yeah and I've, I've been using photoshop to edit photos longer than i've been using it to paint pictures and I really enjoy the technical challenge of, of, um, of um, trying to chop photos in and using the transform tools to change the perspective and, you know, doing things manually. So I know there's a lot of new tools that are coming out with perspective and everything like that and um, content-aware um, fill and stuff like that. Yeah, content-aware fill. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty but, amazing, um, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see these videos that get sent around work or around people about sort of the latest steps I saw in recently uh, where they... Yeah, you can create like a 3D model. Like you, you, you have a photo. I think they use like a whole bunch of stuff, like beer bottles and and candle candelabras and stuff like that, candlestick holders. And you just uh, select a circle tool and you draw where you imagine the circle of the bases. And then you scroll up and the algorithms take you know assume the form of the shape. So it's it's um it's uh, analyzing the image based on what you tell it, and it's creating these really amazing quick 3D models that are instantly textured by the image that you're basing it from. And you can use it to spin the you know tree around or whatever the telephone pole the the, the lamp post you can kind of move it and it does content to wear fill so you can remove it and it's gone wow. and you put one up there and it knows the perspective so it's got one in the distance and pretty powerful stuff yeah yeah it's getting crazy fitting, so. do you think it's, I, do you I think it helps in my old dirty way i've always done it and and it's good fun yeah yeah well like how long have you been using uh photoshop for mm. years uh Photoshop yes, yeah. I guess I started using Photoshop when I was at design school in like the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. Oh, okay, yeah. It's been it's come but, a long way since then. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've when you go look at what you first did, eh? 
fucking oh my god uh, dance flares and <laughs> like i remember i remember i think back to some of my first photoshop things was like scanning in like the album artwork from like tool and like putting like the 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 glad rap filter on it or whatever like find edges <laughs> find edges on like images of tool artwork and stuff like yeah, <laughs> fuck it, fuck it, yeah this is incredible <laughs> and, and it felt incredible back then too just to, it was the same feeling i think right as of now but they haven't like what's cool is like what what's also interesting about photoshop the company in general is that they're like it's it's coming it's become a household name like oh just photoshop it you know have you heard that it's like everywhere in the films too which is interesting because it's It's not one of those terms now like a term yeah um, i don't worry about all photoshop it's like i even heard it in the last episode of breaking bad which i thought was really funny yeah it's just like damn bad man holy shit oh man how much you love that show uh probably the most yeah of any tv i've ever seen obviously there's some good shit like um game of thrones but the books and the audiobooks in particular are just the next level man for holy shit the audiobooks for game of thrones with roger truce narrating it best thing best thing around man best best uh fiction i've ever come across in film or book or short film or tv or anything this is just like fucking awesome yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. Um, my wife watches the show, and I have the books. I just need to get the audiobooks, but I hear it's... Audiobooks, man. Audio, I reckon audiobooks are the king of them all. Yeah, I think for yeah. me, and probably for the same for you, is because, like, I mean, I love reading, don't get me wrong, but it's so hard for me to get through a book. Like, if I came and watch a movie, it's, like, triple time hard to write to read a book, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. like, audiobooks. Like, I just got through Arnold's uh, biography. Uh, Arnold's listen to that right at the moment, man. Listen to that at the moment. Are, are you? Yes. I'm up to up to where he's shooting Conan. Oh, okay, awesome. How do you like it so far? That's fucking choice, man. I never knew the dude did so much. Like he was a millionaire before he was even in film through his property development and his. He's a smart guy. Uh, yeah, he's a smart dude, and he was a fucking. He's a he's a he's a Vitali kind of motherfucker, you know, like he goals. Is. Yeah. And making the most of every single thing, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. He's uh he's very keen on that. It was funny. I was telling Vitali to read it because it felt like there were such similarities between them um yeah. because of their styles and stuff you know yeah it's uh that guy is so crazy if anybody is listening and, and want to hear that like go check it out it's called total recall um it's yeah. his, it's his like, life it's story. story it's funny funny story i mean funny name too but it works out perfectly for what it is it's, and he narrates the first and the last chapters of which i've only heard the first one of course and it's fucking awesome i love yeah and I, was it, like, it's, I was like waiting for it to begin wait for it to begin and he starts talking like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is my true life story. Yeah, yeah. I started I off. Yeah. I listened to some of the things, and he's kind of talking some things up, like, haha, I wasn't so good at this, like, no big deal. He's like crashing tanks left and right. And oh, like, yeah, he was super clumsy. I was so good at, downsh- at shifting gears because of my truck training. And I went to downshift and, and lost control of a car. It's like, that means you're not very good at downshifting, yeah. bro. <laughs> okay. He probably couldn't heal toes. Calves get in the way or something. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, he crashed a ton of cars. He, that yeah. was like his thing. He would like he would crash cars and he crashed tanks. He crashed like Sherman tanks through brick walls. Oh yeah, that's not yeah. good at all. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. fucking good story though. <laughs> Dude, his, yeah, his stories are great. I mean, what's funny is like the book is. I got the unabridged uh, version of it, and the book is like seven hundred and sixty pages, I think, unabridged, ah. and and uh, it's a big book. Um, and I bet he he only covers like maybe a tenth of his stories. I bet. I mean, he's got the dude was like homies with like Andy Warhol and yeah, yeah, he yeah. just 
yeah. everything, man. Everyone, everyone in Hollywood and, and, and LA and New York. And, yeah, yeah, dude, crazy. And the thing that I think is amazing, I think I sent you that link to um, Bill Burr's comedy sketch where he's talking about yeah, like, he's, known, yeah, he's like, he's known for over forty years. Yeah, <laughs> he's nothing but net. It's yes, so true yeah. though, and and people hate on him. But it's like, dude, whatever, like. I don't think you can hate on once you read the story, man. Like, because you could think that the guy's a meathead and a shit actor and just made got famous because of his muscles and made a terrible governor, but only voted in because he was popular or whatever. But like, you read this and nah, 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 nah. nah Dude's yeah. Hated, yeah. yeah. I mean, as, of course, he could be telling lies, but yeah, exactly. You never know. True lies. Yeah, true lies. Oh shit! You had to go there. <laughs> Sorry huh? about that, man. You had to go there. Yeah. <laughs> no, he his his, uh, his stories. I mean, just you know like it was cool i loved hearing it. you're not there yet but when he talks about like when he started working with james cameron making terminator and stuff yeah i'm looking forward to that man oh, that was cool man it's really cool and then he yeah. gets really into politics and the government and stuff and i don't really care about that stuff but it was cool hearing it through this perspective too his perspective because um, he was so like a, i think he was republican i think that's what it was i don't pay attention to that shit because it all seems the same to me but um, like I love it when he's describing how he got his first car that he really cared about or whatever is Jeep, Jeep Cherokee and it was like the biggest car on the road. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a, he installed like a megaphone so he could yell at people to get out of his way. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was all he was very funny. Yeah, he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I wish that he narrated the whole book because it would have oh, been so yeah. amazing. Oh, I'd, I'd pay a hundred bucks for that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been awesome. awesome. I, w I was kind of surprised that he didn't. I wonder why. Um, maybe because he's too busy, obviously. But yeah. I don't know. What the fuck's he doing now, though? Hey, he's 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 actually working on a lot of movies, actually. Yeah, it's silly of me to even ask, having learned about how hardcore the dude is. But... Yeah, he never stops. And especially yeah. now, I think because he's divorced, he's probably going to push really hard, you know, because he's got to be distracted. Yeah. When yeah. he breaks down his personality, he, he it's kind of interesting. He gets really personal on a lot of things, and he breaks down, like, how, like, now that he doesn't have the distractions, <clears throat> he, like, his, his mind will just kind of fill in all the blanks, and then he'll just be he'll just go off and, and do whatever he was very yeah. uncompromising you know like my mom uh drove limousines when i was younger in hawaii um and she drove him and his wife a few times and said how gnarly those guys were how intense yeah. they had like really crazy um, arguments and stuff <laughs> probably shouldn't be talking about this i mean it's, it's not no. i mean when you allegedly when, isn't that what joe rogan says allegedly allegedly yeah exactly allegedly yeah <laughs> so these are all allegedly things but yeah um you know i mean i when you're that big like when you're that big of a, like you're not even a human being anymore to be honest like and people that don't understand that don't really understand like what that means but he's not even he, i mean obviously he's a human being but he's but he it's just a different this whole different world for these kind of people you know like when everybody knows who you are basically like it's average i was i was watching the the shining documentary on how they made it and yeah. jack nicholson was saying like the average celebrity meets um more people than um a person would in their entire life and i think like he said like a month's time or something like that or something <laughs> crazy or in a year or something i don't know i can't remember but he but it was just like can you imagine that like my head would explode yeah yeah especially when you're 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 uh, been analyzed in that to that extent too by the public the media you're you're that figure you're that person like everything like i've had a few experiences with 
interviews and uh, things getting like ghost ridden or or I got filmed for for that exhibition I was talking about earlier I got interviewed for TV and uh, and y my first experience at getting like kind of cut kind of where they make a story out of you even if it's not strictly the story you'd want to be told like they're missing heaps of stuff in order to focus <laughs> on one thing yeah because my exhibition at the time had a had um, some spiders and insects, some like temples and people, some landscapes and and uh, like mountain ranges and, and that kind of thing. So there's kind of an even split between these three or so subjects, uh, and yet they 100% focused on the insects because you know here's this crazy dude who takes photos of insects, you know. <laughs> but I couldn't even and, and you know it was just it was a surprise. I was like, oh, what about all the other shit that I, that I was talking about? Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, I, it was my it was my one tiny little taste of what it must be like, um, you know, to to have everything you say and do be analysed and twisted and and I couldn't even imagine how hard it would be or how kind of oh, crazy it would be. You got to yeah. soldier on it. Eh? Yeah, it's it's not for the the faint-hearted. That's for sure. Um, uh, I don't yeah. think you could get there if you're faint-hearted anyway. For, oh, I, I mean, it, it totally depends. I mean, he like he was he he was Arnold was so famous because of his acting that he kind of made happen and he was he was the man but it's not like he did he got into acting because he wanted to act he got into acting because he wanted to be the most famous person around exactly he was incredibly <laughs> ego driven acting acting was a challenge in order to get to his goal of yeah. being famous famous exactly yeah because <laughs> i suppose would be the, know, fuck, the fucking guy traveled around the world and got huge and famous and made millions basically starting off by pushing weights around you know yeah 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 <laughs> if, if that's not a sign that anybody can do something it's like i don't know what is you know like it's yeah, amazing man. it's like you know love him or hate him whatever but you got to respect the guy i mean it's uh, yeah man. <laughs> mad respect you, you'll enjoy it I, I i had a i had a great time i actually devoured it I, I listened to it i think in like five days or something like that which is like 20 i think it was like 30 hours of audio books which is a lot yeah. of audio books so yeah I was just like putting it on while I was working as much as I could in between meetings and stuff. So yeah, I've been wanting to put it on while I've been working on the car, but you're just using a grinder or oh yeah, and stuff so often that you just can't hear. And you're, just, <laughs> no point. you're taking a time. You're taking time off work to to build the car. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, I've been taking as much time as possible. Um, right. Basically, because I just don't want the car going stretching on forever. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. To me, it's the most exciting thing that I'm working on at the moment. It's kind of the uh, the most rewarding thing and uh and and work is great like work at weather is awesome but i've been out there seven years now and sometimes it's nice to do to do your own stuff uh even if it's taking time off work to do it you know it's quite rewarding to have a little break um to you know and i just i just the car's been three years in the build so far so i don't want it to go too much longer i want to get it done as soon as possible in fact i'm thinking about how ways i can get more money so i can work <laughs> on it full time i'm thinking of it doing a um like doing a Kickstarter. Yeah, we uh, talked about that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where and say, you know, like, you know, I want to. <laughs> this is what I do. This is who I am. Excuse me. And um, you know, I, I, I've got this project on the go, and it's holding me back from doing other stuff. I don't want to finish it. So I've got like a goal of finishing the car, and, and while I'm working on the car and taking time off my real job, I can be working on a book. Um, so if you, you know, if you'd like the, the stuff that I do or whatever, I'd like to produce a book, and there'll be a lot more art in the book that I haven't released potentially and, and you could write tons of shit about it and get wicked. Um, you know, I've got a, my friend Larry who's like 
uh, co-worker at Weta Workshop who is the fucking man. Like he is like Mr. Unfireable. Like he's the most <laughs> useful person around. Like, and he's a fucking legend designer. Um, he doesn't have a lot of work online, um, which is pity in some ways because people need to see if, how fucking badass this dude is. He's just a phenomenon. Did you guys team uh, up on like District 9 stuff, right? He was a he was a kingpin in District Nine. Yeah, uh, we, we did all the like, graphics for that. Um, right, an avatar was our first real kind of time we were working together. We're doing all the sort of graphic screens for displays that go on. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. There, dude, um, which is all driven off the work done by um, so started by Ben Proctor. But yeah, did you get the chance to meet him and work with Ben? Uh, no, not in person. No. Um, did you get uh, a, a chance to talk with him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's a great guy. I worked with him yeah, for about like a it's... year or so on Ender's Game. He's just crazy talented like super smart and really like a funny funny motherfucker he's they're working on all the avatar three four and five or whatever i don't know like you know like all the the extended runs are you are is what uh jumping in on that as well i imagine uh probably oh that's probably true huh yeah (laughs) what what am i thinking but i mean yeah it's that isn't that a weird thing about what we do too i want to get back to your kickstarter book too but i just think it's really weird like how um i guess it makes sense because there's so much money yeah it's business yeah it's the business to us us it's creative and it's it's only a film and it's fun we're collaborating but ultimately, the reason it exists is for a bit, it's business, it's money making. To money make, yeah, make money. Yeah, yeah, like it's all, it all comes down to that. I've definitely learned about how much it's about business <laughs> and not about creative expression or, um, or you know, anything like that. It's, uh, it's definitely a business, but it's a business that exists for a reason. I, I, you know, sometimes you think that certain things shouldn't be a business. You know, like food shouldn't be a business, medicine and like health shouldn't be a business. Politics yeah. shouldn't be a bu- shouldn't be a business, and yet they are. And yet, yeah. when they are a business, then then it's all about the power and who has the power and lobby groups and and uh, money and things like that. Like it's a it's the greatest amount for the people who are at the very top, like the you know the ninety nine percent argument, like the shareholders of the major companies of the world operating at a high level and claiming the you know disproportionate amount of the resources and income and everything. Yeah, and uh, as you, exploitation, just, you know. Yeah, there's just some things in life that it seems shouldn't be run as a business like that, like a like just maximum amount of shareholders and fuck anything else, you know? Yeah, such things unfortunate like, things like medicine and, and and health and food. Yeah, have you saw? Have you watched? Uh, have you watched Black Mirror yet? Oh hell yeah, I've seen them all. Yeah, you've seen them all. That's right. We talked about it. Um, yeah, that this it always brings it up to me like when we talk about these kind of things it's, it reminds me of that one episode where um it's like got like the american idol kind of thing with the singing people and shit yeah and how like how it's basically a statement on that subject where it's just like you're just destroying something that is beautiful and you don't know how to like you're just bastardizing something that's amazing which is like yeah. you know the human spirit basically which is, I think, which is art, basically, creating these things. And, and what's the fine line, you know? Like, do you find that challenge within yourself when you design these things for other people in these films? And uh, Well, I don't know. I mean, for me, I like, I, I do my best work when I'm into, like, into something. Which yeah, doesn't, of course. sounds like excuse or whatever for laziness and doing shit work. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely seems to be the case. Like, there's been so many projects, like Elysium, for example, where, like, the first six months of that, man, that was just fucking heaven. Like, the... The briefs that we were getting from Neil and the project that it was shaping up to be was just wicked exciting. 
um, six months know. then pre 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 um oh no 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 we I, I was working on that for about two and a half years oh wow jeez. yeah but the first six months is like where things are still loose and 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 really the brief may be a robot yeah or a you know a synthetic um military um thing you know and yeah. then it, it, like super vague and you and you just get to go to town and that is the best fun and then yeah. of course the script tightens up the film tightens up and then you're basically checking the list okay we need this gun and we need that grenade and we need this you know and that that's fun too but For it's not scenes. quite as at, the, as at the front everyone knows that in the industry knows that it's the, the start is when you really get to throw some shit around and, and have a lot of fun yeah it is because that, was, that, that was example good. yeah you get to kind of you get to play with the universe like you know there's it's all open-ending that's why i like the pre um the preconceptual kind of stuff you know or just the concept idea of yeah. building worlds you know rather than like i think it's, it's where you get to do more of your own stuff sometimes too you know <laughs> yeah you get to when you go see the film you've obviously seen it in the theater and stuff too was it pretty interesting to see all your work kind of like it was interesting it was the first film that i've been involved with where and a remarkable amount of film projects that you work on don't go anywhere or don't get made or aren't yet out or something like that. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's really only been for me, um, Avatar and Elysium that have come out that I've had a lot to do with. I didn't have a lot to do with The Hobbit, didn't have a lot to do with District 9. Um, but I had a lot to do with Avatar and Elysium. So seven years and two films, that's kind of the reality. Um, and, you know, I've got a folder of... Uh, you know, if you if you were to count up all the work you've done, it's I think it's over a thousand, two thousand pieces of design or something, super pieces of design. For Elysium, oh, you, you, know, you can only uh, only so much of it was came out in the film, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fractions. Sometimes even less that you can even even show. So. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the nature of it. Um, it is, yeah. But I mean, so this book that you're talking about, like wanting to make. Um, it, Basically, it's the same stuff that I've been putting up of my own personal work, um, the robots and the dude, do uh, it, man. hardware and the car kind of mod. It's all the sci-fi stuff, all the human sci-fi stuff. Yeah, um, I'd like to do a book on that, just as a kind of a summation of a period of time. It's always fun to do those kind of projects where you can sum it up. You've been into this, and you sum it up like I've got a DVD I produced years ago that was kind of like a showreel of music videos and macro photography and and, and photography and music videos uh, things like that that I, I kind of um, you know it's because it's a cap for a period of time I, once I produced that I kind of I started working at Weta and I didn't do any of that kind of stuff haven't done any of that since yeah so it's not your time is consumed it seems like a book would be a great outlet it was your your suggestion that really got it, me thinking about it good you know, you do a book and Plant like, seed. I, I don't know if I always think of a book as like a, you know, you need to produce a ton of shit and um, no. it's still just a book. And, and I was kind of looking through folders of work and thinking even the stuff that I've put out there, um, you know, there's over 30 pieces or whatever. It's a kind of a good start. And with the project, with the pieces that I'm working on at the moment, um, they fit into that world perfectly. Military robotics, basically. Good. Um, and, uh, you know, you can make it happen. And, um, you should because then you know you could produce the book and then kind of hopefully promote it and maybe like my goal would be uh, to be able to do a video with blr uh, where i where i could um you know it's my it's my my project because because keyloid is very much their baby it's jj's baby yeah uh, jj yeah. is the owner and the creative yeah. director over there yeah yeah from okay. my understanding yeah okay yeah. cool and uh um keyloid is his baby um 
and he, you know, the new one has designed from me and also from Greg, Greg Broadmore. Um, so we all, we each did a couple of, a few robots on the so new awesome. one. So awesome. Yeah, man, it's, it's rad. Wait till you see it. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to see it. September thirtieth, right? It's CG. It's just phenomenal. Those dudes are so talented. It's amazing. They are really but talented. I, you know, I just yeah. feel fortunate that I know some guys of that caliber, who who are a small team, and and there's the potential that I could, um, you know, maybe I could kickstart the funds I needed to, um, after producing the book, to um, to get, uh, you know, a project off the ground where, you know, you'd probably need a, you know, fair whack of cash to be able to employ a company like that. Oh yeah. For the yeah. time it would need to produce, say, a three or five minute clip it would be in some respects i imagine it would be if it's a military hardware it'd be somewhat similar to keloid but it would be more about the tech and less about the world i guess less have you about seen dr story. easy have you seen that short dr easy uh, uh, no i'll send so. it to you you'll love it i'll send you a couple links if people yeah. are listening that to this that don't know check out check out dr easy just type in dr easy in vimeo and you'll find it i'll send you the links after and, I'll, and we can geek out about it because yeah, it, might, it might be hitting on a couple of the points that you want you should definitely do a book i think it'd be great um i think that you definitely have a following and then you'd have plenty of people that would back it up i, I believe so that'd be cool that'd be cool i would love to do a book I, then you'd get to write because for me uh it's interesting because what i've put out in the world that people have seen the robots and stuff to me they're just they're kind of almost at bare minimum i mean they are kind of just what i do just for fun i'm not really putting a ton of effort into them they're just kind of a scribble that i'll paint up and it's kind of eventually you know i'll finish one day or i just draw it in one sitting or whatever you know just depending on the on the image um and lately i've been trying to step it up a little bit i did a piece where i painted over a 3d model but i kind of feel i don't know it was it was cool but i kind of like the pure painted stuff a little more in some ways but um yeah, I don't know. The book seems like a good, a good, um, a good sort of cap for the kind of work, the, the military hardware and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. People dig it, and I think so. I think it. Yeah, I just feel I like that, that. That could, you know, the next stage on developing it would be to do a film or a short yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it'll open up all those doors for you. You know, like when yeah. when Frank Miller did all those books, like he had worked on Sin City. I think he said he had been doing Sin City for twelve years. And then, you know, like he was, um, I think it was Rodriguez that saw it and, and is a huge fan. And then, you know, proposed the idea to make the film out of it. And he was like, yeah. you know, at first, of course, he was hesitant because that was his baby. That wasn't his intention to make films. But, you know, I think in anything in life, if you put in right, the right amount of energy and the right effort, Arnold's proof of that. He's just pushing yeah. weights around, yeah, you know, as, as it's definitely a wake up call. Eh? Like I was saying, that fucking this, hell. it's like the easy part's done. Man. Now it's time for the hard work. <laughs> yeah, you have all the tools and you have the imagination. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I think it's just time. Yeah. And, and I've, got, I get, I've been fortunate enough to to have experienced um, like some positive feedback and related to this to the work you do that you know that you feel like okay well that's what I do personally that's my personal stuff so it seems like it might be a, a go like a, a venture like you could make a living out of just doing what you do um, obviously you know that would be awesome but well that's a choice right it's not like... a reality for everyone um, I just don't know you know you just kind of I think it, you're it there dude like the work that people have seen is the bare minimum they've only seen sort of like a still image and they've only seen the kind of the rough sketches and, and quick illustrations that I've put out there. But in my head, the world is, and the realities are vastly more interesting than that. Like they, people don't seem to grasp what, how things would move, you know, like you're talking about um, military hardware and future robotics and that, and everyone thinks they plot along like the Terminator. Yeah. Um, you know what you should do? Don't, you know, like they, you're talking about just 
vastly more powerful uh, mechanics than that. Like, oh man, it, it, I just think the world is ripe for um, seeing that stuff. And I, that's what I love and I'm interested in. It just seems like I've got a positive response from the bare minimum that I've put out there. Yep. So it does make me kind of think that it could work to make, uh, you know, um, short films or who knows how far it could go. Well, you could do get to show people how they actually move and yeah. how the world and how they interact with the world. You know, both the robots and also the synthetic kind of um, martial arts type creatures that I draw because they, they're that, you know, another order of magnitude more advanced again in terms of the mechanics and the way they can utilize the, the world around them and, and uh, technology and science and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, what you could possibly exactly. do. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, what you could possibly do to, to help sell that even more is like, I was talking to Scott Robertson about this with his book is is you could maybe team up with the talented 3D guy that's down to put some time and sacrifice a little bit with you to do it but you can you can draw these amazing concepts and then have like a an ICP or whatever I can't remember the the um, what it is but you take it like you use your phone and you can basically project into the phone like what yeah, yeah, how yeah. it moves yeah. you know yeah basically you have the book and you have some crosshairs on it like a registration mark and then you can have cool. Put your phone out or your ipad or your device and you get to see the thing yeah i thought of that yeah yeah, yeah that'd be that. awesome the, I mean, um it could complex. be pretty cool yeah i mean that's yeah, work and that sort of thing whereas the book now that i'm thinking about it does seem more more um more attainable like uh not a not a not something that can't happen you know it seems like yeah it's doable i think so i think uh, also have... got some, like i'd love to work with larry um who i was talking about before yeah um, who's a graphics fucking phenomenon yeah. Like they're one of the most talented dudes I know ever who at graphic stuff. Like he's just a fucking hell. He's incredible, man. He's amazing. Awesome. Uh, I wish he would show some work. He's one of the more unsung talents at workshop. Like you got, you know, everyone knows Greg Broadmore or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> Harry Greer and Christian Pierce, man. Those two. Holy shit. Like they, you know, there's some people you meet and you think they should just be getting paid to be themselves, to do whatever they want. You know? as, <laughs> long as, they, as long as they, they'll have to, they have to actually produce work, you know, because yeah. I want to see their shit, like especially those but two. Where it seems filled with those. It's full of incredible talent now. All my friends there, they're all fucking phenomenal talents. But uh, sometimes you come across someone and you're just like, God damn it, you know, <laughs> you just need to be doing your own thing. Like Christian <laughs> Pierce, probably especially. Like uh, that guy is the funniest man you'll meet. Yeah, so Jacob says, yeah, Jacob yeah, says he's, he's, a, a, he's a cracker. He's, a, he's, a, he's just, he's awesome, man. He's just, he's a guy you meet and you just want to just hang out with them and that yeah uh, more and more and more like to, to his detriment probably and <laughs> he gets his fill of yeah that's um, awesome he's I, a, he's also a big car nerd as well which is pretty oh, really? when that's i started cool. at workshop and i'd heard about christian pierce and that and i uh, started and found out the dude was into robots and cars oh, i'm like awesome. hell yeah man <laughs> 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 now, he, does he build and, cars and too he's such, a, he's such a phenomenal designer but he is a incredible talent uh, comic talent like, just like greg broadmore like yeah they they like greg's doing his thing um i want to see christian do his thing you know like uh he's everything he does is just infused with this incredible humor and 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 quirkiness he's a he's a unstoppable force man it's incredible yeah he's, yeah it's just yeah we're pretty lucky pretty fortunate to, to have such talent around it's like yeah. Mary it's a Christian. little pressure pot you guys got there though it's amazing i mean i can it, i can only imagine talent, huh? yeah yeah if i i can only imagine um if i was there like how um it's either that or you know you're working for advertising really yeah yeah but it's i mean props to um what's the name of the guy that's it owns weta that sets richard motherfucking taylor yeah. oh man props he to him the, yeah man. 
he is the man. Yeah. Like I, I have, he's he's just the kind of you just holy shit. How do you manage it? Like, uh, he he's got an incredible story too. You know, like he got this fucking huge company. Well, you know, huge in the industry company. He's got like a hundred and it's it scales from anywhere from a hundred to hundred and fifty to hundred people on staff, and he runs the place and manages the place and and uh, just it's incredible. He's just a a force to be reckoned with and he is the the most genuine dude ever like he is 100 percent awesome like i have more respect for him than anyone i've ever worked for for sure like it's just just uh incredible dude that's awesome and not just because he lets me build my car at weather <laughs> <laughs> that does factor into it to probably maybe a couple of percent <laughs> but no but i mean that just, you know i'll be forever thankful for the guy for the opportunities he's offered me yeah and, and 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 hopefully i'd like to think that i've made the most of most of those opportunities and where i can yeah but um yeah no nah, he, he he's incredible man it's, and and of course the company he's developed is phenomenal and and keeping it going like it's such a it's a challenge it's a thing these days man yeah especially yeah. with New zealand dollar getting so strong lately um you know it's a tough tough industry yeah. a lot of a lot of big companies like it like where are closing down or have closed down in the past yeah it's hard to keep that strong. momentum going yeah yeah but it, i mean it breaks down to you know quality work and who you associate yourself with that's what i was saying like i mean it's got to be amazing to go into work and then be able to you know smash you know concepts with you know um, greg and christian and um, yep yep yeah everybody really you know it's that's so cool like that's yeah. so cool and, and and the reality is for me and for most people probably um sometimes sometimes it's just a job of course <laughs> of course of course you even know. your dream job is just a job yeah. half the time man like all things in life are relative yeah. it doesn't matter where you operate with it how sweet your life is you'll still have your highs and lows yep and your job is obviously going to be responsible for a lot of those and uh, i'll certainly have highs and lows working working there but i have to say that when it's good, man, it is fucking phenomenal. Like, it's just such a fun thing to be involved with. When I first started, uh, I, I loved it, man. It was great. I finally got in there, and I was so nervous. I could barely eat, and I didn't tell my parents I got a job there. <laughs> I was, was going to be fired. You're going to get fired, man. You shit, you can't match fucking these, these motherfuckers. But, uh, but I don't know how, but I'm still still there. But, um, but yeah, the first week I was there, I fired an Uzi. Which oh, in, wow. in you know in New Zealand or anywhere other than the states, it's that's quite a thing, man. Fight yeah. a fucking Uzi, that's pretty bad, eh? Yeah, yeah. In the second week, I padded a Tuatara, like that someone bought a Tuatara and to get cast or something like that, and so we got to pad. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, and I was drawing robots for Halo, like a big big <laughs> kind of robot creature things, like the Hunter. I was drawing the Hunter for Halo, and there were people kind of walking past with like prosthetic severed heads for like 30 days of night the vampire film yeah, so they yeah, yeah. Like severed heads and shit and you're just like hey, fuck yeah man <laughs> no, like sitting here with like a steady paycheck drawing fucking robots and there's like guns and shooting guns and, and looking at severed heads and <laughs> <laughs> props, to yeah, Rich, yeah. props to Richard for yeah. setting that up and to oh, keeping fucking that alive you know it takes yeah. a choice you know that's like when you're talking about making your book and stuff I mean yeah. There comes well, a point. is Richard. Weta is Richard, man. He is. He is the man. He is that the Weta workshop is, exists because of Richard Taylor. Like, yeah, it's he awesome. is, is the man. Well, that's good. You know, there's a reason and a point for all this. You know, like these things come from somewhere. You know, like like I was saying about your book. Like, 
it's up to you to make that choice you know it's up to you to to have that decision uh, I, think, I think it's a go man I, I'm, I'm pretty keen eh? i'm thinking i could um, i've got some ideas for who could do like a forward yep and i've got some i've got um hopefully larry he's he seems interested in doing the, in the graphic layout he did the district nine art of book yep yeah um, it's one so of the best a, art concept art books around. yeah exactly hey you know you, you got the twins of the spectrum you've got like the avatar book which i thought was just gonna kick ass like i saw all the work that the guys in the states had done dylan cole and ryan church and yeah. um ben proctor and i uh, there were so many incredible artists wayne barlow like you know like um I, by the way wayne barlow is the best motherfucker around ever yeah you, you recommended his book um god's demon yeah yeah, it's yeah, really there's no book. film I'd rather see. No film I'd rather see than God's Demon. Read God's Demon and look at Barlow's Inferno and um, Brushfire, his two like art books related to hell. Yeah. Look at the artwork which depict the scenes that okay. he writes about in the book, and you tell me that there's no film you'd rather you'd rather see another film than that, man. That is, <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, yeah, his fun, his man. forms, shapes, and designs oh. are amazing. Wayne Barlow's stuff is awesome. His books are yeah. great. Well, he just this is nature, and it's just awesome. Yeah, I can yeah. To it. yeah. <laughs> it's his thing yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's his world you know and i think that people pick up on the same thing with you dude i think you have uh depths of yourself that you need to come kind of figure out on how to package and put together so people can embrace it and understand it and, and enjoy it and, and be entertained by it you know i think if you yeah, did a, i think if you did a format where you could write the narratives and then show the design and then maybe break it down like some of my favorite things are like the ghost in the shell analysis books where like kind of break down the technology yeah. and yeah. and break down like why so solid eh? so solid so cool man i think you should do the same thing it'd be awesome <laughs> and so many things would come of it just wait you know like you put that out and then guys like jj and um, uber talented people will find it and then be inspired by it and want to make things with you you know it's like like it like attracts like with that kind of stuff i think you know yeah well i've been fortunate enough with um you know with better and elysium and projects like that to have been able to show a little bit of what i can do but i still feel like even with um blr and um the keloid stuff like that's like yeah i've got a lot of ideas that i think go much further beyond into into a world that isn't what people would expect when it comes to uh sci-fi stuff or um like robotics and military hardware and and well, creatures and stuff like that well, I think, hell, I think please do it yeah man I'm, I'm, I'm keen I'll just keep um, pushing you because I'm going to make my book and then you're going to be do. you're going to be like motherfucker it's yeah. <laughs> really inspiring um, I'm listening to like Vitaly's podcast and mm. and, um, and listening to, to, to you talk on the podcast as well like it's uh, I guess I don't know part of me feels like I kind of missed out on the work ethic kind of thing <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. I had a, I had a, an an, an insane example with my father like he is a fan, he's an incredible work ethic he's a, he's a you know he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fucking legend absolutely one of my idols and a huge inspiration for me man my father awesome. is a good man but um You're but lucky. I for it's whatever great. reason I've kind of just gone from doing you know being at design school and and then a job and then freelance and kind of just scraping by and it's uh I don't know like I definitely do hard work and work long hours and everything when it just comes naturally, but I kind of I know I need to do that even when you don't want to. And basically, is what I'm kind of say, trying to say. Like, there's plenty of times where I'm like, nah. That's the okay. biggest growth you get. It's when the, <laughs> it's when the pain sets in. You know, no pain, yeah, no pain, just, no, gra- no, no gain. I listened to the book, like Arnold's book, and and to the Vitali's podcast, and, and <laughs> I knew it anyway. Like everyone's saying, you have to draw and draw and draw and draw. And I used to draw and draw and draw. You know, but um, I like I guess lately I've been thinking, nah, it's all about the ideas. It's about the ideas. It you is can't, both that, of them. You, it's that. <laughs> well, you if you if you put it together in a package where it's a book and you have like every day you dedicate, like okay, I'm gonna give myself like an hour every day to my project, yeah, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. 
by the end of the year or every six months or something like that you're gonna have some pretty impressive things and then if you can if you can um, get with Larry and then work on like a layout you'd be surprised what a hundred pieces will make in a book would usually probably make a 200 page book you know yeah so. yeah yeah I don't know if it's gonna be if I'm, well, well I'm thinking they're not quite that hefty but um I don't do know, it. something decent, something solid, something that could um Don't stand bitch as a out, bro. Doing it. Don't bitch, bitch out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Ten pages, just real thick. Real thick pages. Little, like a manuscript, like a tome. <laughs> I could get it etched into some kind of steel or titanium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just wait. Just wait until your crazy yeah. mind unfolds into that. <laughs> and... <laughs> You'll, you'll just wait. You're going to be like, oh, then I want to have, like, yeah, metal inlays. And I want to have, like, and then when you do the Kickstarter, you can provide, like, all these interesting products, too, because you're also a yeah. manufacturer. Yeah, so you can go, like, heaps, I've been thinking about it heaps. Yeah. I, guess, I was thinking that, you know, you could have, like, oh, you know, if you, if you put forward five bucks or ten bucks, I'll do a mean as skid in your name. <laughs> Which, uh, for Americans, that's burnout, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Way better burnouts in, in New Zealand and Australia than in the States. We don't just stand in one spot and smoke the tires. We, like, spin around and kind of hoon off down the road and spin around. <laughs> but, uh, but then, you know, like, and then if it's, like, 50 bucks, then I'll tattoo your name on my arm. No, actually, no. I, I won't tattoo your name on my arm. I'll get a tattoo transfer like we use for tattoos at Weta. And I'll, I'll wear a tattoo transfer of your name on my arm for a week, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and document it, too. Yeah, wear a singlet to work. Wear, yep. wear, wear it with pride. <laughs> and, you know, and on upwards to like a 3D milled robot sculpture or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think, uh, dude, you just have to do it, man. I think that's yeah, it, you know? Like, and I yeah. think, I think um, you know, like, dude, if you, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll help you any way you need if i can you know like yeah no i'm just going to keep keep working on it i've got a the kind of a, a series of pieces of design that i'm doing related to the same project i was talking before yeah um, it's a, like a military robotic kind of chassis that i think kind of sums up a lot of things i've been thinking about you know the whole gun in the head and and sort of modularity ideas and things like that i've kind of really putting a little more effort into this one and trying to do more of a design and less of it because even the the other ones I've done are still they're kind of just scribbles. Really? <laughs> You're yeah, going to get pretty crazy, huh? What's that? You're going to get pretty crazy with them then. The... Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, just more thought into things, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to really take things further and really just, you know, explore what just what it is that I think I can offer a project. I don't know if it's going to be my project or someone else's that I can help, help with or what, but yeah. I think the key too is not to take it too seriously. At least for me, I notice that like when I start taking things too seriously, it loses all its energy and fun for me. Mm -hmm. And then I just realize that like uh, I'm just trying to draw something fun, and I'm just having fun. That's it, really, you know. And as yeah. long as I remember well, that, I mean, you want to feel good about it. You want to feel the feedback loop. You want to be able to draw something, and that triggers something inside you. You know, you suddenly all the things you've been thinking about are suddenly summed up in what it is you're creating at the time and then it, you go, oh, oh, what about, and then and then it takes the next step. Boom, and it's exactly. The next, and it's the next step and before you know it, you're really starting to crystallize a lot of things you've been thinking about, even subconsciously, in a, in a new facet of your design, a new new piece of your work. Like Exactly. It's just and, so much fun to see that happen and, and it's so much fun to think about what's actually going on when you do that. Like exactly. You're this, you're, yeah. this, you're this electrochemical process in your brain you know, where you're this you're this entity that's evolved, you know, through life on Earth and through Hopefully. the structure of the universe, <laughs> and you're just part of this incredible continuum and whole. And this is what it feels like to be alive. 
to have these ideas and we want to sum them up and then some people like them and some people fucking hate them and and you enjoy it and you can uh, the society exists so that you can make a living from it potentially mm -hmm. uh, like it's phenomenal like the reality of the situation is just it's magic it's real you know kind of a true form of magic and yet it's all logical it's all understandable and it doesn't it's just nothing is more fun than kind of um you know being true to yourself or being creative and and feeding off like what you feel is happening in, in uh, your life in the world and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, it's the journey, it's right? About you're not thinking about kind of metaphysical existential ideas. You're thinking about reality, like what you are truly a part of, what is actually truly going on as best as we understand it today, which is in some ways kind of still baby steps, you know? Yeah. Like thinking that you're part of this whole, you know, and that's why you think why you think and why you do what you do and why life feels like it does. And it's, uh, I don't know, it just it's all incredibly inspiring stuff and you just want to to maximize on your opportunities like you know well, if you time. feel like you're creative and you've got these ideas then you feel duty bound honor bound to your genetics to your the, the history and the dna and the history of life on earth and culturally and to your parents and to your nuclear family and to your friends and to life and everything you know it's like just the world is pretty exciting and you want to do your best with the opportunities given yeah it's a, it's it's all inspiring conscious about it too you know have fun with it like you say have fun with it because yeah. ultimately that's seems to be the most rewarding thing is and 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 you know and generally a positive thing yeah yeah you know the thing i wanted to ease i also talk about is i think that um one day i was just sitting there and i was like well fucking hell like otomo did it and uh Frank Miller did it, and I was, cause I was just looking at my shelf, and I was like, oh yeah, Mignola did it with Hellboy, and I was like, at one point these guys decided to go like, okay, I'm not just a fan anymore, I love this stuff, but I want to make my own stuff, and then, yeah. you know, but the, what I'm saying here is there's going to be a journey that you're going to find with this thing, right? you're going to go f deep, deep inside yourself, like you're going to pull all this stuff out. And you're going to explore and you're going to become somebody else from it and hopefully somebody better. Like what I'm saying now is you're going to think like your ideas and your actions on this now will change throughout the, the journey, right? And by the time you reach whatever destination that you're aiming for, um, you'll be different because you did it, you know? And it's to me, that's that's what it's, that's what it's about. It's about like putting yourself... Changing through the work. Like... Yeah. Can you imagine doing uh, Akira? Can you imagine making that? Like, Fuck no, that's so far beyond anything I'm ever going to be involved with or do in my <laughs> And that's okay because, I mean, you know. Could shit. you say that because you probably will? That's what it's cool. Like you, by you saying that, you probably will be a part of that and you probably will make it if you decide to, you know? Something like Akira? Nah. Why not? Like Akira, that's only. Well, it's the... its own thing. Like, it's, you can't yeah, compare it's like it, you know? Yeah, thousand page fucking graphic novel it's 2000 pages or 2000 page graphic yeah. novel yeah let me get the exact thing but yeah it's funny how and, we can uh, geek and out like all that. the art and the design like i was chatting to um when i was with uh doing when mad max was first kicking off richard got me and christian together and said uh you know christian was like fuck i think this might be mad max bro and uh <laughs> he said like i've got a fun job for you guys because he knew we were both two huge car fans and mad max fans he's like and Christian was like, is it Mad Max 4? Richard was like, yep, you're going to Sydney next weekend or this weekend um, to, to chat with George Miller. So we're like, fuck yeah. That's awesome, man. And and, uh, and while we were over there, um, it turns out that they were also working on, I don't think this is top secret, so I can talk about this or whatever, but they were working on a, an anime. It was going to be an anime at the same time as the as the film. Oh, dude, I'm so excited uh, for that. And I think that, I'm pretty sure that was that public knowledge, so I think I can talk 
No, I'm not giving away any details or anything, but basically, I, I heard that. Um, so it's okay. Maida, who did uh, Second Renaissance, he's a Fudge Studio 4C director. Um, he was doing the doing the um, the anime, so he was over there, and it was awesome because he was, you know, the drawings he was doing was doing was, you know, just the things you'd imagine someone like Atomo Shiro doing, like just these loose sketches and quick, but the line work and that is just, it's so it's such a product of the study that they put into the certain style of, style of things like yeah. the, the way look uh the way they use line and the way they draw a face and and everything and, it, and it's when you you know when you're a master of it you can just draw anything like those guys could when, and he was drawing these phenomenal drawings and we were talking with him and uh it's funny because uh, george miller said oh he doesn't know any english i've talked to his interpreter and so i figured <laughs> he didn't know any english and it turns out in the last day i was over there that no he, he knew english he could, we could talk to him Fucking like, oh, damn, damn it, it. <laughs> so yeah, that, with him that's and, the blue submarine and, guy yeah and we were asking about you know about in the industry and that and did he know like a tomo and he said yeah i've worked with a tomo and, and he said oh his son is better and we're yeah, like that is that is literally impossible yeah. that isn't possible and so for long i like i used to constantly search for katsuhiro otomo's son and couldn't find anything and of course recently his work has come out and it's fucking awesome but hey he ain't better than his old man <laughs> he's <laughs> it's a different kind of thing it's yeah, like, i think it it's different yeah it's just that fucking cataclysmic nuclear phenomenon like otomo katsuhiro and yeah. uh but and, and i was asking him like i you know i i heard that he had some people helping him like not necessarily a studio, but he had a team of people who helped maybe ink or do stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, he, he you know, they, for Akira, he had uh, obviously some people helping with the actual production of the, of the, of the manga. And I said, oh, so someone, someone inked all those building windows and that in the background. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Atomo did those. No one could do it as good as him. <laughs> <laughs> you think that they would have they would be helping him with the hardest part from our perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> no, they just hadn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. This boss, he's such a boss. Uh, I'm not going to do anything like that, but that's not to say that you're not going to do anything. You know? No, yeah, yeah, I think... That, that, that's, that, that's, that, that's We're talking about the bell curve, and that's as far to the extreme as I can imagine. Like, I don't think... I don't know of anything as impressive as a singular entity that a human has created as Akira, because it's the story, it's the art, it's everything. It's... He also directed the film and storyboarded it, and it, this shit is phenomenal. It is still relevant today, and oh, it's, oh man, it, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to tell you about it, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a fan. I think, yeah. um, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, there's so many things. What I'm, what I want to go back on and tell you though is, I think that you might find through you doing things like by making your book, you might find yourself caught in the world, the the black hole, you know. Uh, the black hole of creating your own world you know that's what i'm encouraging you to do because it's... oh man i've got i've got no shortage of ideas and things that i'd like to get into and to make um i've never i've always been thinking about short films and films and animations and ideas like just thousands of them and there you go it's sometimes it's sometimes it's a bit rough to think about all the ones that you know you know you're never going to do like you just know from your history you just like 90 percent of your ideas are just going to be just be that just be ideas yeah and the world is full of lazy people with great ideas. So you're going to have to fucking do what you can to, to make some of them happen. What are the most important ones? What are the ones that you think you could do now? And I think I've always, I've always thought of that. I've always like been thinking, how can I achieve something in the short term? Like what is, how do I get there? How do I get to that? Okay, I'll do this music video, but it's going to be one that I know I can do and, and then do it. Um, these little steps, I guess, but I've always had the big idea as well. Like the big ideas, the, the things that take, that are going to take a lot more effort 
you know, things like short films. Like, I don't even have the, a clue to how to direct people or production or anything like that. That's just ridiculous, you know? <laughs> yeah. My experience with film is there's such formidable things, and that's not necessarily how I think. It's, I, have, I have some ideas that I think are, you know, film scripts and screenplays and ideas and stuff, but the reality of being the director for the whole whole deal, fuck, man, that's a pretty... That's a pretty huge thing, and you need a lot of experience. Otherwise, you know, otherwise yeah. you fall flat on your ass. <laughs> yeah. but, the, but I guess the way I want to get into it, the, the things that I think I have to offer the most, are the kind of slice of life things, like Keloid, but with a little more story and a little more of a resolution to an idea, um, yeah. and, and contained within the thing, not just not necessarily that much of a teaser, a little bit less of a teaser. Well, Keloid's just a slice, you know. It's not. Yeah, it's not... and the next one too, you get a little bit more. Yeah, um, but they're but just I trying to pitch the idea of that world. One of the know. things I've seen that really sums it up to some extent is the StarCraft Two trailer, where the the sort of the the prisoner is getting welded into his mech suit. Yeah, yeah. You see that you see from start to finish. You see from the guy walking in, and you're like, "What's going on?" To the end, where you're like, "This good dude's going to battle." Like you, and you just get shown it in this incredible way. You see him get welded. Yeah, that that trailer is crazy. Thing. Fucking that blizzard. Is, that is exactly the kind of thing that I've always been thinking about. Where you see. A creature like a like a uh, one of my martial arts type self-evolved nano creature things, and you see it do something, and it, and you just understand its world to some extent. So you don't see the whole, you don't see a massive story arc or anything, but you see it, and you see it interact with its world, and you get it. That's yeah. the kind of thing where I'd like to do. I'd like to to show just these succinct ideas that are as far pushed as I can as I make them. You know, like if it's going to be battle between robots and it's going to be pushed as far as i can imagine it you know like not necessarily as far in terms of time frame and technology but as far as maximizing whatever it is you decide upon it but it's going sure. to be short-term future and piston driven hydraulics and and sort of like early synthetic muscle raytheon and and modern darpa military hardware at war versus like full-blown nano-engineered you know in control of physics to the next degree kind of military hardware or, or robotics like it doesn't matter where it operates as long as you are maximizing whatever it is you're playing with. You show it in a certain light that people go, fuck yeah, I never thought of that. Or that's a, that's that's how it would be, you know? Yeah, well, that's why I think people get out of your work too, is I think they think it's it's close. It's, it's within reason. Same with Vitalis too, I think too. It's like, yeah, it's so well. Because people have only seen a drawing and I know from talking to people that people don't get what it is that I'm trying to get across from just the drawing. I know it from working with directors and working with other people that, you submit a drawing and you maybe you try and write some stuff but they just they put their own projections onto it onto how it would move and that sort of thing and and you're like no 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 it could be like this like you know like really trying to go to the next level and and the, the people don't get it or they they're not interested in it or whatever scared off by it or whatever but i'd like <laughs> i'd like to try and see whether how people respond to because people seem to respond to the to the still image but they aren't getting the whole picture not even a fraction of the whole picture i'd love to see what people think or how well it goes down uh, if you get to show people like just what you're thinking these things are capable of yeah. military hardware and, and future synthetic fucking nano-engineered bullshit you know well do sure do shiro justice and make it yeah man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the world is still the western cinema world is still so ripe for oh, a dude. ghost in the shell or apple seed type oh, like wire tail in the future where you've got cybernetics and you know, you've got your yeah, cyberpunk shit going on, and it's just, it's, you know, the, like the apple seed stuff, the future utopia, but you still get your fucking badass criminals. And in this future world, they just have so much more power. And how does that influence the world? And how do you fight against that? And yeah, 
That's no, exciting. I, I think it's an unknown. I think those franchises are unmakeable. Same with Akira for film. Um, to mm -hmm. to be, I mean, it's like it's like you know when. Why would you want to bother? Yeah, exactly. Why would you want to? Yeah, exactly. Be nailed. The same as that. You you just do something that's the same kind of world inspired by Akira. I'd love to see that inspired by Akira, yeah. but not Akira. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's kind of where Lost Boy comes from. I think for me, it's like my subconscious like fandom. Yeah, and, and Oedo. Yeah. Man, that shit is badass. Bro. Oh yeah, Cyber City Oedo. Gogol, Gogol. Yeah, fucking Gogol. Why you shove it up your ass? Like the, yeah. the, the fucking the the swearing. What we're talking about here on the podcast is a uh, is an anime by one of my favorite uh, anime directors, uh, Kawajiri. And he did Ninja Scroll and a bunch of other ones, but he also did this one that like nobody knows of in the states. Was nah, fucking I didn't know weird. about it, bro. I'm so know he knows it in Australia too, huh? I mean, like no, like, everybody I've talked to about this, nobody's seen it, which blows my mind because it's so fucking cool. Australia. Sorry, New Zealand. Ah, you, you, you bastard. <laughs> you bloody you Canadians are all alike. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You can't insult me with my national pride. I'm not. It's not a big deal to me. <laughs> it's just a chunk. It's just a chunk of land, really. <laughs> I'm not attached yeah, to it. Yeah, we're on an island, bro. It's different. It's different if you're an island. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, growing up in Hawaii, it's a little bit different, but yeah. I mean, so is Australia, so. But I mean, um, I've, I'm, what I'm talking about, too, is I have a friend, uh, Ben. Ben Last, he's from Australia, and, he, and um, he didn't know about it either. So, boom, redemption. I redeemed myself. Oh, there, there. you go, man. You're off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. totally insulted no, it, it the whole awesome, nation. I, I've been loving it. I, I've seen all three now. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. You, you like they, they don't make projects like that really anymore that and like running man too like running man not the arnold film that's crap but um it's crap in a fun way it's like campy and silly yeah, yeah. but um no the uh running man the anime is just that's a masterpiece like if i have some goals in my on my bucket list and one of them is to make like a 10 minute anime or something like that would be amazing yeah man fuck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, and it sounds like you have similar aspirations too right like, oh yeah yeah man slice of life stuff i've never really thought in terms of like dialogue and characters and and love stories or anything like that but i have sure as hell thought about sequences and action and how things can interplay and the, how you know it's something that people haven't seen and and would i, I would hope would like to see like, I'd, I'd like to see it i want to see it you know that's it right i, I mean... want to see the future and i want to see just a, just a bite of it you know yeah and i want to see just enough to get you really to understand it to grasp it and yet not you're not watching a whole film about it you don't need to you're just watching that's fine this one element this i call it it's slice of life it's a slice of life yeah. a slice of life that isn't real but you've kind of tried to inject reality into it yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, I think. And I think what makes a great director is a, is a guy that's tenacious and relentless. That's a Coppola and, uh, you know, like George Lucas and all those guys. Like, they yeah. just, they just, and, then, and when you Cameron. go see their movies, uh, yeah, and Cameron and uh, fucking um, Christopher Nolan, like, when you go see yeah. those movies, you're just going to see their world, you know? And that's all it is, really. It's like about being immersed in their world. And, and I, and then when I saw Keloid, I literally lost my shit. Like, I was like, holy fuck, because A, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan of your work before knowing you and talking to you. And, and then, and then seeing your work move in that world with the beat and the rhythm and the editing and the script and just, I was like, dude, like, are you going to love the next one, bro? <laughs> oh my God. Like, but what's crazy is like, I never see projects like that. Like really like at that, that because it's nerdy, right? It's like nerd porn yeah. stuff. 
and and I freak out because I love movies like Fargo, but they don't give me like you know the nerd porn aspect, you know. Yeah. But then I well, watch that's like the, a... that's the anime, man. That's it's that's why anime for everyone I know, really. I mean, anime is it. Like for science fiction fans, anime is is it. You know, like well, you can hope stuff, for. Yeah. You know, but you're so let down so often because of the realities of making a live action science it's fiction so hard, film. Yeah. Budgets involved, uh, and they just they just uh you know are rich shit sometimes <laughs> and uh, but but anime holy shit man like yeah. the evangelion rebuilds and things like the old school classics like ghost in the shell and akira um, yeah it's just phenomenal perfect well, I had, I, when i was watched it in keloid i had that nerdy moment i had when i first saw um the bike sequence in akira that's how powerful it was for me yeah, so i was, I was yeah. like motherfuck like so yeah definitely you should you know like work with jj and come up with some cool stuff mm-hmm. i think for sure that um the people would respond and, and want to support you what you're doing and, and creating these worlds and slices of life like you're saying and making books you know the processing of them and stuff people would love that i think the the business technology and technology and just i mean i mean just the way we we exchange um uh, money and currency nowadays and ideas it's totally different you got things like kickstarter yeah. and stuff like that i mean we yeah you literally can sounds stuff. fun like i i i think that uh, a lot of things like trying to get funding for a project uh in the in the past has been uh, very tricky for these little little projects that aren't they don't have a direct monetary spin-off yep. you know you, you're not putting it out for distribution and in film into the film world and getting your money through that or through dvd or anything like that uh, it's but to me it seems like to make the most sense to get the money up front as long as you're going to actually obviously you know do do it that's <laughs> been a problem perfect. too lately yeah but, people but like the, the you know kickstarter and things like it seem perfect because you you get the money up front, so then you can do it, as opposed to having to trying to um, market yourself and, and get the money and, and like independently, and then have to to pay it back. You know, like a lot of the projects and that I'm thinking about, I I'm, I struggle to think of how they could recoup the money that would need to be invested into it to develop it, if if it wasn't part of say the Hollywood machine or a, as a film. Yeah, um, if it was a slice of life. Like, how do you get your money back? Do people pay to see it, or they'll just torrent it? But if you just uh, I think if people you get pay the for it up front by the crowdsourcing thing because yeah. I, I would uh, I, I have to say I, I don't follow Kickstarter or what's on there and I haven't pledged any money to anything um, I've pledged some money to like uh, the kind of lobby groups like Avaz or whatever it is A V A A Z I don't know um, what that is it's like a, a, a lobby group where they you know they you, you get to just pitch in for like um, changing changing the world in some fashion like something That's you believe cool. in. Cool. Um, like lo- like like you are funding a lobby group basically mm. um, to go there and like fight for the like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they need the money to be able to run this 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 campaign or something to that's awesome stop pesticides and from harming bees or what you know whatever it is yeah uh, i've done that a bit but i haven't really looked at kickstarter but it seems like that would be perfect like i would love to be able to go someone here's someone i whose work i know or whatever and they they're asking for you know 10 bucks from from people or whatever to reach this funding goal and then, then they're going to create this fucking badass thing like yep. i would i would like for people i know like larry greer christian pierce and Stuart thomas and they should do it too adam Tom, adam anderson sorry um like the, the guys i know who have their own thing they have their own um world in their head i would love to be able to just go yeah man fuck yeah i'll give you 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever and and then they could get the funding needed it seems like the ideal solution to to these kinds of things where you're not 
you know, you're not you're in the netherworld. You're not like a not happy or, or or you're not being best utilized as just purely a concept designer or someone who produces art with someone someone else. You have your own stuff inside you, but at the same time, to make a living from that is tough. Yeah. If you, if you could uh, use crowdsourcing and and that to be able to get the funds you needed to develop your project, then that seems ideal. You know, because it's yeah. just a little bit from a lot of people. And, yeah. yeah. Well, if you think about if like a company will pay you to do what you do for your services, then for sure the public will pay you as well if you just market it right. If you yeah, it right, yeah, you know. it's been a little realization I've been thinking about lately. It seems like the the I've got more of a name for my personal work than I have for the stuff I've done for film. I mean, apart from until Elysium came out, uh, it does seem like uh, well, why don't I just do my stuff then? You know, and fuck a job. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is a job. You know. Yeah. Because then you you know if you if you're taking people's money then you gotta you know obviously pay them back by doing the product that you promised you know, my buddy yeah. Anthony Jones uh, he's a really talented artist one of the sweetest guys I know is he he did the the Kickstarter thing and he originally needed eight thousand dollars to cover the publishing costs um, and then um, I think he reached fifty eight thousand dollars, and he needed what what did he need? He only needed eight grand. Oh shit! So there you go you know so. Um, and but his book looks great i'll send you a link to it and uh, i i pledged for it as well you know like and there's also been like things like the oculus riff have you heard about that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know that's a that's a kickstarter like that uh, that ad that that fake ad that's on produced was pretty funny yeah yeah yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, it's getting your name out there, you know, like, and making it because the more eyes that see it, the more people that get to experience yeah. it, the more people that want it, you know. And yeah, I and, mean, it's uh, like all these books that you know you put them onto, like the the um, the um, manage day to day. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And the, and the Arnold book and stuff like that, like, yeah, you know, you make this shit happen, man. Yeah, yeah it's just a matter of. I've always had I've always it. had a lot of goals and a voice. Um, you know, kind of been quite pleased that I've managed to achieve what the things that I've set out to do. Well, but um, it seems like the next step is going to, is a whole new ball game. It's like it's much bigger. It's much uh, harder to just go and do your own stuff. Like I'm not too sure how to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it doesn't have to be the giant step at the first. It can just be something like developing a book and and yeah. seeing how it plays out, and then maybe seeing if you can get some funds together and work with BLR in Spain, which would be awesome because then I could catch up with my mate um john dix john diaz Sweet. who's uh just this phenomenal fucking tattoo talent his stuff john dix j-o-n-d-i-x oh yeah 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 who inspired yeah. like a lot of his stuff inspired some of the the elysium's kind of tattoo world kind of stuff right or no uh no i found out about his stuff later um the the elysium stuff was just the gang tattoo stuff and then hexagons and <laughs> skulls like <laughs> which is like um was it the what's the mexican gang uh, like Mara Sepultura? No, the the gang that's out there in Mexico, <clears throat> like the something sixteen or something thirteen. MS thirteen. MS thirteen. That's yeah. yeah. yeah that's Did you Mara watch documentaries Mara on that? Mara Sepultura. I think there's something like that. I don't know. Um, I'm not too sure on the pronunciation, but yeah, yeah, they have the hardcore facial tattoos and everything. Yeah, I mean that's that's what Neil wanted. He wanted like that kind of hardcore Latino gang uh, in the future, um, and it was in LA. It was fucking fun, man. That was rad. That yeah. was so much fun to, to do tattoo designs for because it was all, you know, just use a fucking hexagon, bro, if you want to make it look from the future. <laughs> I'm looking at your looking at your logo on Skype right now. It's a hexagon. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you're fucking sci-fi as fuck, bro. I can, I can tell. 
<laughs> you can't be the hexagon man. It's like the dirty little secret. Or not even a secret. It's, it's no reality. Yeah. You want to make shit look like it's from the future? Like, like Yoji Shinkawa designed it? Fucking slap a hexagon on it. You know? <laughs> it's because it's got that future language to it, huh? <laughs> well, it makes so much sense. Like, you can't stack things like you can with a hexagon. Like, to have surface area. Like, a square? Boring. It's just a checker pattern. That works only because everyone is sick of hexagons. But, you know, if you want to stack things together like a shape and repeat it and have it all locked together, you've got a triangle and a square and a hexagon. And yeah. hexagon just has more sides and it's just more pleasing to look at when it's, you know, produced as a pattern. Yeah. And, and, and when it's just used as a, as a styling emblem, like for part lines and stuff like Yoji Shinkawa and Ghost and, uh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid, it just, the shit just looks fantastic, man. It looks futuristic. Yeah. Look. Metal Gear Solid, dude. I... I have a love-hate relationship with Metal Gear Solid. Same. Because, yeah. uh, like, I love it. It fucking... I've only played one, the most recent one, the Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, I think it was. The, um, Metal Gear Solid 4. Guns of the Patriots, I think it was called. Uh, which was fucking awesome. And I tried to play an earlier one and just got frustrated at the sword-fighting level. I was just like, this fuck, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm not much of a game player these days. but um, Same. But, uh, but the design, Yoji Shinkawa stuff, is like is awesome a love-hate relationship because it's the same thing it's like a, it's like uh you know shiro it's like shiro but it's more modern um and it's i like you know i think that the reason why you know my stuff looks like metal gear solid i get that all the time people say oh it's pretty metal gear solid I'm like, yep it is um, not because <laughs> i was just i was drawing this shit before i even knew about metal gear solid yeah uh, it's just convergence it's like it's the same the same influences the same world you talk anytime you're talking about anatomy inspired black stealth military hardware <laughs> and muscle armor like kind of synthetic kind of musculature and you know like that's where the anatomy part of it comes into it like you're, you're talking about metal gear solid <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly. so this love-hate relationship where i love it because i think it's the high watermark in that terms in that world and far as design but i hate it because i wish it didn't exist because then i could just do what i want to do and not have it <laughs> look like i do a drawing i'm like yeah Ah oh, fuck! <laughs> they, beat you, they beat you to it, yeah. On some of it, but you know, it's it's different. You you bring a different thing to it, and you're getting. That's what I'm saying too about you doing your book because you're gonna find yourself in a different way too. I think through doing it, and you're gonna because you're gonna do repetitions. You know, like you're gonna yeah. be like, oh, like I can't use that pose anymore because I used it on the other one. If people are going through this book, they're gonna get tired of it. So I need to. F you like... mean people get tired of a robot holding a gun? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't, please don't tell me that. It's, it's true. I don't, I don't, actually, I don't actually, <laughs> actually, I don't think they do actually because nah. it, it's been tried. I love, and... I love a robot holding a gun because essentially it's like a weapon design, and then you get to see just a bit of a robot. The fun stuff you get to see the head and an arm. <laughs> and so for me, it's like it, it's the, it's like win win. Like I get to do a gun design, and I love designing guns because. You just learn more and then you think, oh, what about if you had a rail accelerator, you could have liquid cooled, what would the barrel look like and the length and the shot, you know. And on it goes through the tech and stuff and you get to draw something that you think kind of embodies some new level of fucking hardware. What's but um, it's held by a robot and you can just do, you're not drawing the whole body, you know, it's like it's in a cool pose and yeah. It's so violent, it's so violent. Oh, it could be shooting at, um, oh, you know, it could be shooting at... Uh, like a target, you know, it doesn't have to be a, uh, doesn't have to be a person. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shooting at target. This I know, what, a, I know what you're know. up to, sir. <laughs> uh, I mean, once, once, you know, once uh, robots are allowed in the Olympics, bro, good luck, man. 
Why you better than us? <laughs> yeah, well, that'll no be a whole different thing. Do you remember hey, that we, show? We, I think we it was just want them to fight to the death. Come on. It's <laughs> not even death. We would just want them to fight till they crash or they need to be rebooted or they have a, like a memory leak. Do you remember that show? I think it was on Discovery Channel. I don't know if you guys had it, but it was like Robot Wars or something. Where they had to have like cages. The real one where they made the little guys and yeah, basically yeah. the ultimate was something that just scooted under you and flipped you over. Yeah, yeah, that was always yeah. the one. Yeah, it was yeah. the thing that scooted and flipped you over. Yeah. People it's like these it. rules that you need to be bipedal, you know? Yeah. Robot <laughs> 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 was, but you have to stay bipedal because, you know, it's cool and it's impressive that you have this like tray that you just use to scoot and flip people over. But I want to see a dude with a flamethrower kind of walk towards another robot and his, he's got like a a jackhammer arm or something <laughs> well some guys did that they designed those you know but then they quickly yeah, yeah, but yeah. the, the but they just get smashed by the little trolley that goes under it yeah exactly yeah so yeah <laughs> you have seen it then <laughs> yeah, yeah. So i've seen a little bit i haven't seen the whole episode or anything but I, I, i've seen enough to get uh, you know a bit of an idea perhaps, yeah. <laughs> i kind of want to revisit those just to watch them and and check them out and stuff yeah. But it's fun to think about like what it's going to mean in the future when you have, you know, it's, it's such a, like so many of the things that I like and I'm interested in and want to do have existed for so long in science fiction novels, like, uh, you know, the work of Peter F. Hamilton and, and um, Greg Berry and, um, and my favorites, like, you know, like Peter F. Hamilton, the guy's fucking awesome. And Ian e. Banks, I'm just going to have to take a swig now in his name. <laughs> well, Jacob uh, was telling me, uh, I was asking him <laughs> some of his favorite books. He said, um, The First and Last Man, have you read that one? First and last men. The last and first men, I think that's oh, what he Because no. uh, Jacob likes this kind of stuff too, which is yeah. probably why you guys are mates. Um, but like he, uh, I don't know. It's, he says it's a really amazing sci-fi that has like a bunch of really great depth of stuff. I like to have ask. You any, um, have you read any Peter Hamilton? No, I haven't. Good. He, he, him, and uh, Richard K. Morgan. Who did the? He did the, uh, the altered uh, carbon. Series. carbon okay 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 they, I, I... They're, they're kind of like to me they're the kind of the best hard sci-fi that i've read and i haven't read a lot so i don't you know it's only my opinion um but i i just think that peter hamilton and richard k morgan those guys just write the best modern hard sci-fi where they are taking especially peter hamilton where he's taking you know what he understands and has learned about where science and culture and humanity is heading and just pushed forward and and made it as sort of quote unquote realistic as he can and what comes across as as a realistic um, depiction of the future. And it's, it's some of it's just fucking amazing, man. Like his I have it on my shelf, I'm looking at it. Battle sequences, his space opera. Like a lot like it's uh for me it's I love thinking about it, like how could you make it into a film? Um like thinking about June. Like for me June I'd love to try and make June as a film. Yeah, Jodorowsky like, did so too. Hard, man. <laughs> Uh, it's like big. how to show how to show the mental side of things, yeah. the, inner, the inner workings and the power at work beneath the purely physical, like, without doing voiceover and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. that's what makes that movie so. That's what makes yeah. that book. I mean, sorry, the book so powerful is because well, the first one. Hey, I think it was pretty kind of a downhill slope ever since the first book. Um, yeah, the first three, the first one's fucking awesome one of the most influential books I've ever read and I read it I read it when I was 12 my uncle gave the first three books to yeah, me it's about the time I read it too Interesting. and it was just fucking awesome man yeah, and then yeah. the second and third book are great too and especially the end of the third book where Leto puts on his uh, sandworm like kind of um, sand trout armor and becomes like superhuman like to me like I've always always loved the idea of the superhuman of whether it's 
something you wear like an exoskeleton or it's interfaced with you like a nano techno uh, exoskeleton that sort of interfaces with your body or whether it's augmenting your body or whether it's you know That's any UK, idea that in terms about like like kind of developing and maximizing you know yourself into like of a into some super entity like leto and and uh and um, the children of june where he puts on that sand trout skin and becomes like just a god basically he, he can just run through walls and and dig through the sand and just withstand incredible punishment and he, it's just basically he's nano engineered to fuck and he's super badass like i've always loved that idea <laughs> but then you have this omnipotent being though you know I haven't. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. remember. It's been it's, a long time. It's, it's, like, don't get me wrong. The books are a formidable achievement, but they just get fucking boring <laughs> uh, after the third book, and even this, even parts of the second and third book, because it goes so heavily into philosophy, religion, and politics. Yeah. And yeah. those three subjects that I do not really care about that yeah. much. And stuff. Yeah. And then when it was interesting to me is science and and futurism and thinking like that, like like religion. Wham, and uh, politics. <laughs> well, how come you don't uh, want to spend time on that? And uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and philosophy, which you know is good to up to a point, and then a total fucking waste of time after, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, compared to science, you know, like compared to reality and 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 technology and development and creativity in that in that sense, you know, like, and I guess that those books had had too much of that shit going on, and they were all about the Bene Gesserit, who were cold, unfeeling, um, kind of you know, cold unfeeling entities basically. So it's not terribly interesting. And there were a couple of cool characters like, um, is it Teague? Miles Teague? Um, and he was, he was pretty badass, especially when he started to move faster than the human eye could track. And yeah, that was pretty cool. There is. Yeah. He, when, when he, when he delivers, he fucking delivers Frank Herbert, but oh man, those books, hey, fuck, they were hard to get to the end of the six that he wrote. <laughs> yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think I got through a couple of them and then I was like, you know, I was a young kid, and I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I, mean, I, read, I read the first five, like four and a half when I was a kid. And oh, I don't, okay. I, I'm surprised I got that far. Yeah, <laughs> as a, yeah, I read them as an adult, or listen to the audiobooks, I'm like, Jesus, I did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think our attention spans, too, are, are diminishing, too, just because of how fast things are. Just I don't know if you noticed first that. Book, the first book had such a wealth of ideas and, and realities and situations and they even though the books became more convoluted after that they became smaller in scope because they were they were bigger but they were still smaller they were all about the Bene Gesserit basically yeah. about yeah. and about Leto God Emperor and all about sort of like where humanity was going as a whole whereas the first book was the, humanity felt much bigger than something that could be summed up in one movement you know, even though yeah. it became that way at the end of the first book, it was still there were the Bene Gesserit, there were the the um, the um, the um, the um, what do you call them? The mind, the, the dudes who became who became the computers. Um, the I forget uh, the name. I mean, you're yeah. saying Bene Gesserit. I now I'm yeah, like remembering that. Yeah, it was the Bene Gesserit. different houses, and there were the um, the Mintex. Mintex, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah, everything. It's been a long time. It's bringing yeah. back all the memories. Imperial house. It was. It felt like a much bigger and more dynamic world. And yet, when he went bigger, the world felt smaller because it felt like just one direction that was traveling in. I don't know. So it, I think it just it happened wasn't... to George too with Star Wars. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I think then that's what I'm going back to. Is like it's just about having fun. Like it's just about making shit. Like you know, like don't get held up on those things. Like there's certain things like if you just follow that pattern. Of, say. <laughs> what's that? It, 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 some people just seem to get a bit indulgent. It certainly seems to work for some directors 
when they are definitely hamstrung by restrictions and they have to answer to someone to some extent. Um, you know, like I've experienced directors and you've seen it with George Lucas where they just are allowed to do anything they want and it's just weakened by the fact that they can do anything they want and yeah. change things and, and everything's in front of a green screen and, you know, like it's all about chase sequences and, and one-upping yourself, you know? Yeah. Whereas, you know, that's just not, <laughs> it's not necessarily good filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, exactly. There's, that's, there's different experiences with all that and there's lots of things to think about. I was having a, I got a I got a bike and I've been riding a lot and um, when I ride I get like a weird stream of consciousness and I was thinking the other day like why it takes so much pain to make these things like not pain but it's like good pain right like I think like because most film that I love that I know of that I study like it wasn't easy to make it and yeah. I, I and I think there, well, there's when you just get an insight into the industry it's like what a fucking machine oh yeah yeah it's absolutely crazy how like anything gets made really and when it does but then what i was thinking about i was like why is it such a painful experience you know like i was trying to really think about like why why is that you know like why can't it be easier and i think that it's not like i don't think i don't think and i think it's in with anything in life and you'll understand that because you did martial arts but you understand that um not everything everything like it's it makes me think about like why with us as humans like and then it makes me think like is it because we're like stupid creatures and we need to like i think it's just like finding it's it's a balance point like you're just naturally inclined to want to to scrape by sometimes you know to do the not the bare minimum but to like not you know when you get a chance to rest you can in today's life would you can you can rest you know it isn't that life and death is that why arnold guys like arnold are so special you're fighting against like the 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 inertia of, of the human mind i guess yeah is that why we like guys like arnold are so special you think yeah yeah because yeah. because he's i mean all it is really is he decided to say yes and when, when most people would say no and he and just kept going what i want to make sure that um we make kind of like a, an agreement here is that you're going to go and make your book and we're going to have you back on the podcast and it's going to be we're going to talk about it and and uh and i'll hold a promise to you as well i'm gonna make my book oh, man i might be on the, the book might take a while bro it's okay. <laughs> okay dude you know big things have small beginnings it's okay you know like i don't know if the book will be that big i think i'd just like to put something out there like not a, it's not a huge sort of like you know anything too epic it's uh it's just sort of a summation of the work i've been doing up till now and then some extra shit yeah and, what, yeah. What, and whatever i produce from now on i can keep uh off the internet and uh, uh you know, put it edit to the book so it's got more of an appeal to, you know, to people. Plus, there's a whole lot of writing to be done about the nerdy shit. Yeah. Because um, you know, if you put it in a book, then you get you got to hopefully, potentially, in some respects, you've got a captive audience. People who buy the book might risk reading some of the bullshit that you write, and <laughs> in which case, you get to like spout some of the nonsense that most people kind of start to get a bit glassy-eyed when you talk to them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this and that, and fucking nanotechnology is this. And yeah. <laughs> but that's, that, that's what... Actually, that's plenty, that's plenty of the car stuff that people go all glassy-eyed over. <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, not every, you know, it's proof is in the pudding with, like, entertainment now. People are, like, more content and happy with just, like, you know, sitting in a theater and just kind of being force fed and spoon fed you know entertainment basically and myself included i have guilty pleasures hollywood yeah yeah and and i'm not saying i'm not that type of person either i mean for the most part i try to to jump outside of that but um 
just be cautious of that. But for the most part, I think um, as long as it's not that that's not your all, you know, that's not not film for you. There's nothing wrong with watching a good old fashioned blockbuster. Yeah, of course. Corn, popcorn muncher, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it is what it is, and, and understanding that. But yeah, I don't know. But what we will do is we'll we'll have we'll you come back on we'll chat about it too we were we were going to time this so that keloid came out but i i didn't want i didn't want to wait just wanted to have talk with you anyway so well keloid keloid um will is coming out on the 30th uh, yeah. which is four days away so um, i don't know how long it takes you to prep the shit to go online but um do around that same time yeah well i think um it doesn't take we usually post them every monday so i'll probably put this one out on monday um, oh, there you go. That's that's the thirtieth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We can always. I mean, dude, there's so much time, and we'll always have. We can talk and chat about it, and kind of like. Yeah, man, I've, I've really enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun. It's been it's I, been cool. I feel bad for people that are listening that really wanted to hear more about like Elysium and stuff, and I apologize if there's something that um you wanted to kind of touch base on that with before we get off. Is there anything like from the movie stuff? Uh, um, fans of your work and stuff. I know, Elysium was fun because it was the first project project that I've worked on where I I got to really, um, I don't know. It was a good and a bad thing in some ways because uh, it was very much a lot of the subject matter we, we were asked to design by Neil because um, we got a very very loose description of the film at the start and then we started on certain specific things just to help get the ball rolling and and uh, and even reading the art of book I get an insight into how Neil works because it's. You don't get told these things when you're working on it. You just have this meeting, and next minute you just get these emails saying, um, you know, this character, this, you know, police robots. Yeah. And you join for a while, and then it'll be something else and something else. And you just don't hear. You, you sometimes you get feedback as to what is working, what isn't, and other times it'll just be the next thing, the next thing. And sometimes you're like, you want there's no feedback loop. There's no, you don't know what's working, what isn't, what what direction you want to be going, and and sometimes it's 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 hard. But um, Elysium was great because, of, you know, I got to, uh, there were so many, especially the robotics and stuff, the, the sci-fi sort of hardware and exoskeletons and weaponry and that sort of thing. I really, in vehicles and that's stuff. Your, that's your um, homage to yeah. the it's... Dune Dune nano suit thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, right? Isn't it? Like, we just talked about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've always been thinking about exoskeletons. Of course. Um, yeah, it's cool. I've always thought of that you know that they should interface with the bones, and I remember doing a lot of concepts for that for Halo, and um and then you know and Neil was digging that stuff. So yeah, and, and for people yeah. that don't understand or know that Neil was Neil Blumkamp was supposed to be the director of a, a video game franchise called Halo, and and yeah. this is what you're talking about, and then that fell through, and then yeah. Yeah. and then District Nine came from that. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. tell too in the design language and the feel of it too. And this, I could be wrong, but like you guys said that you guys are doing Neon Genesis, and then that fell through, and then right after went into um, District Nine, right? No, 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 no. Neon Genesis was a long, long time before long, long that. Long time ago, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's awesome remnants before. of that in in Greg's mind or something. I don't know. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a big manga, big manga styling. I think in in, in some of the work that Greg was doing. Yeah, so cool. Not I love it. Neon Genesis, but but um, but that kind of manga aesthetic in some things, and, and even just the manga aesthetic is merely sometimes it's called that just because it's different to the Western outlook. You know, like yeah, yeah. You know, robots have 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 limbs that taper to a point as to flare out. Like you know, you look at Gears of War and Warhammer and things like that. 
everything gets fatter to its extremities you know big fat feet and heavy legs and big (laughs) guns and arms whereas you look at the japanese and the anime style of things it's everything tapers to a point which to me makes a lot more sense and looks looks a lot more uh deadly and uh and able to move you know yeah yeah it's just a lot more functional Um, there's a lot of that going on in, in, in in district nine and that kind of thing that kind of aesthetic of I think the Japanese just nail that stuff, eh? like we were talking about before. Yeah. Understand the, the workings and the realities and, and look at things like insects and, and military <laughs> hardware and, and kind of develop it into an aesthetic that, that that has that look, that kind of lethal, paired back and insectile and biomechanical yeah. functionality. They pull muse from so many different places and yeah, and it and comes They take from, things further. They, they take, take things further. further, exactly, yeah. I love looking at the credits. I love looking at the credits of an anime film. And it's like mechanical designer, weapon designer, you know, like environment designer. Like they just got, excuse me, the, the talent in each realm and let them go to town. And, yeah. and it shows when you look at like the, the analysis of Ghost in the Shell, like that book you mentioned before, where you just see the drawings and, and they're literally just outlined. They're just ink drawings. They're just drawings. They're not beautifully rendered with three points of light and gleaming zbrush models of a weapon it's just literally a drawing and it shows all of the detail apart from the texture and the surface color which you don't you know the, the surface texture and specularity you don't need for an anime because it's going to be cell shaded it's yep it's um it's not driven by all that. the information's there and all it's, the, it's exactly amazing all information there, yeah 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 that's, it, that's fucking awesome it's yeah. so fucking good yeah i never i didn't I'm big on books and that's one book I didn't have. I didn't even realize about it. I didn't even know about it because yeah, you know, like until like the internet finding these things and then um yeah, I found it and I was like, Oh my god, gotta have this <laughs> And when yeah. I, I the recent one I just got that I think I sent a link to you to get was the the Cowboy Bebop one. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you have that? No, I don't have that, no. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah. So good. There's probably so many. I mean, there is. Traveled through Southeast Asia. I just want to go to Japan with yeah. like a thousand, yeah. two thousand bucks. Bookstores and and you're just like, ah, oh, all the <laughs> art books of Metal Gear Solid and all the anime and oh, those are the, great. The, the, the Studio Ghibli films and oh, yeah, yes, <laughs> we're such nerds. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think nerds only until a point that you understand like the the reality of the situation, like why that stuff is impressive, and because it is. Uh, real it's imagination and it's it's um it's it's an achievement it's 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 putting forth a an idea that you can grasp even though it's not necessarily real because it's influenced by reality or or not you know could be complete fantasy but as long as it's you can uh you know you can have fun with the idea in your head basically yeah it excites you yeah all this stuff it's well, less nerdy, but it's it's only nerdy in so much as that it's it takes a degree of creativity and in, inquisitive nature or curiosity and and intelligence to be able to sort of have fun with it yeah exactly and that's, that's what i'm saying have fun yeah <laughs> our life is you you're like yeah that's fucking rad yeah yeah, yeah. But as, as far as elysium goes that for me that was that project um um it's hard, hard to stay fixed on this fucking topic but yeah elysium was great elysium was fucking awesome robots and guns and 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 uh you know gangsters with fucking synthetic arms and shit like that fucking tattoos and stuff but fuck yeah big robots badass robots as kruger was going to be you know when he gets his face blown off in elysium and he gets rebuilt he was going to be have, have his fucking uh you know have his fucking brain put inside a a um, big robot and, and kick some ass and you know neil loves his big robots um, yeah. as do we all and yeah. he has he's got the enviable position of being able to make them a reality in, in big films and 
and he is he's done some badass shit with it too you know the the mech and elysium and uh, sorry mech and district nine yeah so and, cool. and, and 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 other projects you know like that is that is cool and it's fun to be able to involve, be involved with it you know it's, it's yeah fun. absolutely it's got to be an interesting fun ride too you know because of the experience that you get to be especially, uh, especially working at workshop where say you develop a gun you design a gun and it gets approved it goes <laughs> so crazy and then you get to actually wave the fucking thing around that's that so is crazy that is so cool i've yeah. got a i've got my favorite gun from avatar sitting on my desk at work the shotgun that's the, crazy. the car shotgun sitting on my on my desk i kind of i keep stealing it i keep pinching it off the wall uh, <laughs> where the where producers uh you know like a, an extra one for itself because all the stuff is owned by the studio and yeah it gets a copy and, and everything like that you know um, so we're to produce sort of an extra one um, surplus to requirements so that they have a, uh, a like memorabilia to put on the wall as a testament to the work produced there. And so the walls of workshop are like fucking lined with swords and and costume and armor and helmets and weaponry and Hobbit. big things and little things and Hobbit, di- <laughs> Hobbit underwears. Everything, man. It's, it's so fucking cool to look at and sometimes you forget and it's not until you like you, you take someone for a tour through like your mum you take your mum through on so a tour cool. and you realize just how much cool shit there is to look at hey eh? it becomes um wallpaper up to, you know past a point but uh it's pretty impressive so i've got a shot i've got it yeah and, and the avatar shotgun sitting on my on my desk which I'm, was always my favorite thing from that film that i did uh, one of them anyway. and uh so you yeah, did, you yeah did. at least it's great yeah, this thing was a lot of fun. It was it was probably the most fun project I've been involved with at my time in the industry, which is basically the time I've been at Weta. Um, because it is very much the kind of shit I would be drawing anyway. Yeah. You know, robots and guns and, and science fiction stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I really got to put a lot of the things I've been thinking about for a long time into it. Yeah. Um, and I definitely learned that you there's a point where you shouldn't get too involved with the work you're producing because it hurts when you're when you can't show it or you can't you, you you know you lose control of it you give it away basically and yeah. sometimes it's tough to give stuff away when it's just gone it's not going to be used it's just you know surplus to requirements and that's the reality of working in the industry yeah but there's, there's a learning curve that's that has to exist there when when for for someone like myself the reason i do what i do is because i feel like i've got something in me that i have like i want to show or or collaborate and 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 produce for someone help help something reach a higher level um the things that i'm interested in and, and when you just throw your ideas into a hole sometimes it's you know can be a bit rough yeah yeah it's a challenging thing i've fought that and had to deal with it a lot too it's just part mm-hmm. of it and that's that's what's driven me to make my own stuff really you know and there's a there's, yeah. just, there's only so much time it's, it's so know. rare that you actually work on a film that comes out too and you think that Oh, the film's out, so we should be able to show our work, right? And uh, you know, like that's sometimes that's just not the case. Yeah, um, and that's a tough thing to deal with. The film is out, the work has been seen. Other people can use your artwork, like they can produce an art of book, or that the advertising sort of arm of the studio can show as much shit as they want. But you, the artist who is responsible for creating it, you don't have any say over what you get to show. And sometimes decisions are made over your head and you it that can be pretty tough to deal with you're like why why can't it doesn't make any sense yeah, sometimes it yeah. doesn't make any sense and that's it's definitely a uh a factor that makes you think well you know how much how long you know how long can i do this yeah what's the shelf life of this thing yeah, yeah this experience yeah, yeah. Like, you feel like you're only really getting to show just a fraction of what you can do and 
even that sometimes is too much for the project. And so it seems like, well, fuck, man, it seems like your own shit is the way to go. Yeah. But how do you do there, of course, you know, how do you do that? I so think, maybe, book, you know, things like that. Yeah, your own yeah. entity, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, like there's like Todd McFarlane when he was like, he was doing comics and he was hustling really hard and he was making, he was doing Spider-Man and it was blowing up, but then he wanted to make his own shit. And then they were like, um, he was trying to infuse his own personality and, and ideas on on spider-man but they just wouldn't let him you know yeah and and then he was like fuck it and then he quit and then he made spawn you know and then yeah. you know then yeah. it's history from there you know but I, what i'm getting at is it's all choices you know it's like i'm not i'm not trying to say leave your job or nothing like that of course oh, not, no, you like, know. like 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 has been truly fantastic they and sound I'm, amazing yeah, like to, to work on projects like avatar and elysium huge huge projects and that's all a testament to the talent and um and to the like tenacity of people like Richard Taylor being able to secure that work and 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 everything and it has been incredible and I will forever treasure it and I I am I, I'm I love working there and yeah. I look to to much more work at Weta yeah but there is a reality there that like for me myself it feels like what I truly feel I have to offer is not going to be catered to by working on someone else's project yeah yeah and that's... I mean I, I have a dream of like working being able to be brought on a project as a as someone who can offer more than just a cool looking thing yeah uh, you know as someone who can perhaps uh, inform a, a sequence you know like if, with this character this this thing we've got in the film for example like you know the quintessential bad guy the big robot or whatever it is you know you can do more than just something that looks cool yeah. you can do something that helps influence how it interacts with the environment how is it super badass like what does it do and and you know audience goers will, could be blown away by this yeah. thing that moves in an unexpected way and transforms or does things is more advanced and more badass than they've ever, ever experienced before like that's what i'm interested in doing and with it vehicles and with you know just all sorts of things it, all sorts of sci-fi and fantasy type you just got to put that out there, dude. You just got to put all that energy and those things and those things yeah. out in the world. You know, people can only buy what they can see, unfortunately. And so you have to basically you have to just build it, you know. And, you know, like anybody that I think that we're um, fans of just had to walk that path, that same path, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I just look to the greats for those examples. And usually that's just it, you know. If, like, if that's what you, really what you want, you got to figure out what that is, what that means to you, and then how to get there, you know. It's like, you know, the yeah. destination and yeah. the roadmap, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I always thought, you know, like, doing what I do now seemed like the best opportunity to be able to realize what it is you felt you had to offer. Sure. And uh, and and I've definitely felt like I've done what I can do and as far as this part goes, and that's not to say there's not, like, a lot more super interesting projects that I get to be a part of because... The reality of it is, is even if you feel like you're not getting able to do, you know, what it is that's truly inside you or whatever, the, the, you know, the reality is you're working on these fucking amazing big ass projects with some incredible talent in an incredible place with all your mates and stuff. And it's, it can be pretty fucking awesome. And, yeah. uh, and people I'm, would I'm, kill to be in that position uh, too, you know. There's, yeah, that's there's, the beauty of, um, of, of Richard Taylor and Weta is he definitely likes to support local talent. And I was uh, a, a local uh, dude, you know, I lived in Wellington. Um, I was living in Wellington and still live in Wellington, obviously. But um, yeah, he he brought me out and everything. It was, it was, so it was cool! Great. What a god, yeah. awesome dude! 
Yeah. I mean, that's cool, man. I mean, good for him. And, and I think that the, the reason why Weta is probably still alive and working is because of that. You know, that's, you know, it's like, you know, it's like there's, there's ingredients that people put in their lives and if it's good, it works, you know, if it doesn't, then it's just becomes a shitty experience and people go, ah, oh, fuck that place or whatever, you know, like, especially as you know, with the industry, it's a small place, you know, it's a small click of people. It's not really that big. And, yeah. um, that's like, see, I'd like to see Weta, um, achieve more. I think Weta has within it, the talent that you need in order to, to own properties, to own own something like a, a, a long format TV series or a, or an internet episodic sort of series and stuff. And a lot of us have a lot of ideas for how that could happen. Um, making it happen is going to be a challenge that's up to us. Um, but there's definitely a lot of incredibly talented people there who want to see better um, be more than just a service provider for, for fucking awesome films. Because it'll be that as well. Like it'll, it'll hopefully always be that. It'll always be the, the kind of the the guys who make the armor and weapons for Lord of the Rings and Elysium and things like that. But it, hopefully it can start to become, um, you know, hopefully it can own its own entities. Yeah. It's just choices, you know, just time and choices. There's this really yeah. cool talk. I think I might've sent it to you with Kevin Spacey, how he talks about the, the era of film and um, how it's changing, how television's taking over. And like, you know, like you have shows like Breaking Bad that most most movies can't even get close to competing with because of time, because oh, of relationship man, I, time. I, you know? I was watching that last episode last night and oh, there's so a sequence good. where... Spoiler um, alert, spoiler alert. Uh, there's a sequence where Todd is, um, is showing something to um, Jesse, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> fuck me, that shit hurts, man. That hurt. Oh, yeah. oh, that just... Whoa, it affects you very like that. Oh man! You only get that from time because you feel like you're related, like you have you have time investment with these exactly. people. Exactly, you, you, know? you get the whole picture. You grasp you get the, the whole picture exactly, yeah. and you gain empathy and emotional feelings yeah. and attachments yeah. for these people. And, and and there's just a massive delivery, like it all pays oh, off. Man, all the shit you've been watching and understanding and learning, you know. And I, I just think I think as far as I know. Like Breaking Bad is the best because it's a small group of characters, yeah. and it's a it's a it's an incredible story. And things like Game of Thrones are phenomenal, but the book, uh, the t the TV series will always be, like, never be able to show the the depth that's in the in the um in the books because of the the, the costs involved. Yeah. But when you're talking about they the story, do a great job, Bad, which is ah, oh, they do a phenomenal job. It's fucking amazing, incredible. That's the reason why I got into the books. It's, it's just a, it's fantastic. But Breaking Bad is Breaking Bad. It's being designed for TV. It's it's not it's it's its own property. It's not a book. It wasn't a short film. It wasn't a film. It wasn't a, anything. It was developed, as far as I know, it was developed for TV. Um, you know, like it is the best TV that I've seen. It's just phenomenal because of it. It uses its its um, medium to maximize its message. You know, yeah. small group of characters and some incredible writing, and then just this crazy shit that happens. And they have a lot of fun with it. The yeah. cinematography. Ooh, the cinematography is so fucking good. They have these crazy scenes at the start of an episode or the start of a series, and they don't tell you what's going on, and it's wonderful. And yeah. Guessing it's just such a, it, it's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It is. It really is, and I'm I'm excited for that because it's so big and popular now, and I'm excited for like people to be inspired by it and wanting to use that as the gold standard to make yeah. things that yeah. are good, as good. You know, like for a while there, we didn't have anything that was as good as that. You know. The first couple of seasons of Dexter were really great, and it really fell off hard. Um, but there was some really like the John Lithgow episodes and stuff. Like that season was great, 
I think it was like the first three ones. I've seen any of uh, Dick's guys. There's so much TV to watch. Yeah, there is. Yeah, true. And the choices you make to to do that. But to go back about your thing with like, you know, Weta doing that, that'd be amazing. Because I know there's so much talent there. So it's just a matter of finding an idea and an intellectual property that's worth putting everybody's time and effort into, you know, and and putting the money towards it. Like it's the same thing that I'm facing. It's It's a tricky transition from one sort of way of working to another like it's a tricky transition for where to go from being a service provider to being a content creator yeah yeah it's a transition but with all with all great sacrifices come great reward you know so Mm -hmm. you know and the better the sacrifice the greater the reward you know so yeah yeah. that's always true i i i I truly love the place and it's been a a privilege and a um sounds amazing yeah and the thing to work and and really the best thing about workshop is the people um, the projects are great and exciting and the clients can be wonderful and, and everything and, the, and it's it, you're working on big films and that it's exciting but re- in reality for me, for me anyway, speaking from my experience, the best thing about it has been the people. Um, I've met you know my best friends there and, and uh, there's such incredible talented and funny and, and odd people there and just formidable talents and more than just art and design and manufacturing and, and welding and engineering and prop making and you know just it, the whole gamut from mold making and leather working and 3d milling and you know it's it's fantastic it's, yeah, amazing. it's a nice little community man it's really fun to be a part of it yeah i'm jealous i'm not there working with you guys yeah i would fucking flip out there's two companies that i would that i would give up doing freelance for or used to think that i'd probably be hard for now but like it would yeah, be, I, be the reality is is that you still um i think i think in your situation you'll have much more control over what you work on and what you take on and yeah and you'll probably have a larger role to play because people coming to you directly whereas it's a little tricky at workshop because people aren't coming to workshop generally because i want to work with you personally or with greg broadmore whatever but they're coming to weta because weta did lord of the rings or Sure. Just that's, like that. that goes back to the whole thing like people can only buy what they can see you know so yeah and you only yeah. get you know you got to put that out there and the sacrifice yeah, I think it takes whether could definitely stand to promote itself and its design department um better because there's nowhere you can go online and see the kind of work that's being produced through the department it's just not how where the workshop has sort of operated in the past but i think it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a direction that they i think they need to move into in order to to help secure more work and, and get the work out there and, and get the artists out there and, and get people coming for the specific solutions that we can offer as opposed to sort of a, a holistic kind of Lord of the Rings type thing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cool though. Props to everybody there. It's this amazing, amazing group of people and talent. Yep. And it's so cool to see a company come together and really sh- spotlight their artists and make something of it. It's, it's really cool it's inspiring you know pixar is the same i was gonna say that those are the two companies the company you work for and yeah, pixar are the so. two companies yeah. that seem to really understand how to do it right and yes yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's all hard work but a great group of people i think john lassiter said it perfectly um it's one of my favorite quotes of his is you can't you can't force idea good ideas but you can cultivate a place to like have them grow you know flourish basically because yeah. that's and that's so true you know i always believe in that you know like you can't just force good ideas but you can really create an environment for those ideas to actually manifest themselves you know and that's yeah, what that's absolutely. what those, that's what those shops are it's a it's you and greg and christian and and larry and everybody it's just like all you guys coming together and working on things together and what that all that energy and, and thought I think, I think, is there still a um there's still a a lot that could be 
done like the reality is sometimes you just sit in front of your computer and you're just looking at an email okay that's what i'm doing today kind of thing like i think um ideally the right project can come along and definitely make that happen where it's you're collaborating with your co-workers and with a client and really achieving a high level based on the the talent you've got at, at, at their disposal and and the the sort of the facilities that we have at workshop but a lot of the times um it's it's a job it's a it's an industry you're part of a machine um sure you know so the reality sometimes it's like all things you know even a dream job is just a job sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know yeah. like if people only knew how much paperwork and emails I have to send just to get anything done it's just yeah it would maybe think twice it's not easy <laughs> i've spent probably 60 percent of my day fucking dealing with emails and conversing See, that's with that's the wonderful thing where where sort of um we get we get um we get catered to in a workshop where that sort of thing is taken care of because you're you're effectively you're a contractor but you're working for a company and they they bear the brunt protect of the, you that yeah from yeah, that that's sort of thing. Yeah, yeah lucky lucky fuckers <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, but I'm pretty shit at emails. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you're probably just too busy, and then you—I bet I imagine you probably get a lot of like um, fans or just admirers yeah, of your work. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Yep. and that's got to be probably hard to you know keep up with as well. It's basically you just have to like reply when you read it; otherwise, you ain't gonna reply. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that's not—that's not because you're inundated with email messages more than the fact that. You just you you read it and you forget about it. You know, it's just the reality. Like you get other not necessarily all these emails popping up, but there's other things to take care of and think about. And and yeah. by the time you know you, you go back and oh, it's been a few days or a few weeks or yeah. Yeah, then it gets lost in the shuffle. What's yeah. what, what's some of the most common questions and things that you usually get asked? Um, it varies. I mean, it's it, it depends on how they've seen my work. Uh, for for a long time, it was kind of album artwork kind of drum and bass that sort of stuff they'd seen the stuff i'd done with i'm on star a good really good friend of mine armor mahal who's just this super legend hip-hop producer and an all-round fucking talented dude and i made a couple of music videos for him and did some sort of like speaker as speakers as weaponry and sound as weaponry kind of mercenary kind of images and and speaker tanks and things for another um another outfit called um uh, rumble in the jungle which was a drum and bass mixing championship and so the work that people had seen they i'd, I'd get contacted by a lot of producers who wanted me to produce an album cover for them you know i'd love to, you know here's my label and this is what i do and i'd love to get a design from you uh and then um you know obviously lately there's been a lot more um freelance work in terms of um, you know science fiction projects and films and, and games and elements like that that like that that people have come to me for but the reality is is that i'm working on my own projects the car and working at where workshop so i don't have a lot of time to take on um, freelance work I try to when I can especially if it's fun stuff um, and things like keloid and, and work for the BLR those guys is definitely something I try and try and get done but um, there's only so long I can spend sitting in front of a computer really to be honest yeah um, I don't know whether that's a cop-out or whether that's a reality but I like to do so many other things and and uh, I certainly sometimes feel like I get my fill at Weta and I don't really want to be doing that after hours but uh um, yeah, well, you have your car and distractions yeah. and stuff, yeah. But uh, yeah, and there's a, and there's a um, you know a fair bit of emails about specific projects about you know a lot of sort of hey I've seen your work and I do similar work check out my stuff um, yeah kind of things as well you get a lot of that and um, some fucking mean talented people out there. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's, it's nice to feel like you've um, like because I I uh, 
you know, obviously was inspired by the books and things that I saw as a, as a kid, the making of and, and that yeah. kind of thing. Now people have got the internet and making of DVDs and stuff like that. To now you're part of it. On and that. Yeah, it's, it's fun, to, fun to do a kind of a full circle and be in that position. Like I remember when I was working on Avatar and designing guns for James Cameron, you know, James Cameron's Avatar, James Cameron's next big science fiction film where yeah. Aliens for me was the biggest thing of my childhood, bigger than any group of friends or or genre of music or anything like that. Aliens was it, like it was the whole package, it was the, the ideas behind it, the film that was made of it, the, the weaponry and, the, and, and everything was just, a, it just, opera, it just it, you know, sort of occupied the space of my mind where it was just fucking the ultimate like aliens was the best the best film and and everything and i used to draw you know freeze frame the vhs tape and draw the pulse rifle and <laughs> and everything like that and to be designing a weapon for the sort of the the new james cameron film and having him um in the meeting say that he loved it and and we we're chatting about it and stuff it was just it was was really quite fun was what a, a fucking of, trip huh yeah man yeah it's a crazy little full circle to think that there might be some 12 year old kid out there who saw some of the stuff that I might have been responsible for, or just the film itself, just the twelve-year-old kid working on Avatar, uh, sorry, seeing Avatar and getting inspired to um, to think about the world that that operated in, to think about science fiction, to think about the future, to think about where we're heading and what we're doing, and and film as a as a as a way of showing that to to other people. You know, maybe that inspired them to get into film, or them to get into science, or them to get into whatever it is. But to feel like you're part of this loop where you were inspired and now you're in a position to potentially inspire others uh ideally you know that's pretty special pretty i think cool. so it's pretty amazing and when you, especially when you come full circle and you sound very humbled and which is great too because yeah so many people can let their success get to their head and and you know think that there's something that they're not and it's obvious yeah. that you're not that I just some robots so i don't know <laughs> well yeah well, he thinks that if i've if people like what i've done so far then that but they haven't even seen anything yet you know like it just that stuff is all right i mean you know the robots and stuff i've done they're pretty cool and they're good fun but that's that's a fraction of what i feel like i have um that i'm trying to get out but i'm i'm just i'm getting there you know i'll get there <laughs> yeah yeah well that's good that's why i'm telling you to do your book because then i, I want to see it too because it'd be awesome yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty much the same stuff as you can see on my blog, but put in a book with some more words. Yeah, which will be fun. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let off on it. I keep <laughs> drilling you about it. <laughs> yeah, man, keep, keep hassling me, man. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it, man. I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm thinking about it more and more, and I'll, I'll definitely try and um, focus on that and make it a, a more of a short-term project. But ultimately, I got to get this motherfucking car out of the way. Good. Um, can't do shit while I'm working on that thing, eh? Because it's just such a time and money sink. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's on those uh, but it's good, fun. it's good fun. It's definitely um, helping me develop and, and my abilities to take on big projects and and, um, and see them through to the end. And also to, to you know, it, it's great because there's so many things that I've never done before that I've had to learn. So um, that you just, you know, you can just, uh, you know, can kind of take some solace in the fact that you're able to, to achieve these projects, you see sort of a nebulous fashion in your head. You think about this, like, for example, an exhaust system all built out of mandrel, bent, stainless steel, TIG welded and purged. Uh, you know, all how does it mount to the body and everything? And then at the end, you've achieved it. You've TIG welded this stainless exhaust that's all millimeter accurate. Yeah, I saw and, that. That's and, uh, and it's great. You're like, dude. cool. And with that knowledge, you can take, you can go further, you know. Like, once you've learned one, group, one skill, you can use it to... To, to learn another and so on it goes you know so even though sometimes i feel like the 
the drawing side of things, the artwork side of things has taken a second fiddle sometimes to the car or to, you know, because it's just you had enough during your day at work. You don't want to fucking work on your own shit after hours. It's boring. <laughs> well, unless uh, you're captivated <laughs> by it, but yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's I, I still like to think that the work I'm doing on like something like the car or photography or, or developing some other things like that, that they are just as valid in, in your personal development as sure as as, the, as sort of doing another fucking robot design of course it all is yeah that's why you know it's, it's personal time so i think jujitsu is for me you know or riding my bike it's personal time yeah time to, to reflect and, and digest you know sometimes you just sit yeah, on I the need, computer I need, a, I need a new a new thing to do physically I've, I've done kind of and, and martial arts and some gymnastics and stuff more recently kind of like just basically having fun jumping around <laughs> but, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm parkour that's <laughs> nah, not me <laughs> I mean I've always liked to, to run, and, run and jump and be active and be physically competent but I don't know this stuff's awesome when you're awesome but I've seen people do it around town today and you're kind of like oh that looks really try hard <laughs> guys all in their Sorry. gears all like all like doing a side flip off a, off a park bench and you're like do you have to do it right where everyone can see it, bro? <laughs> of course they do. That's the point for them. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. It's <laughs> funny. It's like it's the tall poppy syndrome that we have in New Zealand, where you just where someone is doing something out of the ordinary and achieving something. There's like an innate sort of part of you that wants to put them down. It's called the tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand. It's something you get bred into you for some reason in New Zealand, where <laughs> <laughs> you always want to. Sometimes you just go like, "Ah, bro, that stink." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's, it's probably just a defense mechanism. So. It, it is. That's what it is, it's really. Funny. It's funny learning about the things in your psyche that are a product of your upbringing, not necessarily something that you truly believe in or have worked towards and understood, but something that is rubbed off on you because of where you live. Well, self-reflection is so key to your success as a human being, you know? So yeah. I think yeah. that's really what helps us, you know, that's really, you know, there's a lot of things that distinguish us from the and you know like the animals basically but i think self-reflection is something that everybody should do you know like if you sit there and you think about like what you do and your impact on the world you know like it can be really hard to face that truth sometimes but then you know like just that like simple thing like oh i shouldn't be so negative or i shouldn't like be like a dick and like put down people just because they're just having yeah. fun you yeah know? yeah exactly. simple as I that you know the more you more you pay attention to that stuff and and it's not necessarily always easy things to change but as long as you're cogent of it and aware of things and you can start to, you know, make those baby steps towards bettering yourself or, or improving your art or your career or your relationships or whatever it is. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's ultimately rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately rewarding. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, you know, spiritual gurus of our time knew that as well. You know, that's why they practice meditation and quieting their mind, you know, because it's all about silencing those crazy thoughts, you know, but not stifling them, you know, <laughs> that's where yeah. I think, I think that's where I think people. Yeah. I don't know. I've always struggled with meditation and that. I can't do it yet. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, my nah. mind is <laughs> like, yeah. mind's wandering all over the place. And sometimes you think, well, that's what I do, right? I'm a creative person. I'm supposed to have my mind wandering all over the fucking place. Hey, but, yeah, there's there's that saying that your mind can be your worst enemy, and and I I totally understand that. Like, yeah. at all at all levels of of your of your of your functioning, sometimes you and your brain and the way you think or the way your brain works is just is your number one enemy. <laughs> it's an amazing gift we have, though. 
be born with yeah, this yeah, mind. Yeah, to be conscious know? of it, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and to be cautious, like you were saying in the beginning of the podcast, which makes me think of how broad you must think is like, you know, being like completely curious about the universe around us and being like humbled by the idea that we're just a smidgen. We're just this great Yeah, but it's also, it's, it's weird because I've always, there's a few things that, a few like common reactions that you hear from people when they learn things about the universe or when they, when they have their sort of religious beliefs challenged and things like that you're the product of an evolutionary process. It's like, they think it's random chance. They think they, you know, you hear these things like random mutation and cold dead universe and nature reared in tooth and claw. And, and, uh, and that if you understand something, you somehow lost its magic. Like, you know, like to me, these ideas just show a failure of imagination. <laughs> I, coming back to that term, it's a failure of imagination. Like if you, think that looking at a flower like to use a richard feynman example uh like looking at a flower and knowing about it at scientifically uh diminishes its its beauty then i just think you failed you <laughs> failed at it because there's a there's a, there's a richard feynman in one of his books i can't remember if it was like what do you care what other people think or surely you're joking mr feynman one of those books he has this he starts it off and i think it's online as well where he's talking about this artist friend who he calls kind of nutty and his artist was looking at a flower or something like that and saying, look, you, you're a scientist, you know, you look at this flower and you just tear it apart. You just pull petal by petal and you, you analyze it and it's lost all its magic. Whereas I, I look at the flower and I see its, its majesty and its beauty. And, and Richard Feynman's like, you're crazy because I see those things. I may not be able to sum them up in quite as poetic a fashion as yourself being an artist, but yeah. I see the beauty of it. I see the symmetry and the beauty of nature and the color and the form in it. But I see so much more. I see the the history of it, the, the like the evolutionary process that have been gone into its creation, the cellular process that dictate its color and its form, and it, and, and 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 the way that it exists in order to attract a, a bee, which means a bee is an inherently sort of attracted to the same things that we're attracted to. Yeah. Like we find a flower attractive just as a bee does. So what is it about the, the you know? And so it goes on. Like it knowing about things only adds to it. It, yeah. it, it can never take away. Yeah. To think so is a failure of imagination. It just means that you failed. If you think knowing about something like ignorance is bliss, it somehow preserves beauty. And that's why I kind of, I, I personally, I you know, I just love to try and inspire people about the realities of the world and how they're just phenomenal, interesting, and amazing. And how, like, when you turn away from bullshit things like ghosts or Bigfoot or or um, you know homeopathy or religion. Um, the the world doesn't get diminished. It it gets improved. It you know like yeah podcasts. Like I have to give a shout out to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. That yeah, is, yeah. You were talking about that, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe yeah, podcast, it's and it's fantastic. I love the fact that they kind of gleefully bash bash the bullshit sometimes, not to, <laughs> not to an excessive degree. Yeah. But it's 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 swapped out for something so much greater. Like when you remove the bullshit from your life, things that hold sway over you purely because they sound like good ideas like homeopathy or, 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 you know, anything like that, any kind of pseudoscience, the reality, the reality, the real world that we live in is so much more incredible. Like, you know, take, take religion, for example, you look at the creation myths that all human civilizations have had, uh, like the Maori we had, like, you know, we, um, they, 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 they have the mythology of Maui, um, 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 fishing up the, um, the North Island, with the jawbone of his mother, which is a badass story. Like that's how the North yeah. Island, yeah, this this ancient demigod fished it up uh, with the jawbone of his mother. Like that's that's awesome. But it's it's fishing. It's people. It's things we can understand. And same with like Christianity. You're talking about 
sculpting man from mud and making woman from a rib and it's sculpting it's like a man sculpting a, a, a thing it's it's so human i mean i can't see how anyone can look at this and think that it's truth because it is so it's so obviously the product of humanity and yet when you look at the creation story that science has, has uncovered about the universe through science and reasoning and deduction and evidence and it is like it is like like fucking fluctuations in quantum space-time and a negative energy input that has a false vacuum and you're talking about the big bang and the and the expansion uh, expansion theory of the universe and um and then like this like you know um like the the simplest like you take an enormous cloud of the simplest material that can exist the simplest form of matter which is atomic hydrogen like hydrogen you take it and like a huge uniform cloud of hydrogen and the natural process of the universe will give, form it into stars and planets and life like us like from the most basic element that can exist a hydrogen you get all this complexity and we understand that maybe not every element in every sort of step along the way but we understand kind of the whole and it is just phenomenal and, and it is so much bigger than anything humans like when you look at what humans have created when it's just us making shit up it's like Maui fishing up the North Island and God sculpting uh, Adam out of mud. It's, very, it's like sculpting and fishing and humans and people and fathers and, and you know, <laughs> that's creation when it's just left up to humans. And you get some more crazy ones like the Hindu beliefs. Like they get a bit more crazy, but there's still nothing compared to what science has discovered about the universe. And, and that's just such a fun thing to think about. Like this is the reality, the world around you that we exist in. And, it's so much bigger than people. It's so much bigger than humanity. And it's exciting because we're at once a tiny part of it. And yet we're, we're as far as we know, we're the highest achievement. We, we, we can see a lot of the universe. We can see uh, billions of years in each direction in terms of light uh, and, you know, stars and galaxies. And we can, we've seen all the life on Earth and we're, we're discovering other Not planets. Not all of it. So we're still discovering Oh, of course, of course. I'm not saying we know all of it. No, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it, but it, but, it, but a lot of it enough for, enough to make sort of some um, some statements about it. And as far as we know, the most advanced, most awe-inspiring and complex thing in the entire universe that we've ever come across is a human brain. Yeah. So people think, oh, science puts us puts us makes us so small and we're so insignificant in the whole. And it's like, yeah, but no, no, no. all of that, as far Opposite. as we can tell, has has gone into the creation of the most fundamentally complex thing and that's what the universe does is it gets more complex even in the face of like increasing entropy the universe gets more complex and creates life and as far as we know the most extreme example of it is resting between your fucking ears yeah <laughs> it's awesome it's like, that that doesn't make us little and insignificant that makes us like awesome and it also gives us clear direction on where we need to go as a as a civilization as a race as a as a as a um as a as a species i think we need to we need to we need to deliver on that we need to make true on what the universe has given us and that is not war and 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 fucking destruction and that it is increasing complexity it is achieving new heights and new levels and and new understandings of the universe i think that is just intuitive and inherent in the universe and humanity has reflected that when you look at our culture and history it is on the up and up up and up and up and up and more and more and more complex it's just exactly the same thing that life has done and evolution has done on life on Earth and the universe has done with the creation of planets and galaxies, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're part of that whole and I just think we need to deliver on it. And I feel that personally, I feel like I owe that to myself to 
to what it is that I am. I am this sort of like genetic nanotechnology that's <laughs> carbon-based life form. Life. <laughs> yeah, I'm a carbon-based life form that's yeah. evolved on this planet, and I'm part of this culture and this upbringing that I have, which has gone into make me me. And I need to deliver on that. I need to make. I need to be true to that and do what it is that I feel like I need to do, which is creative kind of out, outlets. And and then it's it's so exciting to think about. It sometimes it's a little bit. Uh, overwhelming and hard to deal with because you feel such pressure sometimes because <laughs> of, this is it this is your chance you are the universe made made conscious just like Carl Sagan says we are the uh, you know we are the, you know the cosmos's way of knowing itself yeah which is is so incredibly true that's what I love about Carl Sagan is he says the most and Powerful other people things. like him they, yeah. they say the most magical and inspiring things and it's fucking true yeah yeah <laughs> it's actually it's not like saying we're we are uh, we know we're made in God's image and it's amazing that's that's cool as an idea but it's not true there's no evidence backing that up but saying that we are the universe's way of knowing itself is true and there's evidence to back it up to me that's just that that clearly shows where you should be putting your interest in time and effort yeah consciousness into being true to to what it is that you're part of and what it is you're part of is this incredible universal whole of which you're a small facet that is self-aware with all these capabilities and understandings and and uh, and potentials, and you need to you need to live up to those potentials. If you know, that's yeah. what will make you happy because it, nothing can make you happier than just being true to who you are and living a good life and that's being happy. It, right? and all, all that the, stuff. The yeah. happiest people that I've ever met are just true to themselves, you know. And I think they just understand that by being true to themselves, they find their own meaning, you know. And a person that has definition and meaning is usually a person that's humbled by the universe itself and then you know it just enjoys the ride basically it understands that they can't control the things that they once thought they could and by releasing that control like you become something else you know you become another you become a whole different being of consciousness you know which to me yeah, you just, you're, 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 you're you're delivering on your own uh, your potential i guess you know you just yeah Deliver on your potential. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Have you read Dragons like, of Eden? It's like sometimes I joke around um, with my girlfriend, you know, like you're having a lazy start and you can't be bothered and you're like, what would, what would Vitaly do? <laughs> Shit. What, yeah, what, like WWVD. Like, what you're like, oh, better get to work. <laughs> That's what he would do. He would say, stop being a lazy bitch. You get to work. Yeah. <laughs> buy, 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 buy a sand. Um, I got one of those. I got a 30 minute one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how I get. That's how I fat. That's how I draw all these uh, p sketches, dude. Yes, yeah. that's how I draw yeah, them so fast. Yeah, because yeah. I because he was totally right. By watching time go by, it's different. Like you're watching time. Like you're physically watching it, and you realize how no, you have no control until you start to understand your potential. And then when you understand your potential, then you can understand the amount of control you can like relinquish on your own self. You know. Which is a total mindfuck, yeah. but it's all about yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about I mean, producing, know, can, you know. I've, I've experienced like uh, producing stuff in an incredibly short period of time, like twenty minutes to produce a finished yeah. design, a sketch type thing to make you paint it up. Um, like, but that's that, that 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 is like a that is only one part of it. Like sometimes that sometimes it can take two days to do it. Yeah. Design. Yeah, but there's a lot to be said for um, for for quantity, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. For, for doing the brute, the brute force work, and uh, and there's, I guess, like we were talking before, there's a part of you that wants to shy away from that. And I it's guess weird, huh? Yeah. It's a self-sabotaging thing. 
It's a weird yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like you're you are your own worst enemy. <laughs> it's absolutely true, especially when you dive into things like with what we're talking about. Like, wouldn't it going... be so much better to go look at speed hunters right now? Oh, fuck, man. What if there's some new pictures of cars that you haven't seen on the internet? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Dude, that's what, you know, it's funny is like I can be completely tired and fucking burn on everything and then I just like go to speedhunters.com. For those yeah. of you that are listening that don't know about cars and don't nerd out like this, it's a website that has like some of the best cars, coverage of, yeah, it's one of the best car websites ever to like race the internet. And like basically I can just go there and be like, I could spend an hour there. And like I'm like oh like what happened? And great great interviews with great people interviews, and just shops really... and things like that. And it's it's such a such a wide range of of car culture. It's it's um everything from you know stanced out drift cars to rat rods and and race cars in between and crazy yeah. cars. It's the whole gamut and it's wonderful because it's it just reinforces just how fantastic cars are as a as a thing to be into and and to a thing, be a yeah. part of, you know car culture and car scenes and that. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm, I'm I'm stoked too to 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 meet you and and you're into cars as well. Like that, like you're saying, it does seem relatively rare. I know a couple of guys like Stuart and Christian at work who are big car guys, but they're not quite they're not car guys who build cars or you know they're car guys who like cars and drawing cars and 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 following cars. But it's not it's I guess there's perhaps a, 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 a you know there's there's a there's a you know whole range of car car people, and I guess it's relatively rare to meet people in the industry who who build them and work on them and and uh and have them for yeah. real <laughs> yeah if i wasn't doing if i and i might do this as a exit plan not exit plan there's no plan b ever with me but um if i ever if i don't like want to, if i want to take a break from all this artsy fartsy shit i'll probably go and just build cars and have fun doing that and cool. i'll just I'll just build the cars that I want to build, and then people will buy them. Yeah, man, that's what I want to do. People, people ask me, "Do you want to do more cars?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" yeah. Do you want to do it for other people? I'm like, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I do. I, I, I want it. I want the car stuff to to be a viable business option in the future. Yeah. Um. But, but um, but it's it. I can't see this kind of effort being put into just sort of like being a hot rod shop owner and building cars for other people. I just don't think that's that's where you're best served. I think you're better off like more like the magnus walker kind of he's he's kind of probably the ideal of the other scenario where you just do what you do yeah. and if what you do is appealing to others then there is a potential to for it to become a business yeah. venture. otherwise it's just you having fun you know yeah that's the key right that's the key right yeah. there and that's i think that comes from choices like it's the same thing with james cameron spielberg it's like people pay them to do what they do and they only get to that level by doing it you know that's it. Yeah. That's fucking it. You know, like, yeah. and it's at different levels and different degrees. You know, and you yeah. know, in in our industry, the highest level is like director, kind of. You know, and yeah. and everybody and their mama wants to be a director. You know, and but um, the responsibility and the task and the power and the pressure that that puts on people, not everybody realizes how hard that is, <laughs> myself included. You know, the more I study it, the more oh, depressing man, it becomes. I imagine, man. I really imagine from what I've experienced, this must be crazy. Because <laughs> we were only doing like a small you know, portion. I've definitely got the hunger for more. I want to see just, you know, nothing is ever good enough. Nothing is, I'm never content with anything ever. So, which leads you to think that, you know, what's the outcome of this? <laughs> like a lifetime of unhappiness or actual achievement? <laughs> you have the Stanley Kubrick lifetime of unhappiness. <laughs> but <laughs> well, hopefully, like, Life is pretty awesome. I, I fucking love it. a great time. But um, you definitely always feel like, you know, what's next? What, you know, there's, there's always the hunger for more. 
yeah. nothing is ever enough. You're always thinking about how things can be bettered. The black hole, yeah, of existence. Yeah, I just think it, I think it goes with the territory. It's a, it's a it's a balancing act though between um, nurturing it or allowing it <laughs> to where it's healthy and then not letting it get unhealthy to the point where it destroys your enjoyment of your craft yeah. or what you do or, or your art or something. You know, if you just think everything you do is complete shit, that's yeah. probably a little too harsh. But if you think everything you do is fucking awesome, you're not going to get anywhere. So there's a there's a fine line there that that we all have to learn how to how to manage. Well, there's that saying, everything with moderation, you know. And yeah. it's yeah, but that's a challenging act to, to to do though. It's a challenging task to set yourself to yeah, within this. If you want to be the best and you want to make the best work that you can, and if yourself, if yourself, yeah, propelled. it's about maximizing your own potential. I think there's a it's dangerous to compare yourself to others because. You mother, there's dudes like you know. There's you can like compare yourself, there's you can yourself to someone like Atomo or um, <laughs> Tezuka. Like Asama Tezuka, is it? Am I saying that right? Is that right? Um, the guy who did Ace Boy. Yeah, I don't like know. If, That's if you right. want to learn about like he makes Vitali or anyone like him, any workaholic, look like a part-time motherfucking <laughs> lazy bastard. <laughs> like it is phenomenal. Even in Japan, he has a he has the reputation for being a work like an insane workaholic. Yeah, the like Japanese he, people he work produced, really hard too in general. Yeah. Statistically, he produced 10 pages of manga for every day he was alive. Jesus. 10 pages for every day he was alive. Plus, he was that. a devoted... He was an entomologist and he published several books. He he wrote a lot of books about other subjects as well. And he also directed a lot of anime. What was his biggest project that he did? Astro Boy, I think. Astro Boy, yeah. Most yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sama Tezuka, I believe is his name. I'm a big fan up. of that guy's stuff too, I think. Um, yeah, like... I think everybody it, was, yeah. Just the... Yeah, and but his work output... Um, Osama Tezuka. Osamu... Osamu Tezuka? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sama Tezuka. Astro Boy, Kimba the White Lion, Godfather of Anime. Um, yeah, um, like his, 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 have a look at his work output. It is just ridiculous. Like, how is it even possible? How is it even possible to produce 10 pages for every day you were alive? Dude, I don't want to know about that. Like, averaged out over your whole life. <laughs> and let alone the rest of the stuff you did. It, it's uh, just, I'm depressed. It's not even, you know, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how that even works. <laughs> exactly, you know, we all fall on a spectrum and there's a, there's a bell curve and he is on the extreme along with Otomo. And yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not out on that extreme, but it doesn't mean that I can't, you know, that you can't do, contribute, do some cool shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this has been nearly four hours, bro. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. <laughs> we have Time good flies, chat. Eh? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I, yeah. dude, um, yeah, because it's like two o'clock here now, so I should probably start wrapping up my night. Um, but man, this I has been great. Yeah. What's that? You're only just getting started, aren't you? Shit! Don't tell my wife. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, yeah, but I'm trying. I'm trying to get a better sleep cycle because I I realize sleep it really does affect me. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm I'm not one of those people that can get by on four hours of sleep. I I'm an eight hours, seven or eight hours sleep a night kind of dude. I just try to sleep less to get more things done, but that's about it because that's the universal yeah. thing we all fight against is time and how to manage yeah. it you know it's like it's like yeah, pinching pennies yeah. you know so yeah even when um i don't know like it's odd because you feel like i feel like i've got quite a lot of time and 
and I could be making better use of it. But at the same time, I don't spend a lot of time doing nothing. Like it's always doing something. It's just not necessarily leading towards like a clear goal. Like it's it's research and, and doing things in the car and you know like you know it's yeah I had but just you know you hardly ever just do nothing and fucking do something that you can't talk up to being beneficial in some fashion yeah yeah it all it all adds up though if it's something that you but love you definitely feel like you could be doing something more productive with your time <laughs> maybe you just need to focus it you know like if you feel like you just need to laser point it you know like if you have all this energy and, and things like if you love cars and you love this and that like if you love all these things you just have to figure out a way to, to focus it and then you need to figure out a way to sustain your living off of that focus you know yeah, and, absolutely. And Something I'm going through at the moment, trying to make that a reality. Like, uh, yeah, you'll do especially it. Especially dealing with, you know, like um, dealing with the car project, taking so much time and costing so much money, is um, you know, trying to trying to balance that and trying to do it in a reasonable period of time because the kind of work that I'm doing um, can sometimes take people a, lot, a long time to do. And it's already taken me three years, which is not not a short period of time. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough, especially when you want to also do your own projects and get your own shit off the ground and do some freelance work and work full time yep um it's challenging yeah something's got to give and lately it's been my job <laughs> and you don't have kids yet so just keep going <laughs> yeah exactly just yeah. wait till you get that distraction <laughs> must be rad man i'm looking forward to it it's a great distraction it's totally worth yeah. everything so but yeah you can't help but have those like those male fantasies of like having a son and being able to inspire him and and help him achieve greater heights than you ever could, you know, because... Or a daughter. Of, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Or a daughter. <laughs> yeah, or same thing with a daughter. I just think that it's, as, as you know, with, it's always your own sex that you can relate to better, you know? Of like, course. you're thinking about things that you're into, like cars. You're thinking about, imagine having a son and, yeah. and getting, like, into racing and driving and you, you teach him how to drive when he's three years old and, you know, like, again, you know, if he was into cars and you could, like, buy a project car and develop it before he, he got his driver's license and you know you know like fun stuff like that yeah you know, things that it's are very little much you. very little you. what you're you're probably just projecting it onto your kids but it's still a fun thing to think about yeah that and like martial arts as well you know like train them and teach them and yeah yeah one of my the guy that runs the dojo his son he brings his son there a lot and i could see how happy and proud he is when his son's there it's cool and his son's learning how to roll and stuff it's really awesome yeah. yeah it's it's just basically a little you you know so yeah i'd love a little yeah. boy too just to, just for that sheer thing you know but so you, you, you've got a little girl yeah i got my eight-year-old daughter yeah she's amazing i love her yeah. yeah she's awesome yeah, yeah my, my brother's my brother's got two um two awesome little girls oh cool so you have just your brother uh no i've got a brother and a sister okay yeah. and he and two two incredible people cool yeah. your uncle I've, I've been blessed with a with a phenomenal family. I uh, I feel truly blessed, and I think we all do that. Uh, my family is is just a yeah. I've just got yeah. I, yeah, the best. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. So cool. My to folks, hear. my my, my immediate family, and everyone is just yeah. Got lucky. Got lucky with that one. Yeah, because you could really get a shitty roll of dice on that one. You could have a fucking yeah. Sometimes you talk to friends and 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 other people who have like family feuds and things go on, and nah, our family's totally sweet and. They're all like super interesting people doing really cool stuff, and yeah, that's awesome. Fun, yeah, lucky. Yeah. That's cool that you acknowledge that you're lucky too. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. My brother's my brother's coming down. He comes down once a year um, to, to to hang out with me, which is pretty awesome. He lives up in Taupo, and he gets to get away from his from his family and his job and his realities a bit and spend a few days with me. 
awesome. uh, which is which is really awesome. Yeah, and uh, this time he's bringing his little girl, my little niece Anika, the eldest. Sweet. And, uh, that's gonna be pretty choice, eh? That's yeah. Fun. <laughs> it's awesome being an uncle too. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely want to be. I want to be the crazy uncle. Totally want to be the crazy uncle. Fuck yeah. Because <laughs> you get to because you get to do things a little more extreme than the, of course. Than the father can do sometimes. You know, because you. Oh yeah. They don't quite as well and. And you get to embody a personality, you know. You could be the crazy uncle with the crazy car, and the and the and do some crazy stuff. Like I think that that's that's totally fun. I totally want to embody that when they get a little older. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> I got to see them more often. I don't see them enough, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. As maybe for your visit though, it'd be good. And, and how old are they? Uh shit. This will be my shitty memory gets the best of me. Um, um, four and. Two. Four and two. Or five and three. <laughs> oh, five and three. That's Around, still really yeah, young. Yeah. That's four really... five and three or two. Something yeah. Like yeah. A couple, couple years difference. Yeah. That's still really young. Yeah. So it's great. You leave a really deep impact on children at that age. They're just sponges, you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm their favorite. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which awesome. is weird because I'm like, why? Why am I their favorite? But they're like, Uncle Aaron, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, play him. Just take yes. it. Yeah. Just take it and roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Dude, it's been yeah. amazing talking with you and getting to know you more yes. and, 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 and so. shooting this shit. And, and, dude, thank you so much for chilling, dude. Well, we're going to have to do, definitely do this again. Um, we're going to watch the progress of your book and and, uh, and your projects and stuff. And maybe um, we can get JJ on and have a chat um, about the projects, too, and maybe do some p promotions for that as well and help get more eyes on it and so people can see yeah man yeah that'd be it's, amazing from what I understand, uh the next keloid is out um if not september 30th but it should be it should be any time now uh and it, it's fucking fantastic and i i truly hope if those guys can't get get the money and the fame and the power that they deserve man the world is crazy like uh those guys are so talented and clearly what they produce is is, is phenomenal it's the best it's that's going I'm yeah completely utterly privileged to be involved with greg and and, and producing some designs for them and and uh, it's really been a highlight of my um my sort of time in this industry and this sort of creative out, 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 outlet so uh, yeah and no, I, I look forward to it and, and then there's no guys I'd rather work with and uh, developing sort of my own ideas because clearly those guys understand it and yep. and can do the work and and, uh, and and you know love that shit as well so we'll get it we'll get to get you guys yeah, all on yeah we got to get you guys all on that'd be awesome is you yeah, have do you have cool. anything else you wanted to say before we jam up uh, probably not. No, that's. I think we've just tell the, We talked about cars and we talked about. Forgot robots, to talk about so. boobs too. But how about you just tell the world that you love it? Love boobs. <laughs> I love boobs. I'm more. Of, I'm more of a legs man. I'm more of a legs man. <laughs> no, so, I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like I don't like a great pair of tits. Who doesn't? I mean, this is, but yeah. I, mean, I just uh, think that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Legs man. You see them from a mile away. And, yeah. <laughs> amazing this is okay well that's a high note we got to end on it you said you love tits and yeah, i think that's you know i concur and you know <laughs> sorry if we offended any ladies out there but you know it's you should, all mean to you should be thankful that you possess a, an amazing power so that's it <laughs> yeah i mean i mean could you expect anything less i mean are you not supposed to be attracted to the opposite sex and yeah. the things that you find attractive in them you can say it's cultural and and all that stuff and and, and it is true to a degree but ultimately you know it's a it's a it's a natural perfectly natural thing surely. yeah 
as long as it stays natural and not unnatural or forced or false or the product of a of a cultural kind of <laughs> thing gone wrong it's, it's all good <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> yeah so i think we've covered it now we've covered it robots boobs and cars we did okay so we're good everything's checked off <laughs> yeah well um dude thanks again man have an amazing day have fun working on the car and um i'll be posting all your links to your site and all that stuff and your blog actually because that's where you have everything and and uh yeah. let me let me I'm know if there's anything a, else too and and um yeah i've been on a on a new website uh, portfolio but i'm not too sure when i'm gonna have that done mm. uh, hopefully soon cool awesome yeah man. well go yeah because i've just got a blog base. and yeah. out of date site that's a fucking liability so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I forgot to talk about some other stuff too that was about that, but we'll do it next time. But um. Okay. Cool. All right. Take I'm that, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna kick off, man. Um. But dude, amazing. Yeah. Talk. It's it's late for you, bro. Have have a good sleep. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Have a good time working on the car, and and uh, I'll be chatting with you soon. Yeah, man. Look forward to it. All right, man. Later, buddy. Awesome. See you, bro.